you lot. You listen to Garage Jabber. Episode 185. Well, tonight's episode, it's the all-wiggling, all-sliming, all-disgusting Nurgle review. That's right, the maggotkin of Nurgle. If you like that sort of disgusting thing, ugh, shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next several hours or thereabouts, we will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing, bringing you slime trails, lots of bells, and oh, the humanity. I'm Alex Gonzalez. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Yeah. It's bad. And I'm disgruntled customer guy. It sounds like you've had a run-in with a local uh, internet provider. Uh, we're recording two and a half hours late tonight because my internet is just not working proper. And now they got it up and running, um, but not proper. And uh, I'm going to have to take a half day off work tomorrow and sit around and wait for the internet guy to show up. And either fix or replace the box, fix or replace the cable boxes, and then fix or or figure out why. Uh, you know when you get the internet and they give you that like 16-character default insane password? Mm-hmm. I was able to change it before. We had it set up to a password that everyone could remember. Not an obvious one, but one we could remember, you know? And uh, since they reset everything to get it up and running again... I can't change it. I'm trying to change it, and it keeps giving me errors and defaults and saying that these things are illegal to do. So when the guy comes and fixes everything, he's going to show me how I can get the password changed to what I want it to be. (sighs) Two and a half hours, and I'm still trying to get ready for PACA. So shoot me right now. Shoot me in the head. Ah. But that's not important, because what is important is we still actually have sponsors. Yeah, I don't know why at this point, but... <laughs> um, so, um, it always we should probably take a moment to thank the sponsors of the Garage Hammer. Probably. Uh, which include Unique Gifts and Games. Uh, yeah, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. At least for now. Hey, chin up, chin up. Chaos Orc Superstar. 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 And Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios for all your fancy basing needs. Um, they're awesome. They are just the best. Seriously. Um, we're actually going to be staying in the same hotel at Gen Con again. Going to be playing some Luchador just like last year. Those guys are seriously the best. Um... They sent me some uh, uh, some more of the objective markers for for uh, to, you know for the, the opponents you know can have for the forty k opponents. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, and uh, they're working on those uh, MDF bases for Shadespire that you could build up and build you know the you know build up the little pieces for the impassable terrain parts. So mm-hmm. so excited! So excited! Um, also, hey, the Patreon, our sponsors. Um, I want to thank everyone who helps us out on Patreon. Um, we've been getting a whole lot of uh, people jumping in every episode here. Everyone's throwing in. Lots of people coming in. You know, and, hey, here's the thing. Lots of people coming in at a buck or two. And you know what? That crap adds up. 
It really does. Um, we are we've actually hit like all our stretch goals and stuff uh, with whatever you call them. Um, we have Garage Gamer. It's been recorded for a couple of weeks. I've just had trouble getting it together and, and out. When I get back from Pack, I'm going to put that out. Heather and I sat around and talked for two hours. Uh, about uh, The Last Jedi, and we just kind of went through all the stuff that I was annoyed with and the stuff that she liked and and the stuff that she was annoyed with, which was much less than me. But um, in the end, I actually talked myself to liking the Luke Skywalker arc. I think it was crazy. Oh, that phone. What was that? I got a text message. Okay. (laughs) So uh, let's see. Let's thank the uh, outside of the almost 1%, the associate producer, Phil Elliott, the executive producers, Bradley Graham and Misty Tempel. Thank you much. And our newest sponsors, Cole Schneider, Rick Shook, Will Hamilton, and Johnny Poiser. Um, thank you all for becoming the almost 1% who make this show and everything that we do here at Garage Hammer possible. So thank you very much. Um, Listen, we're going to jump right into the review of this book because it's going to take forever. But I just want to remind people that you can leave us a voicemail at 1-757-GH-SHOW6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW6. Um, I love getting voicemails. I love them. They're the best. Um, I get excited about them. Uh, so thank you. Um, I think I, I might have gotten one last Dude, it's been a long week, and I'm, my brain is fried at this point. Um but I want to thank everybody who's been writing in and uh, and 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 uh, leaving voicemails recently and stuff. Uh, I listen to them all. I read them all. I don't always get back to everybody. Uh, I try to, but um, just know that I really appreciate all that you guys in the community do for the show. So thank you very much, uh, mm-hmm. Alex. Let's just quick take a break and then jump right back into this Maggot Kind of Nurgle book because it's going to take forever and. Uh, Wow, I'm so excited about this book. So let's take a break and come back. What do you say? Before we do that, oh, yes. I do have one announcement. Oh, okay. Announcements. Yeah, this one's a doozy. Um, and if you've not seen it yet, by the time this episode airs, you'll have, you should have seen it or at least heard it. Um, so Adepticon for the championship has been sold out at 176 players for the two-day GT. Yep, yep. And we've had demands to expand. Oh dear Lord. And that has been greenlit. So the championship is now at capacity at 198 players. Holy mackerel. Hey everybody, bring some terrain. <laughs> we've we've worked that out. Dear um, Lord. Yeah. So we added another 11 tables which uh, was another 22 players. So <laughs> One hundred ninety-eight. Yes, the rows of eleven. Am I? Am um, I? Am uh, is the obvious? Am I, am I not? Is the, is, there's an obvious question here. <laughs> is there any particular reason you stopped at one ninety-eight? Because that's a multiple of eleven. Oh, we literally didn't have that one extra table space. We literally did not have that one extra table space. That's got to be killing you. <laughs> a little bit, but. <laughs> To be fair, 198 is kind of amazing. When we started a few years ago at 40. That's right. The first AOS tournament was 40 people. I came in I scored I came in really high that year though. I liked that. You did? I came in I think I, like I fourth. Do remember. <laughs> yeah. I was fourth and that year and I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. 
So we've expanded up to 198. So if you've not signed up, I strongly encourage you to do so. Because I can't, we can't go anymore. There's nothing left. And going forward, we are going to need help redoing terrain. Our terrain is old, um, is the yep, yep. operative word. It's been outdated for several years now. So going forward, if we want to keep this at the pace or at the size that we want it to be at, we're going to need help from the community, from groups of people that want to get involved. So so we are asking for help right now from anybody who can, who's in the community, especially here in the Midwest. We're asking for help right now for 2019 Adepticon AOS terrain. We need yeah. to start now, but actually before, a- before Adepticon actually hits, if we're going to get this done and done right. Yeah, because what we want to do is we want to update the aesthetic to Age of Sigmar to make it more of the high fantasy um, type environment that we're living in now compared to the old world that we're leaving, which where we've left um, with, you know, trees and hills and uh, old, the, like the Germanic style buildings. We need to replace and update all of the stuff that we have. And that is a very daunting order. I'm not expecting all of it to be done within a year. But it's going to take a lot of work. So if you are interested, please reach out. And it's gonna, it realistically goes better if you have like a group of guys near you that are interested in helping and participating. So start talking about it with your friends now because we are going to need the help. Yes, that is true. All right. That message having been given, it's time for a break. Yes, it is. We're going to take one. We're going to come back and we're going to jump into Magakin and Nurgle. We'll be back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back talking Nurgle ad nauseum. Yes, yes. Ah, uh, boy, so much Nurgle. Yeah, we only had like a Nurgle something every month for the last three months. But, you know, whatever. No, we've only had Stormcast. Didn't you know that? Oh, whatever. So, um, all right. Let's, uh, first thoughts on this book. Uh-huh. Uh, go ahead. Is this the best? Huh? Is this the best battle tome they've put out so far? 
I would dare say it's the most complete. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not saying it's just the most powerful because you 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 can't just keep make you can't just you no, don't the want power creep has to stop somewhere. Right. Although this is this does seem like a pretty darn powerful book. But yeah, lore wise, uh, model wise, uh, rules wise, and rules playing to the lore wise. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the best book they've done. I would agree. Um, just even like the cover of it, the layout, it's realistically the complete book. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. I love Dude's Giant Fly Shield on the cover, by the way. The Lord of Lights? Yeah. Yeah. It looks so good. It really does. I just, I love it. So. Uh, so what? You know what? I, what else is there to say? If we just said it's the best book so far, why don't we jump into this, huh? Sure. Um. All right. So I'm start reading this, and we're going to get into all the lore and stuff here. And as I'm looking at this, you know, it starts off talking about Grandfather Nurgle. Okay. Um, I love that he's not malicious. You know, he delights in fecundity and the overabundance of life that disease and decay brings. So it's, I mean, yes, he kills a lot of mortals and he is a demon lord. That's what he does. But that's not out of maliciousness. He actually loves maggots and flies and all the, all the life that springs from death and, Mm -hmm. or from decay, I should say. Yeah. And even in death, because. If you have a dead body, you have the millions of maggots that process it. True. But if that body gives itself over to Nurgle, it just doesn't have to die. It could just freeze in that state of decay, which is kind of why Zinch doesn't like him because he it's kind stagnancy. Of, yeah. But it's, stagnancy is, is not – it's not that it's stuck there. There's still all this life pouring forth from it. And that's one of the cool things – in this in this book as you get this idea that it's like he's not even malicious or hateful he just loves this form of life that comes from rot mm-hmm. and he's out there creating stuff um cool descriptions of him uh now he you know they say people think he's weaker than uh corn and zinch but he's not uh in fact there's times when he's way more powerful, but he, you know, for a guy who, you know, that Zinch hates because he's stagnant, he actually goes through cycles. He waxes and wanes in his power and in his changes. When he's at his most powerful, um, he's this giant mountain that's just swollen with filth and disease and maggots and flies. Um, but then it times his power wanes and he's kind of this you know he's not as fat his skin is hanging you know loosely off of him um but even at his lowest point when he just seems like all you know bones and and skin um that's just the bottom of the cycle and he's going to move back up again Mm -hmm. Uh, they also go into a little more detail about the horned rat and it's like his interaction with him yeah and he doesn't like him well, they get along, sort of. Like, they have some common cause. But as we talked about in the Pestilence review, he, Nurgle wants just bountiful, bileless life, just nonstop 
And the Hornet just wants to destroy everything. So there's no thought of like life or creation with him. So he he finds him very they, short-sighted and he just finds him very tacky. Yes. You know, um yeah, so he's not he doesn't really think of him as an ally or a brother. He's just he uses him when he comes, but he doesn't like him. I love how it describes he likes to spread bilious life. Bilious, the, the you know, the I'm going to vomit, like I'm feeling bilious, like I'm going to throw up. And it's bilious life. He's just vomiting forth life. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's just so yucky and so awesome at the same time. Um, one of the things they talk about is how Nurgle basically set his sights on Gairan and just wanted to conquer the realm of life. And when he was doing well, everything was awesome. And then when Alariel was reborn and kicked, basically it kicked him out for the most part. Like he's still in there and he can still get in, but his access is severely restricted. She closed his, the most of the easiest ways for him to get in. Uh, and then he goes into a funk and he starts to wane and his power starts to lose again and he's getting thin and old and he's, now he's, he's coming back out of this funk, out of this depression. Why? Because he realizes, hey, you know what? I've been focusing too much on one place. There's seven other realms that I haven't been spreading my fecundity to. And so now I have to go about and do this thing. And so now Mm -hmm. he's sending guys everywhere. And now that he's sending them everywhere to spread his filth, he's starting to feel much better. Yeah. We see part of this with uh, Slimex. Coming yes. out through the Blight War series, uh, going through Akshi. Oh, and, and, and the, the pictures in Malign Portents show Nurgle in there fighting against the, against the, the death, death armies. So, yeah, he's spreading out to the other realms. I, I just, I love, I love this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just like the whole, that they're filling in some of these gaps and these explanations about what he's doing. Yeah. And then we get into the Garden of Nurgle. Now, when we did our Plague Garden review, we went through the physical manifestation of it. But they do talk quite a bit about what the actual garden looks like from a more aerial view. Right. On overall, as opposed to getting down into the minutia. So the garden itself is just overabundant with life from groves of feculent gnarlmaws that jostle with bloated fungi and stinking fever blooms. And his boundaries of the garden grows and shrinks as his power does. So like, if you put this in a pie, as it were, and each one of the chaos gods has their own little quarter, Nurgles will expand and contract as the cycle goes. So his presence, his garden will push into the other realms yeah, he literally spreads, and you're going to get pus and filth growing in the realms of corn and zinch when his powers are at their fullest. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all have minions that they send out pressing. Into, they're always constantly trying to take land from each other. They've always they've got some people trying to take the undefended parts of their brothers and people defending their own parts. But when Nurgle starts to get really full, his land just bulges and bursts out crazy and fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're for those that are following along at home, um, we're on the page that's obviously Garden of Nurgle. And that picture across the top of the two pages, I love it. Oh, it's I great. I think this might be some of the best artwork in the book. It could be something out of a child's book, 
but s- severely not okay. Um, so you, it's like you get feculent neural moths and these pools of slime and pus and beasts of Nurgle lolling around in it, Nurglings climbing everywhere. And then off in the back, you've got Horticulus just cruising around, doing his thing, yep. cultivating. So great. I love it is song. great. And they talk about Nurgle's Manson here, and that's so great. This, Nurgle's got his giant mansion, his manse, you know, his decayed place that he lives in, bustling around, you know, whistling to himself, gathering up different plague ingredients. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this weird thing, now he sits around just kind of, He's like some weird, crazy grandma just shuffling around the house cooking, right? Um, One of the things I think is interesting that everything he's brewing, he's trying to brew up this perfect new disease, and it's got this giant cauldron he's brewing it in, and he tests it on the cursed creature known as... The Pox Fulcrum, a caged being that has endured millennia of misery as Nurgle's personal test bed. Only once he's satisfied with the results does he upend the cauldron, raining new contagions down upon the mortal realms. So he's actually got a creature that he just tests all the new diseases on to see how they work. Now, I thought in the world that was that that was like Isha or one of the elven goddesses that he had caged. Didn't they free her, though? They did. So, I don't know if this is something new, or somebody that we haven't seen yet, or what this is. But I remember that this used to be, like, an important character. Right. Yeah. So I'm not certain if it's still her, but it's pretty interesting. But, I, I yeah, the, the description of the realm is just fantastic. It just gives you... It, it paints such a full picture of what this place is like. Um, and that's one of the things you're going to see throughout this. It's it, it it runs over a definite theme, and a lot of the stuff, you know, it seems to repeat at parts. But I think we really get a feel for what this is like and what Nurgle's plans are and what the things are like, so that when we actually get to the playing and you see that actually... Like in the stories where Nurgle goes to a place and infects it and just spreads his disease everywhere. Now it seems like when you play the game, the way that you can do the best is to start spreading out Nurgle's garden into your into your battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just crazy how that how that works like that. I don't I don't. It's just amazing. So I, I love it. All right. So now we get up to talking about all the different demons of Nurgle and the things that are going on. Um. Okay. Now. There was a couple of things I thought were weird here because later on when you're reading about the uh, the plague bearers, it mm-hmm. seemed it, it went against my, my impression of where they come from because it talks about how every chaos god has minions in their own nature, okay? You right. know, obviously, Nurgle's guys look like him. Korn's guys all look like those raging corn demons. Zinch's guys all look avian and, and, and colorful and, you know, very full of change. Um and they all have personalities and agendas of their own, but don't let that fool you. Everything they are comes from the nature of their god. I always thought it was just basically a bit of an extension of their power, you know, and that's why as they get more powerful, you know, as as the blood starts to flow and corn gets more powerful, he can send out more demons because there's so more like his essence. I always pictured it like as his essence, and these were a little portion of it, which was always why 
if you were able to close whatever gates was allowing from the realms of chaos to pour into the into the world, they sort of they disappeared. They went away because they couldn't maintain without that, you know, the magic of their their realm pouring through. Um, and when they just got dissipated, they would go back to their their essence would go back to whoever created them. Uh, it seems like that's not exactly how it works. Um, I was a little surprised, but it's they are still part of that God's nature. Um, maybe I'm just misreading it. I don't know, but it just seems like is it's a it little bit different. Because of how a plague bearer is made? Well, yeah, is that what's throwing you? Well, yeah, and part of it, yeah, it comes, every one of them comes from the soul of a, of a person. So I was like, well, what happened before people? Like, were they there? Were there stuff? Or did it come from something else? I just, I always pictured them as just like this bit of that, but coming from the soul stuff of humans. Well, we'll get, and we'll get to that when we get to them. Um, I just, I just always thought of them as sort of just, he sends out a bit of his power and that power like a takes, shard of the essence. Yeah. And it manifests and apparently it's not that it's mixed in with other things. And so I was like, I was surprised. Um, yeah. But in the same way, it still kind of is though, because like, a, we'll just spoiler alert. A plague bearer is made when a mortal succumbs to Nurgle's rot. Right. So wouldn't that disease, that little bit of bacterium, wouldn't that technically be an essence of Nurgle? Right. I guess I just pictured them as just. I guess you know, like when we when we when we were back in older editions of the game, mm-hmm. they would talk about they would close whatever portal or whatever thing was was letting all the essence of the chaos realms into the old world. And when they would shut that down, a lot of times the demons would just like, kind of turn to ectoplasm, right? They would literally just be, poof, they would go away. Mm-hmm. Like if you could cut off, and I'm like, well, if they just cut off, then they, you know, then they're just, they're just pure magical essence and, and Nurgle's will. So I just didn't see them as any other portion. But I suppose that would be where like the personality and the weirdness and the and the little bits of personality come from. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I just, I I was surprised. I just thought they were literally pure will and, you know, essence of chaos. So for them to have some little human parts in them, um, because they're demons. Like, I know that the mortal and the rot bringers, the rot bringers are mortals who gave themselves gave themselves to Nurgle, you know. Um, the, um, well, actually, that's pretty much it, the rot bringers. Uh, but I thought the Nurgle demons were just stir- straight up pure Nurgle. So I thought it was interesting that they, too, have a little bit of human in them. But that's neither here nor there. Um, they're gross. And, yes. um There's a lot of cool, interesting information in here, though. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it calls them plague-infested abominations, beings of sanity-blasting foulness, um, whose stench is enough to stun a bull demigriff. You know, their sole purpose is to spread Nurgle's contagion, and they like doing it, spreading the disease, right? Um, and it says they're not as hateful or cruel as corn demons or zinch demons um, because just as disease doesn't have any malice, disease just spreads. That's that's their essence. That's the the nature of them. Um. 
they're they sometimes they come into battle feeling really detached. Sometimes they have obscenely good cheer because they're out there spreading the disease, which is what they're supposed to be doing. Um, one of the things you see, and we'll see it with other when we start talking about the actual other units. Um, Nurgle doesn't necessarily care for guys who just can swing an axe and cut people in half. He doesn't necessarily want to kill all of his enemies. He wants to infect his enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an interesting take here. It's not about killing all your enemies. It, eventually they'll die, but I don't. he doesn't need a butcher. He needs someone who is going to get in there and spread the disease and let the disease do the job. It's slow, it's painful, and there's a good chance that in the process, rather than just die, they will give their souls over to Nurgle. Mm-hmm. And then, and so spread the disease, so they actually affect more people, and the cycle can get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, all the craziness and the havoc that happens during a Nurgle invasion is a byproduct of this desire to infect everything. This whole description is, like, crazy. It's like some sort of insane, cavorting parade of infection and disease and plague. Like, it's just, like, I just picture them sort of, like, you know, dancing into town, just happy to be there and just happy to be spreading out all this disease and plague. It's not about butchery. It's about giving this gift that they love. And that's such a strange... It goes against, like, all of the chaos logic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to a point. And this harkens back to even, like, the old Carnival of Chaos, um that we saw and it's very much like that parade but it's you have the great and clean ones leading it with the bile pipers and everything like the happy stuff with the nurglings and the right beast and nurgle but then right. you have the dour and monotonous plague bearers right so it's a very interesting cavalcade yeah and and just because they're having fun doesn't mean they're not dangerous you know what i'm saying <laughs> They don't seem they're not as warlike. They're not out there banging their shields and screaming and and howling and rushing in. But these they're they're super resilient. They're super infectious. Uh, that's one of the big things. It says even a small cut isn't you know if you get a, it, they don't you know they don't have to chop you in half. They just have to get you hit with the infection, and mm-hmm. then you're you're going to be toast. Uh, let's see where's this part that I like here. Um, it talks about how blinded by swarms of flies, deafened by the dull clangor of bells and gongs, choked by the putrid stench that thickens the air, many foes feel their sanity or courage reach breaking point. They turn to flee, screaming in revulsion and horror. Most are so riddled with disease they will not get far, while those who do serve only to spread a bow wave of plague and sickness before the demons advance. Uh, and then they talk about uh, even if you stand your ground and succeed in striking down one of the demons, it's not really slain. Its mortal shell is torn asunder. The essence of the demon is banished back to the Garden of Nurgle. There it must languish among fetter and filth, nothing more than an echo of its true power. And then eventually as the cycle turns, it's reborn. Yeah, I really like that part of it because it then becomes, it's not just poof and then I'm back. It's now I have to regrow. Yeah. And continue the cycle of life, which is exactly what Nurgle is. 
It's really cool. Um, yeah, Death sends them back to the garden to grow back, and they always grow back in some other discussion. They never come back exactly as they were before. Mm-hmm. Because you're growing, and it depends on where you're growing and how you're growing. You come back in some other disgusting fashion. So that's the basic idea of the demons of Nurgle. Um, let's grab this next section as well, because I thought this was pretty cool. Um, now, war in the chaos realm is more lethal due to the insanity of the terrain. Okay? Uh, and they, I love that they spend time talking about these battles between Kornzinch and Nurgle that happen in the realm of chaos. So it's not like they're all just sitting around and sending minions out here and ignoring each other. If you ignore them, your brothers, they will come up and sn- sneak you and, and take some of your, 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 your part of the realm. Mm-hmm. Um, Nurgle's forces go marching through, spreading their disease on the other gods' minions. Um, it's uh, They talk about how fighting in the real world is much more anarchic. You know, it's, just, it's a little crazier. Uh, corrupted realm gates are cleansed, closed, destroyed, not available. Um, then they have summoning rituals. So just because you close off realm gates doesn't mean you can keep Nurgle out. It gets crazy. Um, what really I thought was interesting was that you have these summoning rituals wherever reality is really corrupted. They dig these things called filth pits. Yep, and we're going to get to that when we cover more into the Rotbringers. Yes. Oh, so nasty. This made a lot more sense to, when we get talk about it later, like their mechanics for uh, how to summon this made a lot more sense. And you're essentially digging one of these pits, and as long as we're talking about them, it's the pits that the Rotbringers build in the uh, three-circle symbol of Nurgle, and they infect and corrupt the land around them, and this is where you start seeing the spawnings for uh, the different demons in Nurgle, because the infection is what's spreading, and they grow out of it. Exactly. Uh, and it's that that infection. Any place where there is huge, like if there, if a huge, a completely unrelated to Nurgle, if a plague runs through an area and ravages it really bad, that will weaken the reality there where Nurgle can come through. Nurgle can come through where re- the veil is thin, and but you can make the veil thin for Nurgle specifically by digging filth pits and creating disease. Or if just natural disease comes and starts wiping something out, then he can come through. Um, I like they talk about summoning, that it's not really super specific. Like, if you know a demon's true name, you can summon up that specific demon. Otherwise, it's pretty much totally random. Mm-hmm. Just stuff comes out. Um, now, when they do come out, even if they come out completely at random... These Nurgle demons, they look around, they know who is ranked higher than them, like pretty much instantly, and they fall into line. It's not like orcs where they're going to fight to see who gets to be the boss. They fall into line, and they do it because organize quickly and get going because the quicker you get your, your act together and get out there, the quicker you can spread that contagion. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just that's this is the way they are. They're so 
they're just like, well, okay, let's get moving because we got to get moving if we want to get this going. So they're, they're the the fighting, the infighting that you would see in a corn army or the, the treachery and the manu- maneuvering in a zinch army or just the straight up killing your own your own people like in a in a Skaven army, you don't excuse me, you don't see that in a Nurgle army. No. They work together because they're there to spread disease. And the better they work together, the more disease they can spread. It's just awesome. Um let's see. Uh oh there was a cool thing in here. I wanted to read this. Another thing I wanted to read. Uh this is the last paragraph on page eleven, and it's kinda long, but it talks about all this corruption and, and how they get summoned and stuff. And it's, I'm reading here. So fell the pristine heart in Gairan during the earliest days of the War of Life, and so too was the city of Astralon turned from glory to horror. That magnificent city, built around the Gildenglass realm gate following its capture by the Astral Templars, saw its first case of nodding bloat precisely seven years to the day after its foundation stones were laid. Brought into the city by refugees from the Tusked Hills, the disease spread like wildfire through Astralon's streets. The cramped alleyways of the inner district were soon choked with ruptured corpses and seething carpets of vermin. When the epidemic reached its height, the Plague Legion burst into the city's overburdened healing halls. The war between Astralon's defenders and Nurgle's demons has raged ever since and shows no signs of remission. So where do they come through? They came through in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Because that's where all the sick people went. And that's where the disease was the thickest. The healers were working to clear them. There's so much disease there that that's where they spring through. And that's not where anyone was really expecting to see them. So they start just wasting stuff. I could just see you lose all your healers right there. Which then makes it easier for the disease to spread. And they even just like their clever bit of writing here where it says that it shows no signs of remission. <laughs> that's how you refer to a disease. Exactly. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, we're not talking about uh, the you know attrition or any of these things going on in war. We're talking about yeah. I, I caught that too. The nice little using ter- disease terminologies, mm-hmm. and so that's basically giving you the layout of Nurgle, who Papa Nurgle is, where his lands are, what their fighting style is, and how they get called forth into the mortal realms. Um, yeah. Next thing we're going to hit is just going t- through the so, sort of the lore of the different, uh, you know, some sort of the different uh, unit type stuff or the different uh, factions. Uh, you know what? Let's you know what? Let's do. Should we? Take- we got the talk. We got to talk about the rat bringers real quick. Yeah, rat bringers, and then the worship through desecration. Let's do that too, because yeah, that is still part of more of the lore than the units. Yeah. Um, so the Ratbringers are like the favorites of Nurgle for those that serve him because they have committed so fully and they are blessed with his most virulent, virulent boons. Yep. So these are the guys that are like hardcore, all Nurgle, all the time. And these are and, not just Nurgle demons. Like these are not plague bringers. These are humans who have done well enough in his service to get this elite status. Yes. Um, so these are the ones that are swollen and bloated with disease. And not all of them were warriors. Many of them were physicians or alchemists or holy men who seek to better understand the nature of disease to try to stop a plague. 
So yeah. Nurgle, being the happy guy he is, is more than happy to say, here's this secret, and it starts the breadcrumb trail to get it going, to bring them more down and down the path before it becomes too late. Exactly. Uh, most of your named characters are here. Your Glotkin, your Epidemius, your guys, those are all humans who, in the service of Nurgle, became super well-known and elevated. Um, but it's like you said, you know, doctors and this, it's not about martial prowess. It's about your ability to spread disease. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, oftentimes, Nurgle, uh, the guys who don't seem to advance very well in Nurgle's uh, ranks are the guys who are just brutal killers. Because you're not yeah. spreading and advancing the disease if it's all martial power. Cleverness, ability to spread rot. Now, you turn into a big hulking giant, bloated, vicious, strong. But that, that size and all that blubber and the, and, the, and the burst skin and the guts hanging out, that's all... That's all defense. That's all that thick hide and all that stuff that you're going to be able to take 20, 30 blows from, you know, and before it's bringing you down because that's Nurgle's gift. So you look like a big hulking brute who could just rip somebody's head off of their shoulders with, you know, with two fingers. But that's not necessarily what that size is about. He's these are that that's for you to be able to survive through all this stuff. Yeah, you become swollen with gifts because he gives you so much. Yeah. It's it's great. It's really it's and I didn't and I didn't realize it as I was first reading like cuz I was you know trying to discern Nurgle Demon Rot brings. Oh wait. Or got demon spew. Um you know all the maggot riot maggoth riders um you know um what's his name? Gut Rot Spume, the the Yeah. Yeah. The pirate and Festus and Fest, Yeah. All of those There's a few guys. in here. But even like when we were talking about it just a second ago, where it's not just about being a good killer, because Demon Spew is a very good killer, but he's always he's kind of on the outs because he doesn't spread the contagion like Bloab or any of the other ones. Exactly. Um, in fact, didn't uh, one of the one of them actually? Um, yeah, is it Orgot who was the one who was just a vicious killer and Nurgle sort of taught he's him a lesson? To, yeah, he's supposed to be like half-sired of a demon. Oh, no, that's and, not the one I'm thinking about then. I'm thinking about the other guy, the one who's almost all flies. Oh, Bloab. Bloab, yeah, we'll get to him when we talk about him. But, yeah, he was just a, a, a vicious, you know, he was a serial killer in the making, even as as one of Nurgle's champions. Like, he was unnecessarily cruel to living things. And Nurgle's like, oh, I think I'm going to mess with you now for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, we'll, yeah. So, let's see, what else? Um, yeah, I mean, they talk about, like, how they go to war. Um, their armor is buckled and rent from their distorted forms, or distended forms. And any metal protection that they have is thick with rust or verdigree. But that's not really how they protect themselves. It's the layers of blubber, the lack of pain right. sensation, and that they heal so quickly. Exactly. So. Um, and then we get through this last part uh, before we hit the break called Worship Through Desecration. Mm-hmm. And this is about the rot bringers and uh, base, how devoted they are to Nurgle. And it talks about that. Um You'll see with Rotbringers a lot of a lot of gallows humor. 
You know, a lot of death jo- a lot of they have a lot of fun doing what they do. They love killing minions of corn and zinch. Um, hoping to convert them. They love infecting them, hoping to convert them over. Um, they'll desecrate temples and shrines of other deities, uh, infecting them. It's all about desecrate any life-giving site. You know, um, you got anything that's, uh, you know, like in Gairan, when you have the waterfalls, we're going to go fill it with Nurgle's corruption, and then we'll spread, the, spread that corruption, quote-unquote, naturally now. Mm-hmm. By infecting a river... You know, we can as that river runs its course, it's going to spread that contagion naturally. They love doing this. That's a huge thing for them. Yeah, um, and even with like in the last or when we're doing the uh, War of Life, they have uh, what's his name, Papa. What Papa Grotesque? Yes, yes, where he's in the river, contaminating it and spreading the disease throughout. Yeah. So let's see. Um, They have a description of what the filth pit was. Right. Um, On page 14, I did want to get to that. So to further propagate their gods' corruptions, the Rotbringers excavate vast earthworks known as filth pits that are bored using chained weir maggots. These deep holes look from above like the sigil of Nurgle writ large in leprous craters. Their sides are sheer and slippery with unspeakable substances while their depths sit several feet deep in a parasite-infected gruel that bubbles and pops as it gives us clouds of airborne contagions. Yeah, and actually it continues a little bit. Not only do they poison the land for miles around, but then they're used as sacrificial sites. Captive warriors flung into their depths, there to suffer one horrible pox and infestation after another until at last they perish in miserable agony. Such suffering offers great praise to Nurgle and gradually wears thin the weave of reality creating weak points through which the plague god's demons can more easily be summoned. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, God, that's just... I love this. You don't need wizards to be summoning demons. You just have to create enough filth and disease and contagion and bile and just gross. And it's like it's like a... It's like a a beacon, a clarion call to Nurgle, and he's able to come through there. Mm-hmm. And this is what's going to happen, like I said, when we talk about the when we talk about the the allegiance abilities. Yeah. Yes, and the feculent Naroma and all that stuff. Um, there's there's even a little info here about Torglug. Um, yes, Torglug, or as we know him, Tornis. Yes. Uh, let's see. It does also, before we get to Tornus, though, it says exceptional rock bringers are elevated to be lords of Nurgle. Um, and it talks about how sometimes they'll bring diseased bray herds or other tainted monsters uh, when when the odds are bad. You'll bring in some bray herds for bodies. Or more often than not, it says they just make packs with clan pestilence. But <laughs> if you need a lot of bodies... Make a deal with Clan Pestilence. But it also says you always got to keep an eye on them because they will turn on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the Horned Rat. Yep, and we even, got, we even got that when we covered the the, Skaven, the Clan's Pestilence book. Um, they talked about how they were going off with Nurgle and they just didn't attack. They waited until Nurgle and, and the humans whittled themselves down so weak that they were able to run in and, and wipe them both out. So total treachery. Yeah. 
that is their thing. And then talking about Torglug, now we all know Torglug's story, how he was slain by the Celestin Prime, he was reforged as Tornus, um, but they do have uh, one thing just in the back here that I do want to highlight. Um, it says right here, uh, Torglug has become Tornus once more, a knight venator who hunts the servants of Nurgle with a single-minded hatred. For their part, the Rotbringers now know him as Torglug the Ungrateful, Torglug the, uh, Torglug the Wasteful, and Torglug the Fool. Upon Nurgle's orders, they seek him every bit as fervently as he seeks them. If this turncoat nemesis could be tainted again, then surely Nurgle's supremacy over Sigmar would be proven. And, of course, Nurgle would not be so kindly to Tornus a second time. So, now Torgle, I or Tornus had to spend, I believe it was 77 days in a filth pit. Because he refused yep. to die. He refused to give up and, and turn or die. And eventually he... He turned. I mean, that's a long time. That'll break anybody. Mm-hmm. But when you read that stuff, you get like, even though he was redeemed, it's like, wow, you know, you could see he could see his guilt as he held up that long. So, um, let's see, what do we get? Let's let's cover this last bit before we get to the different unit types. Um, the breakdown: you've got armies of the plague plague god, and you're going to have one of two things. You're going to have the demon, the plague legions. Which is like your demons. They're led by great unclean ones. Yeah. And then they'll have uh, other great unclean ones underneath them with your pox bringers, your spoiled pox scriveners, your sloppity bile pipers. And all of those are ranked and in control of different tally bands. Yeah. Um, and if you notice, there's seven of those. Of course there are. It's their sacred number. Yep. And then from there, you move on to the Rotbringer Contagiums, Bef- which is. But before you get there, oh, let's not forget that you've got beasts of Nurg- you got beasts of Nurgle and Nurglings, which don't fall into that pyramid. They come straight off the Great Unclean One because they don't follow any rules. <laughs> they don't yeah. follow in any groups. They're just there for fun. Mm-hmm. They're just there because it's always good to have them with because they get jobs done. And that maybe you weren't even expecting you to need because they go through that stuff and get it done. So I'm sorry. Go ahead with your uh, the Rotbringer Contagiums. Yeah. So this is the Contagium is usually built around three warbands and assist um, one for each of the Lords of Nurgle that we're going to talk about. So Plague, Blight, and Afflictions. And there's three ranks of like characters above them, the high favored Nurgle Lords like the Glotkin, the Magus, and Festus and all of them. So there's kind of a hierarchy between that, uh, the Warriors of the Contagiums, because they want to establish that so this way when it comes down to battle, they all know who holds authority and it gets that order locked into again, we have to start spreading the disease. So it's very militaristic in a way. But it follows it a very human, a very yes. humans because they are they're they're humans, and so you get these these named characters that we know wind up, you know, on the top of your generals, your Glotkin, Maggot Lords, Festus, Gut Rot, and then you'll get those three cysts. I love that they call them cysts. That's just so nasty. Mm-hmm. But you get a plague, a blight, and an affliction, and the Rotbringers especially, they're very superstitious. 
And they're going to try to go in with a plague, a blight, and an affliction because you've got the Nurgle Trinity right there. The three dots, the three everything, you know, and it works. And they feel it'll be blessed better if you have those three. And like you said, that's when they go through and uh, afflictions, plagues, and blights amongst themselves. The leaders of those three sections will decide how how they rank. So they will default if they disagree with what's going on or what they're doing. They will default to the ideas of the leader within those three groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're all constantly competing for that spot. But when they get there, once again, they quickly determine this ranking and get to it because they've got to spread that disease. Mm-hmm. So good. Such good. I mean, just this is so tight. Everything is so well put together. Yeah, and for purposes, folks, we're doing a very quick and dirty run-through. If you've enjoyed any of the background for Age of Sigmar, this is a must. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, absolute yeah. must. I mean, I'm trying not to read every last thing to you because, you, you really, you should pick this up and enjoy it yourself. I'm just trying to give you the basics of where mm-hmm. these guys come from because when we talk later about the the you know the war scroll battalions and all the different war scrolls and the way that they play you're going to see how much that plays to this story that we're telling right here uh and it's that's where this gets awesome mm-hmm. that's where i love this so much is where that starts to happen so you know what let's take a break though cuz we've been going for a good uh, 40 minutes now and then uh when we come back we'll start talking we'll we'll do this the space timeline and we'll start talking about the different units and try to get through those so that we can get you to the uh, we can get you to the the scrolls and all the play styles and stuff. So we'll be right back. Nurgle wishes to see rot and contagion bloom across the mortal realms drowning the bastions of his enemies in a tide of putrid filth. Yet, Nurgle is not malicious. Far from it. The plague god delights in fecundity and the overabundance of life that disease and decay brings. To Nurgle, every rattled corpse is a welcoming nursery for wriggling maggots and cloying plague spores. Every stagnant lake and rotting forest is a paradise in which parasitic larvae and bountiful poxes can flourish. These are the gifts that Nurgle lavishes upon the mortal realms. And if there's malice behind his generosity, it's directed only at those ingrates who try to decline his offerings. All right, we're back with the space timeline. The annals of entry. Oh, no, annals. That's two annals. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Family the show. A- annals of entropy. Well, you know, it's Nurgle. I thought. You know. It's a lot of poop. I'm just and saying. bile and vomit. I miss. Honest to God, I misread it. I got these new glasses. Uh, they're bifocals. And I hit the I hit the line in the middle there. And it, it, it uh-huh. messed it up. Yep. So All right, moving that's on. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So what do you like in the space timeline? Now, I try not to pick them all because all of them, you know what I'm saying? All of them have something interesting, but I had two that 
that stuck out for me. Okay. Uh, first was from the filth below, mm-hmm. and the other was the maggot pit. Yeah, maggot pit was one of the ones I definitely wanted to talk about. Well, I'll, did you have any others that you wanted? Oh, I mean, filth below, and then uh, rot, root, and rot. Okay. But well, know. here let's take the filth below because that's on the first page. Uh, Festus the leech lord began his foul works in the sewers beneath the city of Templarum. Plagues ravaged the city's populace before an army of rot bringers and monks of the clan's pestilence rose up to sacrifice the survivors to Nurgle. Festus claimed the befouled city, renaming it the Leech's Lair. I love Festus. He is such a great model. I think he was one of those that really kind of heralded what Nurgle was going to turn into. Yeah. The more garrulous, but... But Dr. Festus, too. I, I, I love that when I was when we did that, when we covered... Um, the end times. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I loved reading those little story parts with Festus. You yeah, know, coming up with a little voice and giving him that, that like, like proper British doctor voice, you know, mm-hmm. sort of gentle and stuff amongst all this other stuff. The great unclean ones popping its head in. And Festus is just like, yes, I'm here. I'm, I'm testing my, my diseases. I'm doing all this stuff. It's I just, I love his story. Mm-hmm. So, what do you got? Do you want to? What do you, you want to pick here? Um, we'll take the maggot pit since it's at the top. Okay. Or no, I'll we'll do root and rot because okay. that was one of the picks. Uh, so, as the forces of order continued their grinding advance in Gyran, an alliance of Ironbark, Sylvaneth, and Fireslayer mercenaries overran the deep and root vaults. They were quick to fet their victory over the clan's pestilence. Yet the Ratman's deaths fueled a vast summoning ritual. Conjuring Rodic- Rodigus Rainfather and Epidemius at the head of seven plague legions, the demons of Nurgle laid siege to the horrified forces of order, beginning a conflict that became more bitter and horrific by the day. So, this is the means to an end that Nurgle sees the great or the great horned rat has, because he's just using the sacrifice of the clan's pestilence monks to summon forth his own soldiers. Right. Let them do all the death and killing because that's all they care about. But enough of that happens. You'll get enough of that working, and they'll pull their own. They'll pull. Then they'll pull in their guys. Once you think the end, the the fighting's over almost. Mm-hmm. And then we get the maggot pit uh, atop the howling plateau of the Shaman Hinterwastes. Morbidek twice Twiceborn and Orgot Demonspew led the defeat of the Bullgut tribes. Their army dug a vast filth pit, hurling in the strongest ogre captives and a single maggot. A hideous feast ensued as the maggot chewed through one bellowing victim after another, multiplying again and again. From the ensuing seething mass of larvae, Blob Rotspond was resurrected. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, Bloab has perished prior to this, obviously, because Tornus killed him. him out. Yep. But you can't kill the swarm. So that's how they're justifying that Blow Up can keep coming back to life, because you can't kill the swarm. Well, I mean, can't he anyway? I mean, if Nurgle wants to, I mean, his yeah. essence goes back to Nurgle's realm anyway. I mean, I suppose the human portion of him might have to go to, excuse me, um, might have to go to, you know, Nagash might have something to say about that. Uh, um, but... I just feel like 
any of these guys, once they die, Nurgle, you know, grabs them and keeps them. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you've got to go through the same thing that that any of these guys do. You got to go back into the filth. You got to sort of find a way to get reborn. Um, but yeah, they had to actually summon him back, which is cool. I just, oh, I, I just, I like, I, said, I just love this. All this stuff to fuel this this rebirth. Ogres, just a tribe of ogres in a filth pit being devoured by a single maggot that just keeps going from ogre to ogre chewing through them. So gross, so cool. Uh, and uh, so we move from the the timeline to some discussion on now on... Uh, Excuse me, your different unit types. Yeah, the individual entries. And of course, who does it start with? The, the great unclean, unclean one. one. Exactly. Um, and a magnificent piece of art to go with it. Oh, yeah. The the picture's great. And, you know, this is what all the pictures look like. This is why I hated those great unclean one models. I realized when mm-hmm. you were doing metals, you couldn't make something that tiny or that big. Yeah. They were, had to be tiny. But, oh, it just, it was... It was such a bad joke, you know what I'm saying? And I'm—I mean, the other greater demons were bigger than it. On top of that, but it was just—it's supposed to be a mountain, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like Nurgle himself. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they described them as eccentric, cheerful, intelligent, and orderly, with a surprising grasp of grand strategy and battlefield logistics. So, once again. They're they're not. I mean, they are vicious. They can be right vicious uh, pieces of work, but they're they're enjoying the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but they understand strategy and like they'll kill you. They're still going to kill you. And they're and but they're and the, and the way they spread disease is not necessarily the same. It's not this a little nick of the knife and you're going to get diseased. These guys go into battle. They just come wading into battle. You know, these big, they're like walking mountains or hills. Okay, hills, walking hills. They're not as big as a mountain, but they crush enemies just underneath their weight. They cut them down, and don't forget the disease. Yeah. Because there's just, it's gunk coming off of them. Everywhere is just infecting everything around them. They charge in, they rush, they crush things under them. They leave slime behind them, pustules bursting, uh, you know, um, the little nurglings all, all running around on and on. It's just their 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 forces of destruction and disease just plowing through everything in their way. Yeah, and they go about battle like the strategies and everything because they're thinking about it as a disease would attack a host. Right. So it's that same kind of mentality. So as crazy and garrulous as they are, they still have. And a real semblance of strategy. Okay, and then we get to a bit of the story about Rodigus, the new named character. Yeah, the big, great, unclean one. What did you this story? What do you think of this? This it's is interesting, weird because yeah. Okay, so apparently, when there's droughts and famines, people pray to the Rain Father to bring rain. Okay, this is humans. Who are suffering from drought and 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 famine? Famine. Um, they're praying for rain 
to be delivered. But apparently what nobody has figured out yet is the rain father is not a guy who's going to bring rain and bring your crops back. It's this dude. And he comes in and he starts pouring in. They call him the rain father, the life font, the bringer of plenty. But he brings down just gross, you know, like he's raining down disease and filth. Yes, your livestock starts suddenly having giving birth again, okay? Except everything they're giving birth to is deformed. And it says, in fact, livestock give birth to deformed young until they carpet the land in screaming, slime-slick profusion. Blarg! Yuck! Mm-hmm. Flora and fauna bloat and twist with grotesque fecundity while the deluge hammers endlessly down and the filthy waters rise. He literally brings a rain of Nurgle's disease, like mixed in with the rain. So it's like they're praying for rain and they're getting Nurgle rain. Mm-hmm. It's so gross and so weird. And I guess nobody who calls to him actually survives to tell people, oh, this was a mistake. Don't call him. I mean, you would think that you would have heard about it at some point, but... Apparently, these uh, these farmers not. don't get it, you know, or the, the uh, you know, or else the legends were that it does good stuff, and everybody, you know, hey, you know, people hear about that. Oh, I know a guy who knew a guy who saw it, and it was, he prayed to the rain, Father, he brought the rain. Everything was better. You know, nobody actually sees it, but everybody believes it. Mm-hmm. So gross and so cool. Um, okay. Heralds and Nurgle. We have three types now. The herald that you could buy that you had before. The old herald is now a pox bringer. Mm-hmm. They were heralds. Now they're pox bringers. They still are heralds, but now they have a specific title. Well, right. That, and- but that's what I mean. But they were the herald model, but now they've got a specific title because there's other versions of the heralds now. Yeah. So what these guys are like the most common lieutenants. They're the more militaristic ones, I think, compared to the other two. Yep. So they work on the specific tasks and they lead with like a gallows humor and they make sure that orders are carried out to the exacting letter. Right. So that's what a pox bringer is. And he's a wizard. Um, so he does get to do like spells and stuff. Um, but, but their whole job, they lead the plague bearers. They're going to go after the enemy champions and the sorcerers. They're going to try to take out the 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 the. the, the and it says champions and sorcerers. So you're going after the 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 not the big heroes, but they're taking but out the, the little heroes, yeah, and throwing out their own spells and corrupting and despoiling stuff. So they're they're your your basic line uh, herald. And then you get them slappity bile pipers. Probably the coolest description in here. Yeah. Um, and one of the best models with this release, to be perfectly frank. Yep. And it's 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 another great bit of just insanity. You want to take this one? Sure. So these are plague bearers that get infected with the chortling murine, yep. fall into a comedic fever, compulsively capering and quipping. Um, and they set are sent with gut pipes and a marauder. That's their uh, little jester stick to amuse the tally bands. Um, the jokes and songs that they do don't really mean anything to the plague bearers. Again, the dour personality, but other 
Nurgle demons such as the Nurglings, the Beasts of Nurgle, and the Great and Clean Ones love them. Um, yep. And these guys are... you Like, the disease spreads, it's super infectious, and can cause mortals to laugh until their sides literally split. So you literally laugh yourself to death. Yep, and so gross. Your sides literally split. So you're laughing yes. so hard that your stomach starts to hurt, and then the muscles tear, and the skin rips open, and your guts mm-hmm. fall out. Yeah. Yuck. And the bile piper, it's like a cycle-type job. Yes, it is. Because they're always the final victim of that disease. And if it goes into remission, uh, they just can't tell jokes. It's just like their sense of humor just goes away. And then they become the next marauder and set of gut pipes for the replacement that is then caught yeah. the chortling mirroring. Yeah, because if they beat the disease, then they become so morose because they become the exact opposite. Nobody likes them anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're done. So whoever the next bile piper is gets to take the old bile piper and turn him into their gut pipes. So cool. Such a great idea. Uh, and then we got the Spoilpox Scriveners. Um, one of the more odd models in the, in oh, the yeah. group. Uh, not 100% certain how I feel about this one. Um, they're they're cranky, they're dour, mm-hmm. they are allergic to the mortal realms, and they have that long nose, that's a trunk that goes down in front of them, underneath their arm, up over their shoulder, and then the mouth on the end of that. And they're they're allergic, so it it really that gets very irritated in the mortal realms, which is fine because their their whole job is just to be like the they're just the crankiest. Uh, crabbiest of all of Nurgle's creatures. They take down the names of plague bearers in the Taliban that lose count. All plague yeah. bearers are supposed to. In fact, there's a part here that says one of the unnerving things is they're walking by just counting as they're killing because they're counting all the diseases they're spreading. But mm-hmm. if you screw up and you're not paying attention and you lose count, he's going to take down your names. And you might get punished, even though counting the literal, literally counting every disease that they spread is impossible. According to the book, it's just not possible. There's never, they're never going to gauge every disease and every person it's spread to, but it's still their job to do their best. And if you lose track, this guy's going to... Now, one of the punishments um, is that you become, they make you a sloppy bile piper. Yeah. Why is that a punish? Because the Scriveners hate the Bile Pipers. Because the Bile Pipers are silly and making jokes, and this is not a laughing matter. I'm cranky, I'm tired, and you guys aren't counting your damn diseases. Yeah, they take it very seriously, and the Bile Pipers <laughs> don't. It's so um, good. And it's they like, even have on here that like the quills that they use are plucked tail feathers from Lords of Change. Oh, yeah. Adding insult to injury, keeping count with uh, Lord of Change feathers. So good. So here's the here's the plague bearers, and this is it comes from the souls of diseased mortals. And like I said, that I found surprising because, like I said, I I literally thought plague bearers, being pure demons, were just a manifestation of Nurgle's will in this minor form. Um, and because as they describe plague bearers, plague bearers like don't always get the jokes. They're just sort of. Marching along, and the drone of counting is going on there. Um, 
I don't know. It's just they're driven mad by this plague, and then it says they actually die. They perish only to re- be reborn in the Garden of Nurgle as an immortal plague bearer. Um, and everyone knows what they are. They're basically just gross, and they're just they're the they're the they're the they're, they're the, the lines. Yeah, they're, they're the, the front lines of a Nurgle army. Yeah, that's basically what they are. Now, of course, in the book, and you never, you're never, almost never, as good as they describe in the book. Because of course, in the book, they've all got uh, a plague sword, and it's got all that the, the the lethal poisons and disease on it, and a single cut will kill you in seconds. So even if they don't, um kill you outright, then you're still a dead man as long as they can nick you with this thing. Yeah. And again, it goes back to the disease and the spread of the contagion. Which would explain all the mortal wounds that get de- dealt out by this army in the... in the, in the Yeah. In the and it also rules. means that they have to keep counting. Yes, they do. And it's hard to keep count. They'll lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else have we got here next? Oh, here's where we get the beasts and the nurglings and the plague drones. The plague drones are kind of cool, and the plague swords too. Um, yeah. But I, I okay. Even though I'm not the keenest on the the beast and nurgle model. Yeah. I just love their story. Yeah, what they are, and they've had this description since they introduced what the rot flies were mm-hmm. um, that form up the plague drones. So, beasts and nurgle have always been like the capering little puppies trapped in these big, slimy, horrible bodies that they don't realize that they're killing you. Yeah. They're They're just looking for people to have fun with. They're little children who want to play, except they're giant slugs with mouths all over and tentacles on their head that can strangle you or have, like, lamprey teeth that can bite your face off. And they're they're covered in all sorts of diseases, which is just like every other Nurgle. They're... As they as they move forward, though, they leave a they ooze a paralytic goo that is left in their wake, mm-hmm. so you can't really sneak them because you start walking through the paralytic glue goo and you get paralyzed by it. And they just want to play. They're like a puppy that's the size like the the picture and energy of a puppy just wanting to play with you, but the size of like a full grown Saint Bernard. And then some. Oh, this thing's even bigger. I'm just trying to use a puppy reference. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you get you know, the, the, all that energy and all that jumping around and all that not thinking about I shouldn't be doing jumping around. I'll kill everything, and you put it into something the size of I don't know. It's like a, it's, it seems to me it's like the size of a of a of a of a Volkswagen Bug, a Beetle. Yeah, <laughs> good. It, it just good. wants to jump on you mm-hmm. and play and lick, but it kills you. And then it, it's kind of like the George thing. I'll hug him and squeeze him and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what they do. Uh, now yeah, the grapes of wrath. Let's bring that in. Um, oh yeah, that is true. No, no, all right, you know, but the thing is, they crush them, and then they're sad. Oh, my playmate doesn't want to play with me. But then they see somebody else, and they're like, oh, maybe he'll play with me. Mm-hmm. And they run off. <laughs> it's yeah, they're crazy. Now, if someone was to not want to play with these guys, um, if they get rebuffed by its mortal playmates too many times, then they get like a little canker of resentment that kind of germinates with them. So when they finally go back to the garden, they flop down in the filth of Nurgle's garden and they like make a cocoon out of themselves 
and then they form into something new and awful, which then becomes the rat fly. So again, the cycle. So essentially, it's like a big caterpillar. That well, I didn't. Then, no, I didn't think they actually the changed. Fly. I thought something came in and like sort of ate them up. No, Wait, no, it's be, themselves changing. Okay. Well, where is that? It's on page twenty-seven. Um, we'll just read it. Whilst the plague drones themselves are horrifying, the rot flies they ride are worse. Should a beast of Nurgle be rebuffed by its mortal playmates too many times, a canker of resentment germinates within it. When the beast is finally banished to the realm of chaos, it so that's when it's killed. When it goes back, okay. So when you kill it, after enough people didn't want to play with it, and it gets pissed. Mm Mm-hmm. So okay, flops down the girl. Fat flies swarm upon it and form a living cocoon within which. Oh, okay. I I thought the flies. I didn't. I read it wrong. I didn't read they were forming a cocoon. I thought the flies were sort of feasting on him, and then that fly starts to grow. Mm -mm. But no, he just. Oh, that's crazy. So the rot flies are angry beasts of Nurgle. Yes, angry and evolved beasts of Nurgle. Wow. So beasts of Nurgle essentially is a big caterpillar or maggot in this case um, that eventually grows up into a big rot fly if, if it was too a- many people don't want to play with it. It's really kind of sad. So the caterpillar turns into a butterfly is now the maggot that turns into a rot fly. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I didn't even realize. I misread that. Yeah, they had that in the, when they originally do sort of rot fly was when they brought out with the new model right. back years ago. So they've kept it, which I'm very glad that they kept that story. Because, again, it's the cycle. No, it's great. It really is. Uh, let's talk about nurglings really quick too. Uh, they come; they're hatched from little pustules inside great unclean ones, and they look like Nurgle and they dance and act jolly. Um, but apparently, they have a ton of disease in them, and when there's enough of them, they can take down even the biggest of opponents. Um, mm-hmm. Just, it's I guess it's like the rat swarms in with Skaven. If there's enough little nurglings, they've got razor sharp teeth and claws, and they'll. They'll do. An, there's enough of them. They'll do enough damage to, at the very least, infect you, and if which, much better, yeah, which is then to kill you. Yep, I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're so cool. cute. Oh, exactly. Um, and then they talk about the plague swords, which I like. This, they're. You know what I liked about the plague sword hmm. stuff they're talking about. It says they're covered in some disease, and they're loved by their owners. They're rusty, filthy, and continuously dulled by their owners. Run over slimy rocks, and the blades are dulled. Everybody else sharpens their blades. Plague bearers and and uh, plague drones dull their blades. Why? Because they're not trying to kill you. They're trying to spread disease to you. It's not mm-hmm. about chopping you in half. It's about cutting you open enough to let the gross disease that's on the blade get in. I've, I mean, I've been reading these books for years. I never read about people purposely dulling their blades. Mm-hmm. But that's what these guys are doing. I think it's fantastic. Yes. So um, I guess let's keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's hit it. Uh, the Glotkin. The first yeah. among the Rotbringers are the Glotkins. I love that there's rumors that these guys might have been from the the world that was. Like, 
that that that's that. I mean, we know they are. Yeah, that's where they were first introduced in the end times. Um, but in any event, it's three brothers. It's a set of triplets. Otto, who is the oldest, he's the one with the scythe. Uh huh. And then we have Ethrak, and then we have Girk, and Girk is the big one, um, who was not necessarily the big one to start. Um, no, and they do a good job of fleshing out the the boom chi the of the care of their characters though. Mm-hmm. Um, with Otto, Otto's always happy. He's an optimist. He's a braggart. He's the eldest, which he reminds them of constantly, even though he's only the eldest by a minute. You know, he's the first one out of their triplets. Um, but he is very disconcerting. People have they've fought against him, and people just say he sort of hums and sings to himself, not, not singing a battle song, just singing to himself as he's out just killing. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's who Otto is. He's like just the, I am the biggest and the best, and I'm the oldest brother, and I'm out here, and I love what I'm doing. Yeah, he shows a real pride in what he does. Yeah. But then you get Ethrak, who is dour. He's paranoid. He's mean-spirited. He's cunning and tricksy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually sort of waxes and wanes like Nurgle. Sometimes he goes from dour and cranky to paranoid and sort of terrified of what's around him, worried about what's going to happen around him, what everyone's plotting. Um, that's a, it's, it's, he's, he's, a, he's a very different than his brother, mm-hmm. you know? And then, of course, you got Girk, who was the tiniest and the most handsome, and now he's this giant monster who can't really speak or do anything. Yeah, he's very dulled, but his gift was the size, the mutations. Right. And the two older brothers ride on his shoulders like a howdah amongst the crown of horns that emerges from his back. Right. So. Uh, remember in the old book, he would eat people. Mm-hmm. And then um, sometimes he would just like absorb, like, I don't know if he, they didn't get sucked into his arm with the, all that stuff. But sometimes he would just eat people and then poop them out as chaos spawn. Yeah, he had uh, that description, but I think they dropped that because, you know, that I can understand why that would offend some people. Um, <laughs> but but now, I love that, that he used to do that. I mean, there's just craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they talk about how, like, with the cyc- cyclical nature of Nurgle, like, these guys have ridden high and then have gone low and at the end of the Rumgate Wars, when we were talking about like how Illyrial had shoved them off the waterfall, um, and we assumed that they had died, Nurgle had actually caught them, and he cast them into a prison, the nature of which even the garrulous Otto will not speak. So he punished them for, for their lack of success, and now they have to, they've returned to spread as many diseases as they possibly can in order to atone for their failure. Yeah. There's other stuff in this, too, that I thought was really cool. I'm reading... uh, One of the things I liked when I read about it was how um, Otto and Ethrek argue a lot. And Mm -hmm. even Girk gets tired of listening to this stuff, you know, or gets tired of them bossing him around. So even Girk sometimes will fight with them. But they never... But, like, they're completely inseparable. 
Like they they fight like brothers, you know, not like enemies. But it talks about how they have won many crucial victories in the play God's name, from the great uncleansing and the fall of Ethelwild to the defeat of Neferata, the Mortark of Blood during the Shambling Wars. What is that? I love when they throw these little bits of lore in there, like just offhand comments, like everybody knows what that is. Mm-hmm. So these guys went and kicked Neferata's butt during the Shambling Wars. I'm like, what is that? I hope we hear more about that later. Yeah. So good. So cool. The Glotkin are pretty awesome. And they are, of all of these Rotbringer guys and the different lords, the, the, the Glotkin are like number one. Yeah, they're the top rank. Yep. And then underneath them, you get the Maggot, the Maggot Lords. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, should we? Uh, do you want to talk about them, or you want to? No, we took a break. Uh, we took a break about a half hour ago. I guess we could keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. Um, now these, the three of them, Orgots, Morbidex, and Bloab, um, they carried over into. Age of Sigmar from the old world. So these are some of the greatest champions, and they're the only ones that get to ride the Pox Maggots. Yeah. Um, and each one of them is different in their own way. Um, Orgots is half mortal, half demon. He's not wholly in one realm, and he's not wholly in the other. And so he, he kind of rides unhappy. that with bitterness. Yeah. So He hates that he can't go to Nurgle's Garden. That's where he wants to go. Like He just wants to be there, and he is bitter. He's angry. Um, he believes that it's his destiny to be a full demon. He said somehow there was a a, a a pairing of a great unclean one and a mortal witch is the rumor. And it's like, you figure out how that happened. Nobody knows. But somehow it happened. And you wind up with this guy instead. Um, there was one time when he was in Nurgle's realm and he managed to get in there. But he couldn't actually interact with anything. He couldn't smell the disease. He couldn't taste the tang in the air. He couldn't uh, smell. He couldn't uh, touch anything except for the rot axes. Mm-hmm. He went and saw these these axes, and he was actually able to pick them up and grab them, um, and which is one of the reasons he believes he's destined to be there because Nurgle gave him this gift. And he's destined at some day to be able to be completely in there. So, and that's all he wants. He's destroying everything he can. Every rampage, every killing, every disease he spread is so that Nurgle will eventually grant him full demonhood. Mm-hmm. That's it, he's got a goal. He's a man with a yeah. plan. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, so, Morbid X. This one I have the hardest time getting into. Oh, I like this one. Oh, I can't do this one. He's just, I don't know. He's, like... I, he's my favorite of the three models, too. Really? Yeah, he's kind of oh, goofy man. and funny looking. Yeah, it's because he's Nurglings. Um, so, he was not... He was a chosen champion of the Nurglings, and... He was initially, like when he was a human, um, he was born amidst a firestorm as his village burned at the hands of raiders, and he survived, but badly scarred, and he 
He hates Zinch because he believes it was yes. the flames of Zinch that were the flames that were used to burn his village. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's deformed. So he has actually been searching for Nurgle, wanting to pledge himself to Nurgle, knowing that Nurgle is Zinch's arch rival because if, if I join you, I can go after Zinch stuff. Mm-hmm. So he then gets led to a vast cliff that led to the realm of chaos. He was engulfed by an avalanche of Nurglings, and they started asking him riddles. But, and that's how he survived, as they suffocated him. Yeah, everyone he got right, they moved him up towards getting out of this avalanche of nurglings and towards salvation. But everyone he got wrong, they would bite him and claw at him, and those bits would get infected and would deform to look like a, like a nurgling. So that's why parts mm-hmm. of him look like nurglings. That's when he got the questions wrong. Yeah. Uh, but he got enough right that he got out. And he has become the champion of the Nurglings. They have taken him as their personal champion. And he now loves them. And he rides around with them. And he has fun with them. And he's always laughing and chortling on the top of his little his little saddle that he rides his his uh, maggot uh, thing. So yep. I thought that was clever. But I, and I see why you, I get why you don't like it. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I have the hardest time getting into him. Um, especially when you have a character like Bloab. Go for who, it. Yeah, no. He was a is a sorcerer known as Ratspond because he was very sadistic and he took compulsive delight in tormenting small animals and insects. Pulling the wings so, off of flies yeah. is not the way you go when Nurgle's your boss. Mm-hmm. So, resolving to teach him a lesson, the plague god sent in a swarm of demon flies, which poured into his mouth, packing out his body and laying thousands of eggs in his guts before emerging. Uh, And he woke up to that agony as he was slowly eaten out from the inside by masses of maggots. And he eventually just becomes like this flesh sack filled with bugs. It's like the Oogie Boogie Man. Yep. Um, he, but is not the, he is that the he is the he is the swarm of flies, and they are him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, Tornus vanquished him. But it says here there's rumors of his return. But like six pages earlier, in the in the space timeline, we know them rumors. It's like, hello, true. yeah. Um, Talking about the lords of the rough ringers, the lords of Nurgle. Yes, yes. This one's interesting. I I, uh, I was not uh, expecting some of the cool little bits of uh, information that you got on these mm-hmm. guys. Um, now, first of all, you have the Lord of there's well they 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 have just like they did with the heralds. You got three lords now. The old <laughs> Nurgle Lord model with the giant belly and the tiny head is the Lord of Plagues. Yep. And then you've also got blights and afflictions. And they've all got their own little, uh, they all have their own little uh, taste and flavor. Although, it does just sort of follow the same theme. Um, you know, we spread disease. Well, yeah. So, But they all do different things. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, like, reading the three of them, they function very differently. And I didn't particularly care for the Lord of the Plague's description. Um, I guess we can kind of start with him. 
because we've had this model for a while. He's not anything new. Um, he's kind of the he, most basic. He is, and that's why I think I didn't like him as much because he's the. These are the aggressive ones. They're not very subtle. Yeah, um, belligerent, direct. They just go go after the the enemy uh, heroes and lords and try to just take them down. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also like the toughest of the lord of the Rotbringer lords. Like they can take the most damage because that's the, that's the one interesting thing. Part of their fighting style is to kind of let you stab them. Because, and then they hit you. Well, not just that, but when they take the blow, um, they're they basically. Uh, it's almost like popping pimples and stuff. Whenever you stab them, stuff bursts out on you over them. Mm-hmm. So they go in fighting hard, but um, because those champions can deliver really heavy blows, though delivering those heavy blows is actually bad for the champions and the heroes um, because he will splatter disease all over them that way. So he mm-hmm. can he can take the hit the best, and so he's that's that's how he actually delivers the disease is taking a hit. Yeah. So. No, these all, guys, yeah. yeah, they reminded me of, like, the Reapers or the Harvesters, because, like, right at the bottom, it says that they chant as they go about their duties, uh, their macabre intonations carrying over the hideous crunch and splatter of shattered bone and sundered flesh, every rent corpse he leaves in his wake, every spray of fluids and ruptured organ is another tilled field ripe for colonization by Nurgle's diseases. So these guys are essentially like the threshers, yeah. as it were, when it comes to farming. Yep, that's a t- that's a great analogy, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of Afflictions. It says here their principal duty is spreading contagions and parasites. Well, like anybody else's, isn't you know. Um, one of the things I like is these guys uh, have a heavy bell. Um. That uh, hangs down and slams into enemies because these guys ride the rot flies. Mm-hmm. This is the new character that came in the yeah Pascoil kit, right? So um, you know they're out there. They can spread the contagions in the places that other guys can't get because they can fly in. They have mm-hmm. the the dolorous toxin, which I don't understand. What I, I mean, toxin sounds like toxin, which is fine. Uh, it's just got an odd spelling. I don't know if that meant bell, but it's basically a heavy bell. That they they ride in low and the bell hits people, and it's actually the sound of it clanging into other uh, their enemies makes that bell ring, and it's supposed to be a terrifying sound. Um, the thing I thought was interesting about this was the incubatch. Yeah, and when we now we did this in a weird order, we did the war scrolls and then we did the background section. So when we talk about the incubatch later, it was like, what is that thing? But it's actually the corpse. That they carry, which is a hotbed of Nurgle's most virulent diseases. So he carries a body around that's just a host. bloated, rotting corpse full of diseases, mm-hmm. and then he just throws it into the deep into the enemy lines. Well, yeah. you know, if it's a rotting corpse, as soon as it hits the ground, it's going to splatter on everything. Of course, it is. Uh, so gross and so awesome. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, we totally. I was as I was reading some of this, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like. Man, there were parts when we were doing because we did like folks. We had to do this out of order because we had this is our fourth recording session for this book. Yes, and um, Alex, uh, we we had to do the scrolls first. Um, so some of that we're like, "What is that?" And then you read later, and it's like, oh, so if we sound dumb later about something we talked about now, that's the magic of 
bad timing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the Blights, the Lord of Blights, this guy I like. Yes. Uh, he's the guy on the cover. He's got the giant warhammer. He's got the fly-shaped shield, which is cool. He is brutal, but it's not just about murder. Um, one of the cool things I liked in this one is it talks about how uh, if you can stand blow for blow with him for more than one or two hits, if you can stand up to three, four, five hits, he sort of marks you mentally for later. So when the battle's over, he uses you. Um, well, what does it say? Uh, can I? Uh, I'm going to read this part just because it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, he using the meat mulch created by the butchery of battle and husbanding the plagues that seed through the remains of the Rotbringer's foes. He plants corpse orchards, so he gets these gallows trees sprout out of the ground. Okay, he hangs the most worthy uh, opponents. He hangs them by the neck from the gallows tree, uh, and then he starts filling the heads. He's, you know, he injects the skull with pus from great unclean ones, and then seals it with a mixture of blood and wax. And then the disease brews until a new death's head ripens. So those death's, head, death's heads that they're that they're throwing from the you know the the rot flies and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is how they make them, and you know, okay, you know the disease is ready and ripe when it's run its course through the head because the neck will start to uh, weaken and dissolve, and when the body sort of stretches and falls off, uh, then they go around because the head will fall off too at that point. But basically, when it when it tears the head tears away from the body and it all falls on the ground. They go around and just pick them up off the ground like apples, mm-hmm. and then uh, then he gives them out so that they can throw them. And these they're like they're like little grenades, little disease grenades inside worthy enemies' skulls. Mm-hmm. That's that's so. Oh, somebody working for Games Workshop is got a sick mind. Yeah, now, when we did the Play Garden review, they're flying over, like, the places in the realm of Nurgle where they grow these. I thought they grew, like, so many cabbages as opposed yeah. to, like, a fruit. But I can see this, too. I'm just picturing them hanging them from the trees by their necks, and then they fill up the head, cover it with wax, and you know they're ripe. When the body falls off from underneath it and the head bop just drops down on the ground and you just go pick up the heads. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's so nasty. It is. And I find it funny that, you know, since we get through the three of them, one is the reaper, the other is the sower of seeds, and the other is the one that actually husbands and grows the crops. Yep. Yeah, I, so, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, the plague guy makes them. Um, or no, yeah, no, sorry. The blight makes these guys. Um, how does it? How does that? Oh yeah, and then well, the the plague, the Lord of the Plagues goes around. And he butchers everything through the process. The Lord of Afflictions is the one that's sowing the seeds and spreading the disease from right. on high, like you would do with a crop. And then the 
Lord of Blights is the one that actually grows the trees and harvests the crop. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I haven't thought of it that way. And they've often talked about, like, through this process, there's a lot of mentions to agriculture, like with Rodigus and, like, the growing and the cycle, which is very similar to farming. And I think the Glatkin were actually farmers prior to... I think they were. reincarnation. So the whole thing just carries with it that cycle of agriculture, reaping, sowing, and... That's, yeah, growing Nurgle's garden. If you've ever wanted farmers in Age of Sigmar, these guys might be your guys. I'm not <laughs> saying. Well, hey, I've heard a lot of people complaining. There's not enough. Uh, well, they were actually complaining they, they needed more of the guys from the Empire. But these are your new farmers. Love mm-hmm. it. Live it. Enjoy it. All right, let's jump over to Harbingers of Decay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, here's another little bit here that is just, it's easier just to read it. Um, 34, column one, paragraph one. Yep. When the evil omen known as Nurgle's moon hangs trilobed and lambent in the sky, the oppressed tribes of the mortal realms know an offering must be made to the plague god. A babe aged seven months and seven days must be taken from its mother and given to the arms of old grandfather Nurgle. The child is taken to the tribe shrine and abandoned there. In the morning, it's gone. The only clues to its vanishing, a trail of sulfurous hoofprints leading away into the wilds. Now, uh, I just want to, before we jump into this, that moon, Nurgle must be able to control exactly when that moon shines in the sky. Otherwise, you better be having a baby every day in your village Mm -hmm. because they've got to be seven years and seven days. Like, it shows up, and you're, like, seven years and five days. You're like, oh, please stick around for two days because we ain't got a baby yet. Like, there's either a baby every day, which means this is a large population, or that moon comes out at a very specific time. So I like, think it has to be a very specific time. I can't imagine that every 30 days or something there's another Nurgle's moon. Right, but what I'm saying, I'm just saying, what are the odds that there's a baby in this little village that's exactly that many days? So... I think if you're having a baby, you're waiting around on that seventh, seventh, seventh year, seventh day of, or seven month, seventh day that that baby's life going. I hope I don't see the moon. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Th- you see what I mean? You see what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, I, I, I would think I'm thinking that the, the that Nurgle sets that thing going, so it lets like he has chosen your baby. Because otherwise, what are the odds that there's a baby that exact number of days old when it shows up? Now, um, I'm reading the rest of this. Some people think that the Harbingers of Decay come and take them away for something else. Some people think that they actually become the Harbingers of Decay. Um, I don't know which. Uh, I don't know. Don't really care. I just think it's cool. Now, this is the old, um, what, Nurgle Sorcerer on a, on a demon mount? Yeah, or? it's the old Nurgle Lord on the demonic um, mount. Yeah. Um, and it's that pale nag, so it's, you know, on a pale horse. Right. That was the. It's got all the rotten cloth hanging off of the that nasty horse. It comes with that little the little road sign goes on the... Yep. Yeah, okay, I remember it. Um, yeah. 
And this, I mean, this is another one we've had before, and it's pretty basic. You know, it's 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 got a funny voice. It doesn't talk much, um, but they're they're tough and they're scary, and they will send lots of disease down upon you. Yeah, the description here, I really couldn't get into too much. Yeah, because it didn't answer any questions. It just raised a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You just know that they, yeah, they, you know, it's it's a Nurgle sorcerer on a horse. It's a very diseased horse. He's creepy. There's nothing special per se in the description here. That's kind of where it starts to drop off a bit. This reminds me of like the Never Plague when we did the Pestilence review. Yeah, yeah. We know they do something. We don't know what it does. Like yeah. in game, we know what he does, which is amazing. But <laughs> it's not like I don't know. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's just basic. He's a Nurgle sorcerer. He's a he's a he's a mortal. Well, he's not a sorcerer. Well, don't they have magical abilities? No. Oh, they don't. Oh, so he's not. No. I thought they did. Yeah. No. Oh, he Silly reads the rabbit. subtle omens and the uh, do, 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 do. a brave soul ignores the counsel of the harbinger. Yeah, he's an advisor. Oh, okay. So he know. Oh, he sees and knows a lot. He can read the omens and the portents. See, it was so boring. I forgot what it was, and my notes are very thin on this because there was nothing that grabbed my attention. Yeah, he rides a white horse and he knows things. <laughs> and he drinks sometimes. I'm uh, sure he does. Sorcerers of Nurgle. Uh, another one that's a little bit boring. I mean, I guess because we've seen these so many times, and this is that little fat mortal Nurgle chaos. Uh, Warriors of Chaos Nurgle Sorcerer guy Yeah he's got the ooey gooey staff And the weird pointy Lopsided hat Yep, Uh, They trade their souls for power A few of them lead cysts preferring to Lend their power to other lords while pursuing Their own ends That's about it Uh, Is there anything else to add to it? I I, I literally think I just covered it Pretty much it's Pretty basic and Mm-hmm. I don't know. The um, next two are yeah. some of the big ones. Take them. Gut rot spume. Um, I liked his backstory. I didn't know it. Although in here it seems to imply that he wasn't a part of the world that was. Wasn't he part of the old Warhammer world? Didn't he come out during that time? Yeah, he came out uh, during the uh, Glotkin right. uh, End Times book, which is book number two in the series. And... Now they're he either a, they're either retconning him or we just don't know his real history because it's possible. I mean, a lot of things that we knew are now all rumors because it's so far along. Like I said, people, it's rumored the Glotkin were from <clears> the world that was, but nobody really knows. And here it seems like it seems like this description makes it seem like he was never in the world that was. It makes it seem like. Uh, yeah, he was a tribal chieftain off the Ocean of Blades. When the Age of Chaos began, he led a hunting. So, like, he got hurt in the Age of Chaos. Yeah. Which, which would... So this is a reinvent of the character because his story is very similar. It was, again, hunting down a rock crack in which he then turned into his flagship, um, which is the same story you have here. It's a little but different, yeah, but it's still... It's a still... little different. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much the same thing, where he's imbued with the power of the rock kraken, and his entire left side is now a waving mass of tentacles. Yeah. I thought it was a little weird. He's out hunting kraken, and uh, the kraken brings 
smashes a ship and it's sinking it, and he's still fighting it as he's dying. And Nurgle's like, "Ooh, there's potential here." And I'm thinking, yeah. what what exactly brought the potential? Like, I just it seemed like an odd. I think for it was very non-Nurgle. Yeah, it's the refusal to die, the refusal to submit, mm-hmm. and. Gutrot is one of those characters that is always trying to prove himself. Yeah. So definitely. it's the aspiration. So yeah, he comes back with a Kraken face on the side of his body and, uh, and tentacles. And uh, Nurgle actually raises his ship and makes all of his crew who stayed with him during the fight putrid blight kings. And uh, and then the Kraken that he was fighting is now underneath his ship. Like, so it... The Kraken actually powers the boat underwater, apparently, for somewhat, and then will actually carry it across land. Mm-hmm. Which is not exactly how I remember his ship being in the the Plague Garden book, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just he might have gotten shunned down into the garden, but his flagship was cruising somewhere else. Ah, okay. Because he failed to protect the dirge. Oh, horn, that's right. Was. His ship is out here in the mortal realms, isn't it? It is, and so he was. He was riding some crummy second-hand jobber. Mm-hmm. Ah, got you, got you, got you. Okay, um, but that's it for spume. Uh, and then we get Festus. I love Festus. I do too. So why don't you take hey. this one? Oh sure. So he is an apothecary, or was, and he was a doctor who was trying to cure all the diseases that he could, and got perplexed. So he gave him to Nurgle in the depths of his despair, and he went crazy. Well, didn't Nurgle? Nurgle was offended by the fact that he was curing so many diseases. So then mm-hmm. he uh, tormented him with ever more heinous varieties of incurable diseases. So Nurgle did, yeah, you're curing too many things. Now I'm going to mess with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the second part. Yes. Go go ahead. Grab it. Take it. So he's been wandering around the realms of chaos, uh, or the realms, the mortal realms, and people think he's a demon or a rat bringer or whatever. But he always like heralds the outbreaks of plagues. But he comes out to experiment to imitate Grandfather Nurgle. So he brews all of these new sicknesses and illnesses, a lot of which he does on his backpack. Mm-hmm. which is actually more of a distillery for all the various potions and um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, like decanters and right. everything like that. They all get sourced through his backpack with the aid of his devoted Nurgling assistants, Mucus and Pucus. <laughs> and the entire time he's doing it, he's just singing in operatic duets with his favorite leeches as he works. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. He just he's just like Nurgle. He just going around making new diseases and testing them out. Uh it's it's great. It is so yeah. good. And this model is exceptionally fun to paint. I did one back in the world that was and absolutely stupendous model. That it is. And we are down to the last entry. And uh, this one actually uh, had some surprising info, some cool info that I really did enjoy. Mm, you want to take this one? Sure. Putrid Blight Kings. Um, they are his hardiest mortal servants. In fact, of all the Chaos Lords mortal servants, it says that the Putrid Blight Kings are the hardiest. 
Uh, they don't know anything about pain. Um, they're big. They're huge. They're tough. They are not just warriors and soldiers. Nurgle picks them from scholars, surgeons, poets, apothecaries, everything. Um, because they come from a lot of these backgrounds, they are very jovial. They are very convivial while uh, while ba- while you know doing that, and they are very strong in battle. Um, they will also, much like the Lord of Plague, spit and squirt secretions on their enemies to uh, spread the disease. Um, and we all know about them. We've seen them before. They're, the Blight Kings are not anything. What is interesting is when they do this, some of them choose to do the Feast of Maggots. And this is where they swear a sevenfold oath to Nurgle. And then the cyst sorcerer drops a slather maggot into one of their open wounds. And this thing starts eating them from the inside. And what happens is when it eats and gets big enough, it splits into two. And then those two will start to eat. And so these guys have to go out and find followers of Zinch and Corn and find their worshipers and infect them with the slather maggot curse. So they basically have to take the maggots. I'm assuming that they take the maggots that are chewing them up and take one out and put it in another person. Is that passing on the curse? Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, They have to. And now the whole time and the, the, the slower they do this, the more that the maggots are multiplying inside them. So they have to get on the ball and find these worshipers and do this. Because meanwhile, the two become four, become eight, become 16. Um, by the time they finish, they're usually pretty much already half devoured. They have to infect 77 foes with this curse. And if they do that, they stop eating them and they turn into stronger muscle and fat, bulking, him, bulking out the Blight King. So they going from eating him to converting into his newer, better stronger muscle and fat layers if they do this. Now, when that is done, then suddenly a rot fly comes swinging in and Nurgle gives it to them as a reward for their devotion and they become the Puscoil Blight Lords. Now, mm-hmm. I, that's pretty cool. So the Blight Kings can become Blight Lords by taking this and if they don't get the 77 done, they get eaten, they die. So if they're willing to spread out the contagion and the disease in this very specific way, they can become blight lords. Now the fly comes in, and what I did you read about? Uh, I mean, I know you read it. Um, the thing where they sort of uh, make an oath to the to the rot fly. Yeah, this reminded me a little bit of like the Dracothian guard. Yeah, I I don't think it's do a trust fall type situation, <laughs> but it's definitely forming a relationship with this massive sentient, bitter, twisted Well, and it, But it insight. is also very different, because first of all, it says after they make that pledge to that they'll give their life for it, to protect it, they also, it says they almost never leave the saddle. Mm-hmm. They're almost always in it, and... The reason for this is very also very different than what the what the Stormcast are doing. This pledge and this oath and this staying with it and this bond helps to cement it into the mortal realms, so mm-hmm. that it does it. So that it's not the 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 pull to go back into Nurgle's garden isn't as strong. So there's less chance that it'll get if something happens, um, if they close the gates or things like that, that it won't uh, be, disappear. Yeah, exactly. 
So they it's a way to bond it into the mortal realms and keep it here and keep it stronger and keep it better. Um, it's a cool concept and it's a neat uh, it's a neat idea. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And of course, some of these guys will tie the dolorous toxins under the rot flies and those those. Oh no, they carry those. They get yeah. synonymous toxins. So that's the big bells. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that they carry on their shoulder. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So they've got that going too. So, um, I like. I just. I like how that story runs out. You know, you get the. How does a blight king become uh, uh, or uh, Puscoil blight lord? And it's by risking your own life to spread the disease for Nurgle. You're showing your devotion, mm-hmm. then you get the. You get the goods. Yeah, which is a very big angry bug. Yep. And these guys are like th- this reminds me of the injection principle of like being infected that way because of how they move. They're the fast strike. They're the first ones that start to deliver the infection. So this is the first wound, right. as it were. So good. <laughs> Such good. I mean this is just great stuff. Um, and that is that's that's basically all the lore uh, the story of what Nurgle's trying to do, how he does it, and how his how his uh, underlings spread the corruption. So I think we need to take a break. Yeah, and then when we come back, everyone gets to hear the um, the all the scrolls, and it's going to take forever. So deal it with it. It does take a very long time, folks. <laughs> so bear with us, please. Hopefully, you're enjoying it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. We'll be back, I guess. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. Um, we'll be coming back from break, so mm-hmm. I guess we just bring us. I'll, I'll bring us back, and then we'll start talking about all this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. All right. And we are back, and uh, it's time to dig into the meat, the 
the the the succulent, feculent, infested, infected, green and pustulant meat of this book. How'd you like mm-hmm. that? Was that pretty good? Was that that was pretty good? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the rules. A quick overview. What I love about this book, besides the fact that we've already talked about that it's Nurgle and it's my favorite of the demons and it's got some really cool stuff going on, is this plays like the lore now. Yeah, very, very well. Um, and as we, especially as we talk about the allegiance abilities, you'll start to see what Nurgle is really all about. They're giving a new identity to Nurgle. Yeah. Um, besides what it was in the last edition where it was just plague and that was it. There was nothing further than plague. Well, but, and Nurgle's always been—it's uh, hard to kill because you know it, it thrives on that sort of disgust. And I mean, but you know, you read in these stories that you know Nurgle—you know—it it hits you and you die. If you don't die right then, you're going to die later anyway because mm-hmm. of the of the disease and of, of the pestilence and all this stuff that runs through pestilence, not pestilins. Um, but now it's not just that. I'm 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 reading these rules and I'm watching this book and I'm like, this is like what Nurgle was doing in the realm of life and what Nurgle is now trying to do everywhere and not just focus on the realm of life. He's building his garden. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the feculent gnarl mo- model. I'm talking that it's literally it, it, he's corrupting the land and having his new favored forms of life growing from the death he you know he, he wreaks on 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 people um i mean this is the whole so if you're gonna if you're winning a good game of this um at least from what i've read and what i've looked at so far in the way i've thought of this you are almost definitely building nurgle's garden and that's yeah. so cool mm-hmm I'm just super stoked and excited about how this plays out as I'm reading it. Like, and I, there might be things I'm missing, and I'm certain there are because I, I haven't, you know, I haven't really gotten to play with it. But just going through and looking at all the different stuff, I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah. The one thing that took me back a little bit, and I know I'm taking the lead here on this right now, but that's because I know you know exactly what you're talking about. I'm talking about it as first impressions here. Um, there are. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. There are eighteen leader uh, entries in the, uh, you know, in, in, when you go to the back to the pitch battle profile, and then mm-hmm. there are six like line units. So it's got three times the number of characters, um, and eight of those eighteen are named characters. Then you got ten other characters, and then you've got. Basically, if you're if you're not talking, you know, heroes, you've got plague bearers, beasts, nerglings, drones, and then the blight kings, and then the Puscoil blight lords, and and that's it's it's it, they have a limited number of actual troop choices, I guess you would say. You know what I'm saying? In this book, right? Because you get access to all the slaves to darkness stuff that has the mark of Nurgle. That is true. So you get a few more units there. Actually, you get quite a few more units there. Oh, that is um, true because that was, that would still fall under that. They wouldn't need to be in a. Would they still fall under this allegiance, or would they be uh, an ally? It would be if they have the Nurgle keyword, then they would count for the allegiance. Okay. If it's got 
the Slanesh keyword, then it would be an ally. Oh, okay, I see. So corn, Bray Herds, Cast Gargans ever chosen. Slaves to Darkness excluding Oh, okay. So slaves to darkness that aren't Nurgle are allies. Slaves to darkness that are Nurgle. So if you take the old Chaos Warriors and they've all got the mark of Nurgle, then they're not allies, they're just Nurgle. They're just Nurgle. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense. I'm just making sure. I'm just clarifying and making sure I got this straight in my head because I was just going yeah. off what was in this book, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only tricksy one that gets in here is the uh, Gaunt Summoner. Okay. Because he has the Everchosen keyword. Oh. And it doesn't say excluding units marked with Zinch under Everchosen. It only says that. It yeah. Otherwise, you couldn't even take Archeon because he has the mark of Zinch. Oh, so ever chosen is the, well. That makes sense. If you work for Archeon, you count as whatever he says you count as, don't you? Pretty much. <laughs> so you have some play here, and I mean, you can even take Archeon and have him be your general in this, um, and that's actually not the worst idea. We'll get to that later. Oh yeah, let's uh, talk about that at some point because that's the stuff that I want to. That's the stuff that I want to hear about because. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at this from my first impressions going, I could just go from this book and have a really good time. Oh, you could. You absolutely could. But there's some tricksy stuff we'll look at later. So do we want to start with the Allegiance ability? Sure. You know, I'm laughing, though, now. I'm, now you've totally sidetracked me because I do have some old uh, Warriors of Chaos stuff still, like something mm-hmm. I just never sold. And so I've got some of the old Warriors and stuff, and I could just see Brandon now. Brandon's going to be like, I'll take it. I'll take it and yeah. make it Nurgle and just throw it in here as extra stuff because it, it can always work. Oh, it's mm-hmm. this is, okay. So um, your allegiance ability, your battle trait is the cycle of corruption. And this this came out with uh, with that last box set that had the... With the Blight War box. With the Blight War box. Yeah, um, where you got um, Horticulus, drones, plague bears, and Nurglings, but you also got the dial itself. right. Now, I don't know if that dial is going to be available outside of that box, but if you are going to be playing Nurgle, I would strongly encourage you to pick up the Blight War box and split the Stormcast out with somebody else. Because that dial will make it a lot easier than flipping back to this page. Exactly. Exactly. So, now, here's the interesting thing. You get this... um, it says you roll a dice at the start of the first battle round of any battle that includes any Nurgle armies before rolling mm-hmm. to see you as the first turn. So even if it's Nurgle versus Nurgle, you get one dial. Correct. Okay. So because the, the, the cycle is not different depending on what Nurgle group, you know, a couple of different groups of Nurgle. The cycle is really dependent on whether... Papa Nurgle is waxing or waning in his joviality and his power and his in his mood, whatever's going on. Correct. So that affects everybody. Um, I just I love that you start you, you, after that. Uh, you know, you roll a you roll a dice and it, you you it, you randomly start on a spot. It's not like you can pick your favorite right off the bat, although mm-hmm. that that can change later. But that. You know, when you go to battle, this is when you're going to battle. And where he happens to be is where he happens to be. You yep. know? Um, and then the, the 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 cycle moves clockwise one step at the start of each new battle round. Mm-hmm. So 
Now, there's seven spots because Nurgle's number is seven, so you can never start on one spot, which is Corrupted Growth, which is Nurgle units heal D3 wounds at the start of the hero phase. You can't at the start of their hero phase. At the start of their hero phase. That's important if you get double turned because you don't get the heal right away. You have to wait till it comes back around to your hero phase. Oh, that's true. That's right. So you can't start on that one, but there are six others that you can start on. Uh, do you want to start running through these, Alex? The, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so the first of which is unnatural vitality. So you get to add two to the move characteristic of all Nurgle units, which takes a traditionally slow army and makes it a lot faster. Right. And we'll, when we add the Gnarl Maw, it makes it even faster. And the Great Unclean one, which makes it even faster. So, but we'll get to all of those things uh, when the time comes. So, that's where you start if you roll a one. Yeah, that the the speed that these guys can get is it's surprising. Um, you just never think of Nurgle as being all that fast, and suddenly it can be. And this starts with that. Um, if if the wheel starts there and it, and it's left untouched and unplayed with. On the next turn, and this is not cumulative. This is just what happens on that turn. So yes. start of the next battle round, you get uh, a fecund vigor, which is add one to the wound rolls of all attacks by Nurgle units in the combat phase. So plus one to wound in combat for a, yep. for a full battle round. Um, yeah, which, that's really solid. Yeah, it's always good. Always good. Always happy with that. Uh, and then it rolls on the next battle round to what? To the burgeoning. So this one, you roll a dice for each unit within an inch of a terrain feature at the start of your hero phase. And on a roll of five or more, the unit suffers a mortal wound. Nurgle units heal a wound instead. So this one, and with how much terrain you should be playing with in Age of Sigmar, this encourages your opponent to stay away from it, um, as well as not using it for cover, which then brings them out into the open and makes them squishier. You combine this with the Gnarl Maw, when we get to it later, you're doing a lot of mortal wound spamming right off of the terrain features. So there's a lot going on with this one. Yeah, the amount of mortal wounds that you can deal out in this, we're going to see as we go through a lot of these rules, is crazy. But it Mm -hmm. makes sense, too. I mean, basically, oh, look, you've got infected. Oh, look, you've got this. Oh, look, this is running through you. This is playing through you. And as they as as they corrupt everything around them, as Nurgle's garden starts to grow, the terrain itself becomes dangerous. Mm-hmm. So hey, look, you're in there. Oh, you got a big, you know. Um, did did you see, you didn't see the latest the Blair Witch, uh, the last one? Did you? No. Okay. See, like I watched, I watched it. I liked the the original, and so I watched it. Uh, it didn't make. It was there was there was problems with this movie, but one of the cool things that or this reminded me of, because uh, like originally the movie didn't seem like it was going to be based around the Blair Witch. It was just like this: the forest itself was sort of had spirits and was alive, and the girls in the in the in the woods, and as they're running around, actually, like it, it seems like a, a root or a branch or something from one of the trees. Uh, like pops out of the ground and goes like through her shoe and and gets into her foot, and she's limping around and she's checking her foot and suddenly it's like there's something growing in it, 
Like you don't know if it's a bit of tree or just, but it's gr- this gross thing that's like infected her now, and she's trying to get it out, and she can't get this thing out. It's become. It was just this one scene that didn't seem to fit with the sort of necessarily with the Blair Witch theme, but it reminded me of of this so much that idea that if you're in the garden, um, the, even even the 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 the, st- the stuff that's growing in there that's not necessarily you know, alive or a demon or something that's going to attack you can still hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm totally sidetracking. Since you haven't seen it, it means nothing, I guess. Um, then we roll around the Plague of Misery. Reroll Battleshock test rolls of one for enemy units, excluding Nurgle units. So if it's Nurgle v. Nurgle, this one becomes... This one doesn't do anything. But, yeah, unless you have allies that aren't Nurgle, but... Um, no, it's actually really good. It stops... Yeah. It can potentially seriously impact like uh, free guild because on a one they don't lose any models or non Nurgle demons because on one they get models uh, back. On one they get models back. Um, the Dwarden on one yeah. and twos they they can have an auto pass. Mm-hmm. So they they won't lose any extra either. There's a lot of stuff that this could. It doesn't seem like much because you know. You got to do some wounds. They got to take a battle shock test. But if you know that one can mess you up, I, I've, I've played enough demons um, since their their books have come out to see rolling that one is annoying as heck, mm-hmm. and to stop that is just brilliant. And then we yep. move along, I suppose. So then we move to nauseous revulsion, which is reroll wound rolls of six or more for attacks made by enemy units, excluding Nurgle ones. In the combat phase. So this makes your tough army even tougher because your opponent has to re-roll most of their quality hits. Or and quality I, don't like this at, I don't like this at all because so often rolling sixes and six pluses to wound uh, will give my Stormcast all sorts of bonuses. Yeah, especially like protectors and right. a few other things. So there's a lot of things that this at least hinders. And then, again, it makes your tough army even tougher. Yep, and it chips away at those edges. You don't get your ones, you know, you don't get your ones to, for Battleshock, you don't get your sixes for attacks. It's it's just, it makes, it makes it, you become less effective fighting against them. Um, and then we get to number six, Rampant Disease. At the start of the hero phase, pick D3 different un- enemy units within 12 inches of each other, not Nurgle units. And they each take D3 mortal wounds. So you get between one and nine mortal wounds, depending on how many units you get. And they just have to be within 12 inches of each other, you know, because the yeah. disease is spreading through the different different uh, units as it runs rampant. Yeah, and none of this requires line of sight on this, so you can get all the squishy little characters in the back if they're all clustered up. Yep. So you got to be careful where you're going to be placing your guys if you're playing against Nurgle now. Yeah, uh, what was that? What did I play at, at Gen Con? I played against the guy playing the... He had the lizard men where he had the Slan and the Skink Priest and the Sun... Liz- or sun Blood? I think so. Uh, and they were all like in the back behind a wall, just mm-hmm. handing, out their, handing out their bonuses to all the units. Here, I, um, you guys all start to die. Mm-hmm. So wonderful. Yep. And that's just the Allegiance abilities. And the scary thing is, as we get later into the book, is there are, I mean, there 
almost every army has a way to manipulate this this uh, this wheel mm-hmm. to put it where you want it to be, where you need it to be for the for the turn. Yeah, and that's just the first of the allegiance abilities. There's two more. Oh yeah. Um, the second of which is just what we were talking about: the Garden of Nurgle. So. Essentially what happens is after you set up terrain, but before choosing territory or you set up your army, you can set up a Gnarl Maw for free uh, that is more than an inch from any other terrain feature. So you get to plant one tree where you want it. So this can be used in a couple of different ways. Uh, when we, we should probably talk about the Gnarl Maw now. Yeah, we might as well go to it because just putting yeah. it down there doesn't doesn't tell you much until, mm-hmm. un- until you so see So you can do... A couple of different things with this. You can either use this to block an alley um, and force people away from you or being unable to attack you on a certain side because it's a pretty big base um, for what it is. Or you can set it up for what you're going to be doing with it. And we'll go over what this does. Uh, So it's got a couple of different rules. And it's just the tree. It's not like a Sylvaneth Wildwood where it's multiple stands that take up a good chunk of the board. Right, it's just, it, yeah, it's just one tree. It's a big. Tree. It's bigger than the trees on the, um, you know, the Citadel Woods. Mm-hmm. Piece. It's not as big as that Citadel Woods. You know, the 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 forest floor plate, but it is bigger than one of the trees. Right. So, and you're going to need a couple of these if you're looking to play Nurgle. At so, least, yeah, I mean, they yeah. sell them in those three packs, and I was looking at it going, why would you need? Th- oh, yeah, you need like. You need like five or six of these things, probably, depending yeah. on how you play. Mm-hmm. So you get to set up this tree, and it's got the following rules. Entropic chimes. So in their charge phase, Nurgle units within seven of a Gnarl Maw can attempt to charge even if they ran in the f- previous turn, or in the same turn, I should say. So if you get the plus two movement, so now your basic Blake Kings are moving six, plus run, plus charge. So you can suddenly reach out and cross the table very quickly. So you have to kind of put this tree, if you're going to try to take advantage of it, turn one within about eight inches of one of your units. If you're going to try to run and charge the first turn. Right. So, but it's a good place or good thing to have. And then the second ability is sickness blossoms. So at the start of the hero phase, Roll a dice for each unit within three of a Gnarl Maw. And on a four plus, the unit suffers a mortal wound. If you're Nurgle, you're unaffected. And it doesn't say at the start of the Nurgle player's hero phase. It's just the start of the hero phase. So you're doing this every hero phase. Yeah. And suddenly, since you get to place this wherever you want, and you're going to be placing more throughout the game if you're if you're playing it the way I foresee people playing it, Um. I'm dropping these next two uh, objective markers as close as yep. I can get them. And then my opponent's got to stand next to the objective marker or near the objective marker and next to one of these things and just take wounds. Especially, what's the one where you can only take the objectives with heroes and, and monsters? Duality of death and uh, three places of power. Yeah, that's the one I, yeah, three places of power is the one I, I think I was thinking of, actually. Um yeah, so now you got to move your five or six wound model next to this and take the objective. Now, granted, you can move away from it, and you're still holding it as long as no one else takes it, but they'll take it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's, it's, it's oh, these things are just so good. So they allow you to speed up around them, and and they will harm anybody else who gets near them. And then we get to the craziest one. As I was looking at this, I was re- I remember talking to you like you know, go look at everybody else's scrolls too. I'm like, wait a minute. So you got summon demons of Nurgle. Um, areas overrun by Nurgle and his minions become weak points in reality and make it easier for Nurgle to come through. So you basically start to collect contagion points, and this is how you summon demons now. Um, Spoiler, none of the wizards in this book can summon. There's no summon spells for any of them. Um, this is the new way of summoning for Nurgle, which basically they kind of grow. They grow out of the the garden, which makes complete sense. Um, you can summon them to the battlefield if you collect contagion points. Now, at the start of your hero phases, you get three contagion points if you have any friendly Nurgle models in your own territory. You get another three if there's any friendly Nurgle models in your opponent's territory. So once you're sort of over the mid-ground, you know, area or that doesn't count for no man's land does it it's the tar- the their actual territory yeah so depending on the map if you're playing like duality of death your territory is substantially smaller than what normal territories are right but so you you know you so you got 3 just for starting when you start you can get 3 if you can get guys into their territory um if there's no enemy models in the territory as friendly Nurgle models, you get an extra point. So, like, at the start of the game, as long as he doesn't have any weird scouting ability or ability to drop guys down into your starting territory, you're going to get four points because you'll get three plus the one mm-hmm. um, just for starting the game. And then if you can get guys over there into his territory quickly, there's another three. In addition, you get D3 contagion points for each feculent Maw that has no enemy models within three inches. So they can stop you from getting uh, contagion points if they're willing to go stand next to it and, you know, risk taking um, taking mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. So now the funny thing with this one is that you summon at the end of your movement phase. Yep. That's when summoning happens. Uh, if you have seven or more contagion points at the end of your movement phase, you can summon one or more units from the list and add them to your army. Um it costs the list the contagion points. Of course, they're all multiples of seven, and you can only summon a unit if you have enough contagion points remaining to pay its cost. Now, in match play, you also have to be able to pay its the price for it. Still, right? I'm yeah, assuming. you still have to pay points out of your reinforcement pool. Mm-hmm. So, for a lot of this, putting the amount of points to a great unclean one in your summoning pool, uh, or twenty plague bearers. That may not be the best route, but some of these 14s and 7s, where it's only like 120, 140 points, uh, is actually probably some good options to go. Or you can just go with the Feculent Narlmaw, which is free. Yeah, and but it's listed under the under the list. It has a points cost of zero. So be, yeah. because it actually has a point cost, it's match play approved, and you can summon it. They didn't miss that. Um, now, where do you summon? It has to be within 12 inches of a feculent Narlmaw or a friendly Nurgle hero, more than 9 inches from enemy models. If it's a Narlmaw, it also must be more than 1 inch from any terrain features. Um, so 
The seven-pointers is the feculent Naromaw, so that's the cheapest thing. You could literally get that on the first turn. If you roll, <laughs> if you start off with your three points plus your one is four, and if you get that first Naromaw and you hit that three on a D3, um, boom, there you go. You've got seven to bring on another one. Uh, Nurgling bases and five plague bearers all are the, the your seven your seven pointers. Uh, Fourteen pointers allow for three Nurgling bases, ten plague bearers, a beast of Nurgle, or any of the the, the three heralds: the Poxbringer, which was the old herald, or the Sloppity Bile Piper, or the Spoil Pox Scrivener. All of those are fourteen points. Um, for twenty-one points, you can get twenty plague bearers, three plague drones, or Slimex. And for 28 points, you can call in a, a great unclean one. So that's all that you can summon for this. But it's like they're growing, and they have to grow, pop up around these trees because they're mm-hmm. just growing out of it's, – it's, this is cool. I like this. This is, this is a very interesting and different way. Plus, you can summon as much as you want. Yeah. And the important thing is you cannot be unbound. Right. If once I get the contagion points, I can I can just do it, and it's not like like you said, you can't be unbound. It can't be. Oh, I tried to cast a spell and I failed, or I tried to cast a spell and I summoned up one unit, but I'd like to summon two units, you know, or I'd like to summon that bigger unit. Uh, I do like how they go. You get five for seven, you get ten for fourteen, and then you get twenty plague bears for the twenty-one. So if you want to call in a big unit, you can uh, you can do so if you if you save up the points enough. But if you get enough narrow maws down, suddenly you're getting you can get a whole lot of points rather quickly at the end of the game. You can start calling in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if that's the best plan. Waiting till the end of the game to call in something big because those 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 reserve points are just sitting there waiting to be used and waiting and waiting and waiting to be used. Yeah, I would primarily be using this for narrow maws. That's what to- I was thinking too. Block terrain, do mortal wounds, get you guys moving faster. Um, the only thing you have to be careful is Night Heraldors. Because normals are terrain features. Oh, yeah. So they can toot toot right off that. So just be careful. Oh, yeah. If you pull it up right next to yourself, they can... They can... I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about all these nurgly gross trees just growing out of the ground all over the terrain feature as as Nurgle is corrupting the land. It just oh, it plays so cool. Yeah, uh, it plays to what it should be. Yeah. I mean, in my head, as I'm picturing it, I'm like, wow, this is so neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so should we move to the command traits then? Because that was all of the – that's all three of the uh, command abilities. Yeah, the battle traits. Yeah, are so- the battle traits, sorry. Um, going into command traits, how they did the Zinch book and the Blades of Corn book, um, they've continued that into this. So the first three, depending on your keyword, whether it's Rotbringer, Demon, or Mortal of Nurgle, you get six different options. The first three are the same for everybody. Right. Uh, so the first one in general is Grandfather's Blessing, which is once per battle at the start of the hero phase, you can move the cycle of corruption one stage forward or backward if your general has not been slain. Which can lead to a lot of crazy little shenanigans like doing at the start of the hero phase stuff, like the regrowth thing, and then you click that forward to give you plus two to your move. 
right, right away. So you get essentially two benefits. So there's a couple of ones where you can set up the timing. Yeah, or uh, if you're if you're really hurting, if you've already like let's say you started the game at six or at five and you've taken a lot of beating, someone shot you up, beating you down. Um, you once you hit the if you're at seven, and you've done the healing. You could literally, when it moves forward to one, you can just move it back and do seven over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still the same concept, but it's just doubling down on that two two turns in a row, um, or jumping it forward if you just really need. Some. I mean, there's it's only once per game, but that that extra tick can do something. And I like this whole talk about the how you could. You want to talk about how you can play with this with the wheel doing this, or do you want to talk about that when we get up to the spells? We'll do that when we hit the spells. Okay. So what do we got next? Uh, Living Plague. And once again, all three of them have this. Uh, at the start of your... Uh, at the start of the hero phase, roll a die for every enemy unit within one inch of your general on a four-up. They take a mortal wound, and you get a contagion point. Now the more the, the single mortal wound thing isn't necessarily all that great, but the contagion point can be, especially if your general is because it, it this works for all of them. If your general's got a pretty big base, and like got, a great unclean one, uh huh, and you've got multiple units around it, you can. Uh, here's a mortal wound for you. Here's a mortal wound for you. There's a mortal wound for you, and now I've got two or three contagion points just racked up. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest, in my opinion. Um, no, because it, it, you got to get into that whole situation. It may not be the one I'd pick, but I can see people deciding, "Oh, I'll try it." Like it's not awful. Yeah, especially if your goal is contagion points. Um, yeah, this would be a good one. Uh, then the last one of the basic three is hulking physique. So you get to add one to the to wound rolls for your general in the combat phase, and this will make most of your guys wound on twos. Because a lot of your stuff is going to be wounding on threes to begin with. So now you're wounding on twos, which is a good thing. Because these guys, a lot of them don't have a ton of attacks. So you just have to make every one of them count. Yeah. And wounding on, yeah, like you said, twos. Uh, some of them would then be wounding on threes. But as I'm rolling through this, most of these things are wounding. Wow, most of these things already wound on threes, don't they? Yeah. That's just dumb. Yeah, this is gross. I'm looking at this. I'm flipping through this after you mentioned that. I'm like, yeah, everybody wounds on threes. Wound on yeah, threes for the most part. I, I think except the Scrivener, everybody wounds on threes for the most part. Play characters. Bearers, yeah, yeah. And even the – but I mean the – oh, that's right because it, it would just go to the character. Yeah, I think everybody wounds on threes for these characters. Oh, gross. Especially with your ability to add in mortal wounds and add all extra stuff. That plus one to wound is actually not bad. No, it's not. Um, now, that's the same for everybody. So why don't we start with the if you're playing rot bringers. Mm-hmm. And I'm never certain what defines the difference between rot bringers and Nurgle demons and Nurgle. Well, Nurgle mortals are like you were like warriors of chaos and stuff like that. Uh, rot bringers were just, what were they, the humans that had given over to the corruption and have become... You know, Nurgle's specialty? Is that what a rot bringer is? Is that what we just Yeah, they're like the Nurgle elite troops. So this is uh, the Lord of Afflictions, Plagues, Blights, ah, gotcha. rot bringer, right. sorcerer. Oh, that's right. I remember. I'm stupid. All right. So let's see. Um, I'm just going to run through all three for the rot bringers. 
and then you sure. could add the nerve. It will go quick, quicker. Uh, bloated with corruption. Roll a die each time you allocate a wound to your general on a four up. The attacking unit, uh, you don't negate it. So you actually take the wound and don't save it. Roll a dice for each one on a four up. The attacking unit takes a mortal wound. After all, its attack, all of its attacks have been made. So, if you're taking wounds, you can deal some back uh, on about half of them. Uh, the resilient gives you basically a six-up ward, and then avalanche of rotten flesh plus two to the run and charge rolls for your general. Mm-hmm. That one actually is pretty good. Yeah, especially when you combo with a gnarl maw where you get to run and charge, so you get to add. You're plus four. four, yeah. Plus your run, so that's another d6. Plus your basic move, plus the two d6 on the charge. There's a lot that you can stack on. <laughs> you, it's, it's just, I mean, suddenly they blur. It's like you blink and they're right next to you. Mm. And that's just not how Nurgle. I mean, they've always had trouble getting across the board. <laughs> not anymore. No. 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 Alright, so why don't you take our demon friends? Okay. So for the first one we have Tainted Corruptor. So at the start of each of your hero phases, you can pick one terrain feature that is within three inches of your general. And for the rest of the battle, that terrain feature has the sickness the sickness blossom scenery rule from the feculent Narlma. Which is in the addition take a mortal wound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So now you're just it may not be a gnarl maw, but there's enough nasty in it now that you're just getting hurt being in the terrain. Yeah, and especially for, like, Sylvaneth. You want to go into your trees? Fine. Well, you're going to take some mortal wounds while you're in there. Have wah, fun. Wah, wah. Um, so then you have, the next is Nurgling Infestation. So once per battle at the start of your com- at the start of a combat phase, you can inflict D3 mortal wounds on an enemy unit that is within three of your general. I mean, it's funny because it's Nurglings that are biting you, but I don't know if I would take this one. No, it's only once per battle. I mean, I would take the yeah. corruption over that or that, you know, depending on what. The hulking physique might be better. It depends on who you're taking. If your general is someone who's not, you know, if you've got mm-hmm. one, you know, I'm not going to put that on some. And Nurgle Demons, I kind of rolled through some of this to see who that is. At least in this book, that's everyone except the Sorcerer. And the Lord of Blights and the Lord of Plagues. Everybody else can take it. Yeah. So you can put that on any and, and any of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is Pestilent Breath. So at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one enemy unit within six of your general. And roll dice for each model in that unit that is within six. And the unit suffers a mortal wound on a five plus. So this one you got to be really close. But you can do this every shooting phase. But could you see being surrounded by a horde? Yeah, and then puking on all of them. You've got zombies, or you've got skeletons, or you've got rats, and they're... I mean, if they're a bunch... I mean, within six inches, you can hit 20 or 30 guys, and then you roll up your... And all fives and sixes, all Mm -hmm. fives are better, suddenly are doing a mortal wound. I mean, if there's 20 or 30 of them, suddenly I'm taking away 10 of them. Yeah. And then you know what's going to happen during the... Then, you know, during the... um, Battleshock phase, that's going to pop them. Real, mm-hmm. You know, this I like this one a lot. Like, And it's Nurgle Demons, and if you're, I mean, I could just, you know, a, a lot of people are going to be taking great unclean ones, and you got to just, I keep thinking that base size. It's not as great 
for your for your normal sized you know human sized demons but the the great unclean ones suddenly i mean that can get ridiculous i mean it's only with the one unit but still yeah and you could also do this with like um demon princes they're a little smaller but right the principle would still be the same yeah no I, this this that, i i like this one the the pestilent breath is the one i like a lot Mm-hmm. Out of this list, only because, and it's 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 that whole idea of I'm getting into combat anyway, and there's almost no reason to get into combat with all the different things. Not only do you throw out a lot of mortal wounds, but you heal a lot of wounds mm-hmm. in this with this list and with this army. Um, especially once again, if you're playing the dial manipulation game, um, this is just getting dumb. Like the more I read this book. The more I'm like, eh, I gotta go out and buy me some Nurgle, but I keep telling myself I can't. I gotta finish what I have, and then I keep beginning kicking myself for selling my army to Brandon. Uh, so uh, Nurgle mortals, uh, they've got the hideous visage, minus two bravery for enemy units within three inches of the general. So that one's okay, um, mm-hmm. considering the the mortal wound output and stuff you could do. It's not bad. You've also got your overpowering stench, re-roll, hit rolls of six for attacks targeting your general, um, which is great because suddenly when that gets to re-rolling wound rolls of six on the wheel, that's just really crippling to anyone attacking them. And then the final one, uh, plus one rend for attacks made by your general in the combat phase. So it's not just for one weapon, it's plus one rend. So when you've got two or three or four weapons or two or three things you can attack with, um, boom, you're just you're you're getting plus one rend on all that. Yeah, the one that springs to my mind for this one is the sort is the Lord on the Manticore from uh-huh. Slaves to Darkness. Uh you don't get to buff the Manticore's attacks, but right. all of his attacks go up by one on the rend, which is pretty cool. And then, fun fact, all of the Rotbringer characters also have the mortal keyword. So you could take these for the Rotbringers as well. Yeah, I noticed that as I went through, and uh, at least, like I said here in this book, yeah. So, in fact, the only people who only fall in one category, Great Unclean One, Poxbringer, Bile Piper, and Scrivener. So the Heralds and the Great Unclean One are straight-up demons. Mm -hmm. Everybody else in this is mortal and Rotbringer. Uh, and then Lord of Afflictions and Harbinger of Decay also have Demon with them as well. So, yeah. like, you can you can pick from either of these. And you don't have to stick to one. If you took mm-hmm. a battalion, you can pick one from one and one, you, you know, you can go from column A and column B here. If you have a battalion, and can get extra command. Oh, no, you don't get extra command traits. What am you I saying? You get extra artifacts. Extra artifacts. Okay, let me back that up. Let me step that back. Um, but it it is nice to have, now you've got, Instead of six things to choose from, you've got nine for a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all like there's a lot of options, not just like the one and done. Like with Stormcast, it's Staunch Defender. Of course. There's no reason to do anything else. With this, you have a lot of options depending on your play style and the rest of your army, which is much nicer. Yeah, this is just. This is something else. This gets so good. Let's. Uh, shall we go through the sets of artifacts before our break? Sure. I think that's a good idea. Now, once again, three sets of artifacts. Mortal, Rotbringer, Demon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, want to take the... Let's start with uh, Rotbringers. Um, 
there's some cool stuff in this. I like I like these. Um, and some of the some of the little story behind each of them is kind mm-hmm. of fun because they make some weird, gross stuff in here. Um, now, and some of it's really simple. Um, let's see. For the Rotbringer heroes, uh, the first one you can pick is uh, six up uh, six up ward. The split horn helm. It's made from a piece of a horn from a great unclean one. You wear it, you got a six-up ward. And, and, I mean, can we just call that what it is? I mean... Yeah, and this is for any wound or mortal wound. Yeah. So... That's why I'm calling it a ward save, because it's good for a wound or a mortal wound. You take whatever you take, you got the you get the six-up uh, save, save for it. I know mm-hmm. we don't have ward saves anymore, but that's basically what those are. Yeah, but I just don't want people to get confused. That's true. Not everybody's been playing forever, so yeah. When I say a ward save, I mean it's good against regular wounds and mortal wounds. That's just a... a I'm using old man terminology. Mm-hmm. So... All right. Uh, so then we get Mutter Grub. This one, it's like a fat maggot that curls up in your ear and talks to you with the secrets of Nurgle's magic. So if you're a wizard, you get to cast an additional spell. Which is cool. You can only really put this on a Rotbringer Sorcerer. But if the bear is not a wizard, then they can cast the Foul Regenesis spell. Which we'll get to when we come to spells. But essentially it lets you do the dial manipulation. That is the most important spell in this game. And every wizard in the game has it automatically. Yeah. Um, Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just uh, allowing a a different hero to, to, to get it. Um you know, to have the extra chance in case somebody dies to cast it is uh, that's kind of an important one. Like I, I, I it's really, more important than initial read. Yeah, like you know, this is not bad to have as a backup to your army, especially if you're not wizard heavy. Or you know, it might be nice to just throw an extra on that guy because you don't want the guy who can cast this naturally to be dead, and then you lose that ability. Mm-hmm. If that dial manipulation is important to you, but I, I just. And I, I, I'm not speaking from an ex- from playing it. I'm just having read this book over for the last two weeks and really trying to. And I was trying real hard with this part because I go through the lore and I know all that. And then we get to this, and I'm just like, you, you, you tell what happens, and I go, oh really, oh really. And I'm reading this, and I'm looking at it. And I'm going, the the people who are going to stomp on their opponents with this army, I think, are the people who really understand how to manipulate that dial. To the best, mm-hmm. uh, to, to their biggest advantage. So that spell seems not all that awesome, or that uh, that artifact. But I think it's important. Oh, yeah. uh, the Rust Fang. Um, at the start of the combat phase, pick an enemy unit within three inches of the bearer. Minus one to save for the rest of the battle. You cannot yeah. use this more than once on the same enemy unit. Minus one to your save permanently. It is basically it is sentient corrosion. You can't mm-hmm. stop it. It is it. You're, you know, you come in with all your gleamy gold armor, and Nurgle has just slopped you with, you know, bile and acid and gross, and your armor's just not as good. It's a little more brittle. That this is another one that is just. If you get that guy into the middle of it, and you keep him alive, and you have him running around. You can get a couple, two or three units at least. Suddenly, you have minus one to their save. Yeah, and there's going to be this guy plays into one of the battalions we'll talk about later. Um, 
But no, this is one of the hot ones. I would say so good. I mean, that other one's important, but this one is so good. Of course, you can have double. You get this is where if you have a battalion, which if you're using the battalion to, to bonus this, suddenly you can be giving extra. Oh, God, this is just good. All right, what's mm-hmm. next? Uh, so next one we have is the flesh peeler, which is a bell that you toll. And this one, in your hero phase, you roll a dice for each enemy unit within six of the bear. And a five plus unit being rolled for takes D3 mortal wounds. So, again, you're distributing mortal wounds in a bubble. And it's a big one. Yeah. And the most of the characters for these guys are on 40 mil bases. But the Lord of Afflictions is on one of those big ones. Uh, that's the guy on the fly. Right. So he's got a much bigger damage spread. Oh. So this does some good work. So far, um, I think, well, let's see, command traits, uh, mortal wounds. Uh, you, you, your command, every, every one of these has a command trait uh, that they can pick that does mortal wounds. Nurgle Demons has two of them. Now we're mm-hmm. the artifacts. We've got uh, something that can do mortal wounds in a bubble. Yep. So dumb. Uh, let's see. Then the bile heart, and this was initially a Sylvaneth soul pod. It was cursed, um, and now it's forcibly thrust into a bear's chest, where it takes root and pumps ichor through their veins. Uh, roll a die each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bear in the combat phase, and it's not negated. So in the combat phase, you take a wound. On a four up, the attacking unit suffers a mortal wound after all attacks. This is basically the. Um, this is the living plague from the command traits. Mm-hmm. So if you like that living plague with your command traits, if I take a wound on a four-up, I can give a mortal back to whoever wounded me. Um, you can actually take it as an artifact. Yeah, so you could double up. It'd be two separate rolls, but you could double up and do a lot more damage. Yep. Um, and then the last one is the fecund flask, which is essentially you take a drink of infectious nasty water and you can only use this once per battle at the start of your hero phase. You roll a dice, and on a two or more, you heal all the wounds you have suffered thus far. So these guys do have a pretty substantial wound bank, so you heal them back. But if you roll a one, you die. Um, and, and you can you can replace it with a spawn. <laughs> no, no, it's a beast of Nurgle. I mean, a beast of Nurgle, sorry, a beast of Nurgle, yeah. Now, those are 100 points a pop, right? So yeah. I'd almost, if I'm playing this, I'm keeping one or 200 points aside in reserve. Um, if mm-hmm. I if I'm playing this, if I'm choosing these artifacts or that, just because you never know what you might want to call something up. Yeah, at 100 points, as that. we get through it, is a beast of Nurgle. It's uh, three Nurglings. Uh, you have some options for 100 points, and it's not going to kill you. And healing back your wounds. Now, if you got a sorcerer, he's only six wounds, mm-hmm. and the Lord of Afflictions is eight wounds because you know he's he's on the he's on the he's on the fly, right? Yeah, and but, that is a tough character to put in the ground to begin with. Right. And then, and then you have everyone this else, back, too. Yeah, the Harbinger and the other two lords have seven wounds. And you pop this on them, and as long as you don't roll a... If you roll a one, you got 100 points put aside, boom, I got a, I got a beast, which is good. Um, and if not, suddenly... I mean, if you, if, if you literally were taken down and held at one wound and then used this, you're getting 13 to 15 wounds on that model suddenly. And this doesn't mm-hmm. even count the fact that 
you know, there are places where it's all, like I said, on the, on the wheel. Oh, all the units heal D3 wounds. Or this guy's healing D3 wounds. Th- that's the part of this that I think is going to become frustrating to people. Is yeah, they're going to be very hard to put in the ground. Yeah, you're punching away at these big things, and if you get them only down to one wound, it's like, okay, I only have one wound left, but now I'm going to do all my stuff on my turn to heal it back. It's just you have to kill them decisively <laughs> or, or or they're just going to just – you're just going to irritate them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Um, so now we get to demonic boons. Yeah. So the first of which is the Noxious Nexus. So at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within seven of the bearer. And again, great and clean one, big, big base. If the roll is equal to or less than the number of the current battle round, the unit being rolled for suffers a mortal wound. So if you're on battle round three, on a three or less, you do a mortal wound to units to a unit within seven inches. So... It's dice dependent, and it gets worse as the game goes on. But that's the thing with this book in general is that it gets better for the Nurgle player as the game goes on. It seems. Yeah, yeah. The longer the longer they're there, the more of a foothold they get in on that battlefield. Mm-hmm. The more that the more that uh, the the more difficult it becomes to kill them. The it's just, oh. And like I said, this is all for just demons. Nurgle's Nail, this is the one that I... I, I it's not a great... Thi- I don't think this is one I'd be choosing, but I just love... It's a, it's a splint... This is a plague sword splintered... Uh, fashioned from a splinter of one of Nurgle's toenails. And this is one of those things where it's like, oh, the disease, if the disease hits you, you're just going to drop dead. So... Um, you pick one of the demon's weapons, and that be- that weapon becomes Nurgle's Nail. At the end of the combat phase, roll 2d6 for each enemy model that was allocated any wounds caused by Nurgle's Nail and wasn't killed. If the result on the roll is exactly 7, the model being rolled for is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, my only question is, now, you can if you were around several characters or several multi-wound mod, like you're playing ogres, right? right? Um, if this thing has three attacks, you can allocate attacks between different units, can't you? Uh, I mean, that, yeah. that's allowed. You mm-hmm. can literally try, i say, one attack against each, hoping to hit it and wound it, so that I got better chances of just killing the model outright. Yeah. I don't know that I picked this one, but story-wise, once again, you know, I only have to nick you. You can have 5, 6, 10, 15 wounds. I can do one wound on you, and then let Nurgle's corruption and uh, run its course on you. Yeah, and I mean, seven is the most common number you'll roll on 2d6, yep. so the odds are not the worst, but... So then, uh, what's next? Uh... So then we have the Bountiful Swarm, which is a cloud of cheerfully buzzing flies surrounding the <laughs> demon. Um, so at the start of your hero phase, you pick an enemy model within three of the bearer and roll a dice. If the roll is greater than that model's wounds characteristic, then it dies. Um, if a model with a wounds characteristic of four or more is slain by the Bountiful Swarm before you remove the model, you can add a Beast of Nurgle to your army and set it up within an inch of the model. Um, this is another reason to have that extra 100 points sitting there if you take this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to, again, auto-kill models is uh, pretty okay. 
Now, this doesn't work for big models. Yeah, like you not have to for roll, most it, big models. It's not greater than or equal to. So you can't yeah. kill anything higher than a wound, uh, five wounds, because it's their characteristic. Right. And that five wounds, is, it's going to be... It's going to be hard to kill them, mm-hmm. but it's it could be it it can be fun. I think if you're playing with that, um, then you got the wither stave. Uh, reroll hit rolls of six for enemies within twelve inches of him. This one again is really good if you don't have if you're not using the other one, where you can make them reroll sixes. Anyone within twelve inches of your demon. Um, whether it's like you said, a, a greater demon or a great unclean one, rerolling sixes anytime is good. And it's just oh, you know, you got a you got a a twelve inch radius bubble, or no, mm-hmm. it's, it's just ugh. so. Then yeah. what's next? <laughs> so then we have the tome of a thousand poxes. So this one, if the bear is a wizard, of which most of the Nurgle demon characters are, you get to add plus one to the casting rolls for any lores. Or any spells cast from the lore of Nurgle um, when they attempt to cast, and if not a wizard, they can cast the Sumptuous Pestilence spell uh, from the lore of Nurgle, but they are not able to unbind. So, important safety feature there. This one's pretty good because magic, I think, is one of the big components of this army. So, yep. this one helps a lot. And oh, by the way, the spell on a six up, you can do mortal wounds to enemy units. Yep. So once again, oh look, I can do more mortal wounds. Uh, and plus one, yeah, and plus one to casting when you're trying to to do all that is just so good. Although you don't have to worry about it to summon because that's not how that works anymore. But it does a whole lot for mortal wound output. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the endless gift, uh, and this is where all the all the flies and maggots go and start eating away at whatever you were wounded and reknitting your wounds. Uh, at the start of the battle shock phase, roll a die for each wound that was allocated to the model during the same turn on a four up. It's healed. Is this the one? Is this <laughs> is this the really is this the one that's the like the best one in this? It seems really good. I mean, whatever wounds you took that turn during the battle shock phase, you can basically get half of them back. Yeah, and then in your hero phase, you heal because of the great unclean one rule. So mm-hmm. this one's really good. Uh, it is situational. Um, you have a lot of really good options in the demonic list, especially like the Wither Stave or the Tome. You can, I could see taking any of those three. Yeah, any of those. And three you have good. a good option. Yeah, I got a little on my notes. I got a little, a little exclamation point to all the last three. They're all yeah. something that can be just really great. Uh, so yeah, I like I like this the demonic boons, and there's not a, a definite go to. But I think depending on your play style, you'll lean towards some of these a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now let's jump to the one for the Nurgle Mortals, the yep. plague-ridden so, gifts. Mm-hmm. So again, these could also be taken by Rotbringer characters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is the Virulent Blade. So you pick one of the bearer's melee weapons, and you get to add one to the damage characteristic for attacks made by the blade if the wound roll of the attack is a five or more. So a lot of there's the plus one to wound rolls now trigger on a four or more because then it becomes a five. Right. Oh, geez. Okay. So on a four, <laughs> you're doing an extra damage. Of course. Why not? Because yeah, that's what they divvy out here. 
Uh, number two, the fetid shroud. Uh, this shroud reroll hit rolls of six for attacks that target the bearer. So it's another. It's another. Just your your perfect attacks never work against Nurgle because he's. You can just cut off big chunks of him, and he doesn't even bother him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get the stench plate. Which is enemy units within three of the bear at the end of their movement phase suffered D three mortal wounds. So again, another little mortal wound bubble. Uh huh. <laughs> another yeah. Oh, okay. And then you got the eye of Nurgle. Once per battle at the start of the hero phase, roll two D six. If there's any enemy models within twelve inches of the bear, if the result is exactly seven, the closest enemy model to the bear dies. This one, uh, this one, I'm probably skipping. I'm thinking, yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it, any enemy models in twelve inches, it's got to be the closest one. So you got to position yourself properly. You've got to roll a seven. Um, I just rather take the stench plate if I'm going to do something like this. It doesn't have nearly the range, but it it's doing the damage. And with your movement, you're going to be in that range real quick if you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get the Carrion Dirge, which this is a nice one. You get to subtract two from the bravery characteristic of enemy units while they are within 12 inches of the bear, which is, again, a really big bubble. (laughs) And then if you have, like, a Manticore Lord, that Manticore has a pretty substantial base. So you can really impact a good chunk of the battlefield. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and minus two to your bravery is really big, especially when I'm giving out mortal wounds here, mortal wounds there. I'm just adding to that that total for your for your battle shock test. You know, I take away two bravery and I add an extra mortal wound or two, and suddenly your guys are dropping. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so good. And then finally, you got the shield of growths. Uh, re-roll failed save rolls for the bearer if the roll is equal to or less than the number of wounds currently allocated to the bear. So it's not his characteristic. It's how many wounds he has. So <laughs> the, you're, um, as long as you've got some decent wounds left, you can re-roll pretty well. The, the weaker you get, the harder it gets to re-roll your failed wound rolls. But it's just another example of how you're not going to kill these guys nearly as quickly as as you would like to. Mhm. Gosh, it's it's got it's like the perfect storm. You don't I'm not going to let you get all your perfect hits or perfect wounds. I'm not going to let you get your perfect battle shock tests or perfect saves. Although I'm getting re re-rolls on my saves and I'm giving out a lot of mortal wounds. So and this is just in the the command traits and the artifacts and the battle traits. Yeah, we haven't even touched the spells. No, and we're gonna need to take a break. We've been we've been chugging along here. We need to take a break. Uh, when we <laughs> come back, we'll hit the spells and then roll into um, we'll roll into uh, hopefully some of the scrolls right after that. So yeah. we'll be back.
In the middle distance I saw a great fortress, half hidden by the miasma of decay that infused its very structure. Rotten and mildewed were its timbers, and its sagging roof was thick with infestations of every conceivable kind. Poison poured down the walls of this most revolting of abodes, polluting everything about. Yet, despite its state of decay, I sensed an inevitability about that unhallowed bastion. I knew beyond doubt that it had stood for years uncounting in that same ramshackle form and would continue on until the very end of time. Before the fortress gates stretched a forest of death. Corpses, thick with unbridled decay, lay about it as far as my eyes could see. Here, death was feeding off the dead. This was the Garden of Chaos. Vile creatures nested amongst the bones of the dead, there to gnaw at the fallen and fill the air with sickly sounds of merriment. Here, dark trees had petrified, their shapes indescribable and their essence corrupt. The graves of the fallen had become a rich loam, sucked upon by the trees of that dark forest. Pierced by the tree roots, the dead had stirred once more, and each branch bore a skull, mildewed and heavy with loathing. In that place, I looked upon the fate of mankind and wept for the future. Lieber Malefic And we are back talking the lores of Nurgle. Lores, I said. Lore! Z- These are the lores three. in the lore. Oh, yes. Because, of course, because you've got one for each. Now, they, they've they got three spells apiece. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, the Nurgle three dots. Um, lores tend to seem to have more spells than this, don't they? It's a little different because everybody gets foul regenesis. Automatically, so yeah, technically there's four spells. Well, they everyone gets that for free, and then they get another one. So that's probably why they made it lesser. Yeah, because you have so many spells that you can cast. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, um, all right. So every wizard in Nurgle knows one spell from a lore of Nurgle, depending on it. And once again, if and if you're a mortal or a rot bringer, you've actually got six spells to choose from. Because the, a lot of those fall under both categories. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to put up six in each of these and then have two-thirds of the categories getting a dozen spells to choose from. That might get sick. Yeah, it would just be one-third because not all the mortals have the Rotbringer keyword. Oh, that's true. But all the Rotbringers have the mortal keyword. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so let's talk about this Foul Regenesis. This is the spell that back there uh, we said, you know, if you're not a... That's one of the ones where if you're not a wizard, you get this spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, casting value of seven. If cast, pick a result from the stage of corruption table. Uh, the cycle of corruption is immediately reset to the stage you picked. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things where um, during your hero phase. Now, let me ask you this. Could it work like this? So um, it moves into that seven spot and it heals D3 wounds, right? Mm-hmm. Or and so that's something that happens at the beginning. So it moves into that spot. I use my special ability in the beginning of the hero phase, also to, uh, from the um, the command traits where I can move it one. 
So, oh, no, it wouldn't work that way. Yeah, it might. So I move it forward one. And then, if needs be, could I cast this spell and then move it back to that and still get D3 mortal wounds back again? Or D3 wounds back? I believe so. Oh, see? So you could... You, I mean, there's just so much you can do with this. Even I'm not even talking with the manipulation of once per game moving at one spot. This is... In the beginning of this phase, you can move it to wherever you need it if you get this spell off. Yeah, now it does go off on a 7, so it's a little tricky to cast, but with something like the Tome of a Thousand Poxes or Arcane Terrain, makes it a little easier, but it's by no means a guarantee, and you only get one crack at it. True. There's also... Um... Oh, which one of is one of these things in here had the plus one to uh, plus one to casting? Yeah, the Tome of a Thousand Pox. Oh, that's what that was called. Okay, I, just, I didn't remember that one. Yeah, so if you're at least a Nurgle demon, um, mm-hmm. then this is going off on a six. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's kind of fifty fifty if you can get the seven or better, but still if you if if you can consistently luck out you know enough with your rolling to get this. It just, I mean, it's wherever you need it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, battle shock of one, you know, D3 enemy units within 12 inches taking D3 mortal wounds. I mean, just pushing it back to that, you know, at the start of the phase. Well, okay, we're at the start of the phase, and then I'm going to roll this and move it. I'm just going to move it back there. So now we're at the, the – now when it says at the start of the hero phase, I mean, the – the you cast your spells in the hero phase. So if I move it if I move it to that one, will it still do the will it do the damage right away? Because it says at the start of the hero phase. I don't know if you'd be able to pull that off. So but. if I if I cast the spell and put it on that it won't just it won't do the uh it won't do that that damage. That's what I'm, I'm not sure. There's gonna need to be like an FAQ about all this. Uh, just to specify, like if there's any issues uh, with regards to order of operations. So, right, because that's what I'm asking. Because it says at the start, and I don't know, you know, when when you do what. So you couldn't just every turn push it back to that one. Mm-hmm. Which, I, uh, if you, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping that you can't, because mix that in with some of these other uh, battalions, and that gets just ridiculous really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, let's go on now. Everyone gets that. Every wizard gets that, and then they go from the the choice of three uh, spells in their type. So, Rotbringers, Rotbringers get Blades of Putrefaction, casting of seven. Pick an enemy within fourteen that is visible to them. Until let's the next, pick a friendly, a friendly unit. I'm sorry, pick a friendly unit within fourteen that's visible to them. Until your next hero phase, hit rolls of six. For that unit, inflict a mortal wound in addition to other damage. So more mm-hmm. mortal wound output. Oh, you rolled a six. There you go. Yeah, now this can affect demons too. This is just any friendly unit. doesn't even have to have the Nurgle keyword. Yeah, so this can affect your allies. This, this is basically good for your whole army. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So good. Yeah. Uh, so then we'll move on to Rancid Visitations. Uh, mm-hmm. So this one, casting value six, you pick an enemy unit within three. 
and that unit suffers a mortal wound for each unit, for each model in, in the unit that's within three inches. So again, if you're playing against a horde army, this is not a bad one to pick. Yeah, this one is really good, especially if you are like a Magath Lord named uh, Blow Up Ratspawn. And I would say the Glotkin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because those are the biggest bases. Oh, so just oh. divvying out those mortal wounds. Can you picture within three? I mean, dude, the 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 Stormcast have that with the with the the guys with the they have the long reach and do an attack for everybody within their range. Mm-hmm. And you play against hordes, and it's brutal. And now it's just oh. Not actually. He's just doing a mortal wound. So those one wound horde armies, I just cleared out three inches around me. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just cleared it out. I mean, that's gross. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is Gift of Contagion. Casting on a six, select an enemy unit within 18 inches that's visible. Roll a die and apply the penalty to the unit until your next hero phase. Uh, and you either wind up subtracting one from their hit rolls. In the combat phase, subtracting one from the wound rolls in the combat phase, or subtracting one from their save rolls. So this spell, you know, until the next hero phase can really slow them down. If it was coupled with the, um, what is that ability? The one that uh, permanently... Rem- the uh, Rust Fang. Yeah. The Rust Fang. You've got if, if you couple that with the Rust Fang, and they're both Rotbringer spells. So you're Rotbringer Wizard, and you're Rot. You got that ability. So now I'm picking a guy, and uh, their armor save is down by one. And now I cast this spell, and, it, and the thing is, you have to roll it, so you can't just pick it. But if you roll a five or a six, now their save roll is down by two. Mm-hmm. Oh, once again, so good. Yeah, there's a lot of good options. So, And I think that's the biggest thing I like about this whole thing is that there's so many options and you're not just kind of lumped into it. But well, what's moving great, on. What, what's great about that is you can – you're not – I don't I don't foresee you just seeing the same army here. Mm-hmm. You can go and play three or four different Nurgle players and see three or four completely different armies because – all this stuff is good, and it just depends on how you want to build your army. You know, I want to play mm-hmm. with these models. I like this, so I'm going to try to build this, and then these things work. There, you know, there's there's something good for every option of play style and of the models that you really want to build and play with. Yeah. So uh, that's that's oh, so good. I wish all books could be like this. I really do. Yeah. This is really setting a, a standard. Um, mm-hmm. This is setting a bar pretty high for other books. Uh, should we jump onto the demon, the lore of uh, virulence? Yep. So the first of which is favored poxes. So this one has a cast value of seven, and if you get it off, you get to pick an enemy unit within 14 inches of the caster that is visible to them, and you subtract one from the hit, wound, and save rolls for that unit until the caster moves, attempts to cast a spell, or is slain. Now this one is essentially like an old remains in play spell. But this yep. one doesn't expire at the hero phase. It's when that character moves, casts a spell, or dies. You could literally, if you had this with, say, one of your bigger, tougher demon models, you know, um, and I know I keep going back to the great unclean one, 
but he doesn't have to really move necessarily. And if you don't feel like casting another spell, if you've got other wizards to cast spells, if you don't need to cast spells, mm-hmm. you can drop this on somebody who you really need to hamper. And then you can, I mean, you can, you can still fight. You can still do things. You just can't move. Yeah. The other one I had thought about this for this one would be the Poxbringer. Okay. The basic Herald and Urgle. Okay. Because once you get into fighting against Plague Bearers, all he needs to do is be within seven of them to get the Loki. And then he just puts this up. So this way, the Plague Bearers that don't have any rend or anything special with their attacks right away oh. suddenly are more effective. So he's a good option for this one, too. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, is it my turn? Yeah. Uh, Glorious yeah. Afflictions. Casting value of five. Pick an enemy unit within 21 inches of the caster that is visible to them. Their move and any run or charge rolls made for them are halved rounding up. So your move characteristic is halved plus whatever you roll for the run or the charge is halved rounding up until your next hero phase. In addition, if you normally can fly, you can't fly until your next hero phase. Mm-hmm. That is... On top of everything else, on top of all your abilities and your trees and the things that are letting you run faster and move faster and get around the board, suddenly the guy that your opponent needs to get around the board, you're like, nah, you you, you slow down. You're not getting there. It's mm-hmm. so good. Yep. All right. And then we move on to Sumptuous Pestilence. So this is a cast value six. And if successfully cast, each enemy unit within seven inches of the caster suffers a mortal wound. And if it's got five or more models, or it's got more than five, it suffers D3 mortal wounds instead. So, again, little splash of mortal wounds. Not the worst thing, especially for, like, a great unclean one. We keep coming back to that one because there's so many bubble effects, and he's got the biggest impact. And that's the thing, yeah. It's that big base that you just keep coming back to. Plus, who doesn't want to play with one? They're good, and they're gorgeous models. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just want to put one on the table. You want to have this, you know, softball-sized model on your table, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is, yeah, another one, bubble mortal wounds. Oh, good, because... They haven't done that enough times, especially with the de- it seems with the demons they can start doing this a lot. Um, so let's jump to the Nurgle Mortal Wizards then. So besides their foul regenesis, they've got Magnificent Bubos, which was the name that was an older spell name. Yep. Um, casting seven, pick an enemy hero within twenty one inches that's visible. D three mortal wounds. Then subtract one from their hit rolls, casting rolls, and unbinding rolls until your next hero phase. So it's especially good against wizards. Yeah, and especially since it's got a 21-inch cast range, and unbinding is generally 18. So you've got a little wiggle room to say they couldn't unbind it, and then their next turn, they're stuck with it. Well, that's nice. You're so fast, and you can move so quickly. You can just fly right up to your position, make sure you're you know 19 inches away or 20 inches away. Mm-hmm. And then drop this, and they can't stop it. And like you said, then suddenly their casting and unbinding is slowed down. Yep. Oh, that's so cheeky. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so we move on to Plague Squall, which has a cast value 6. If you get it off, roll 7 dice. And for each roll of a 6, you get to pick an enemy unit that is visible to the caster, and they take D3 Mortal Wounds. And if you roll more than one six, you have to pick a different enemy unit each time. 
So, again, sprinkling more mortal wounds because reasons. Uh, they're all infected. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, oh, this is, do people used to, people complain that the Stormcast can divvy out mortal wounds. This is reaching an all-time high. And it, once again, oh, I just nicked you with my poisonous blade. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here. And it's just little guys dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. Or little guys running away. You know, if you want to yeah. look at it that way. Because when the three guys next to you all start puking out their guts and their eyeballs start bleeding and their skin starts sloughing off, well, these guys are running away, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cloying Quagmire is our last one. Um, this was a... This, this seems to work like the. Um, didn't they have this spell before? Nurgle demons used to have this spell in the old in the old versions. Yeah, it was in the old Laura Nurgle. Same with plague squall and buboes, right? And blades and visitations and afflictions. There's a lot of stuff that carried over in names. Now this casts on a five, which if you get that plus one bonus from before, you're casting this on on, on, on stupid easy. Uh, mm-hmm. Select an enemy unit within 14 inches of the caster that's visible. Then roll a die and compare it to their save characteristic. If it's equal to or higher than the save characteristic, they take D6 mortal wounds. So with this quagmire, the sorcerer thrusts his hands into the soil, causing it to putrefy into a sucking, grasping quagmire. So what this is is uh, the, the more armor you have, the better your armor is. Um, basically, it's, it's dragging you into the mud. You're sinking into, you're getting sucked into the ground like quicksand, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have a really crummy, and it says you have, is it equal or better or better? Equal to or higher. So a six-up save, if you've got a crummy save, then you need that, you have to roll sixes to, to do anything. But if you've got these guys who've got a three-up save, suddenly you've got a two-thirds chance to start doing wounds to them, the units or the four-up save guys. You got a 50-50 chance of doing wounds to them. Now, what happens if they have a, a value of dash? Then they can't be affected because you can't hit it. Oh, that's right. That that was the old rule. If they don't have an armor save, then you can't uh, you you just can't do anything to them. Yeah, because you have nothing to compare to, and really, there's only so many things with the dash characteristic anymore. I think it's a griffhound and maybe ether wings. Really, nothing. And then and then flagellants. Weren't there some? Don't uh, don't some uh, corn bloodbound have a dash? No, they all have a save now. The blood reavers all got a six up in the blades of corn book. Oh, okay. Oh, that's it. That's right. The new yeah. Okay. Also, oh, not too many dashes. So, but this yeah. is this is a great D six mortals. I mean, those characters with the three up save because it's their save characteristic. So it's not what they can adjust it to. Right, so no modifiers like shield or cover or anything like that. It's just their stock characteristic. But these heroes with three-up saves taking D6 mortals is just crazy. Yeah, it's pretty much auto-kill. Yeah, it's so... Oh, I mean, it, it's brutal. And it's, again, the mortal wound output in this army is crazy. Uh, I'm looking at this going, how how does my, how does my uh, Stormcast, who doesn't have... And who doesn't have really much ability to stop spells from happening? How do you stand up against these 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 types of things with all these? I mean, because you know, you need to try to stop some of this stuff. Because I mean, I suppose maybe it's not that important with all the stuff that isn't spells also throwing out mortal wounds left and right. But 
Yeah, and it's one of those things that if you have an army that does not have anything that unbinds spells, basically, you might want to start allying. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to, aren't you? Yeah. This is gross. Now, And that's all the spells. That's all the magic, too. And I think we're seeing a theme running through this entire this entire army. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. This is going to get crazy. So should we jump to uh, some more scrolls then? Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's a lot of characters in this. Yes. Um, and we... unfortunately, most of them have changed from previous incarnations. So <laughs> this might take us a bit. Yeah, when let's... Uh, I suppose you should just try to... I don't know. We should try to go through this rather quickly. We don't have to comment on every single weapon, every single thing they have, I suppose. Sure. Um, let's start with the basic Great Unclean one. Sure. Uh, 16 wounds, 10 bravery, 4 up save. Um, and he's got... Uh, he can vomit forth the noxious bile. He's got a bunch of different weapon options. Um, but he's got a couple of... There are a couple of things that fall under all of the different versions of Great Unclean Ones. Basically, Blubber and Bile, if you take a wound or a mortal wound on a 5-up, you got a 5-up ward save. And if you roll a 6-up in the combat phase, the attacking unit takes a mortal wound. After, mm-hmm. for, for, you know, because the Bile that's, that's healing your wounds is burning through them. Very yep. good. Uh, the Corpulent Mass in the hero phase, heal D3 wounds. For this model. And then Mountain of Loathsome Flesh. Roll a die for each enemy unit within an inch of this model. After this model completes its charge move on a 4-up, they take D3 mortal wounds. So this work, that's for all the great unclean ones. They all do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so crazy. Um... What else can they do here? What else is worth mentioning? Um, yeah, a couple... They, their command ability is a lot better than what it used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. So for Grandfather's Joy, you just pick a Nurgle demon unit within 21 inches, and then you get to add one to the attack characteristic of all melee weapons used by that unit, but it has to be demons. So for this one, you're looking at Plague Drones, because then you add three attacks to each model, essentially. Because they have three different attack profiles. That's right. Which is pretty cool. Um, or even Plague Bearers going up to two attacks each wait, is nothing to sneeze at. Don't they have four? No, because you get to pick a mouth. Oh, that's right. Okay, so... You either get the Schnuffleupagus nose, or you get the basic bitey teeth. Okay, so it's the... Okay, right, 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 right. I forgot about that. You get the prehensile, proboscis, or the foul mouth parts. Mm-hmm. So people before now did, was that always like that? Yeah, you got a choice. I mean, okay, so it was, but before, so you weren't modeling just for whatever you thought looked better. You actually each of those things had an option before. Okay, yep. Um, and it's got the plague wind spell also casting value of seven. Pick a point on the battlefield within 14 inches of the caster and draw an imaginary straight line between it and the closest part of the caster. Each unit, friend, or foe suffers D3 mortal wounds. Units with the Nurgle keyword 
heal D3 wounds that have been allocated to the unit. Mm-hmm. So that's, and you just get that line, a straight line, wherever you, you know, to the closest part of the model, but wherever you can draw it to. And once again, doing mortal wounds. Healing is just is nice because then you don't have to worry if your own guys get in the way. You can right. just, oh, it's, that's, that's pretty nice. Of course, he's got all those other spells that he, we were talking about that he could pick from. Yeah, but so, and in a new change, they get two spells per hero phase now. Oh, that's right. So they're even more potent. Cast two, unbind two, arcane bolt, mystic shield, plague wind, plus the uh, foul regenesis, and one of the other spells. Oh, boy. So, yeah, they've got yeah. five to choose from. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all. No, no, not at all. Um, and then they have a bunch of different weapon options, and you get to kind of mix these up. They all have a host of Nurglings, so that's just three little attacks, five by five, nothing great. Right. Um, now, each hand, I like this. The You can have the Plague fail, Flail or the Bile Blade in one hand. Uh, then you can have the Massive Bile Sword or the Doomsday Bell in the other hand. And w- what's the difference? Basically... Um, you can either take one that does some serious damage but doesn't have any cool special rules, or you can take the stuff that does basic damage but has cool special rules. Mm-hmm. And you can mix and match. So there's literally there's you know four different combinations you can get from these weapons with the two in each hand. Yeah. Um, so how, once again, however your play style is, this is one where even I would probably try to... Try to... Magnetize. Magnetize. Just so you could at least, you know, play around with different styles of play. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if after you build it, you realize that's not your style. But so, um, this, the tough ones without magic, you want to go through those? The Plague, fail, plague Flail and the Bile Sword? Yeah, sure. So they both have a two-inch reach. Um, the Plague Flail's got three attacks, threes to hit. It starts at a two to wound, and then it gets worse from there as you take damage. Could go Run down to damage. four, but still, with yeah. the plus one to, if you get the plus ones to wound... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's run one, two damage each. And then the Bile Sword starts at three attacks, going down to one as you take damage. But you have to take seven wounds before it goes down to two. So it does take a while to get down there. And then that's force to hit, threes to wound, run two, damage three. So you can have one nasty, great, and clean one just truck through and put out so much damage. Yeah, it can be it can be really gross. Um, now here's the thing. So if you choose the plague, plague flail, which wounds pretty easily, rend one damage too, then you don't get the bile blade. And basically the bile blade is, uh, you know, uh, three attacks, threes by threes, rend one damage one. So it's simple, but, uh, if you have this and you attempt to cast or unbind a spell, you can say it's using the Bile Blade, hook out a portion of its own rotting guts as an offering to Nurgle. Immediately take a mortal wound that you cannot negate, and then add one to the casting or unbinding roll. So you have to take the mortal wound, but you do heal wounds on your next hero phase. It just is in your hero phase, so you can do that after you attempt to cast spells. Can you? Oh, Because wow. you get to pick the order. Oh, wow, that's not negating it. You still took it. Yep. So plus one to cast or unbind basically every turn as long as you've got a wound to spare in the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
see, and so my question becomes, how, what's your play style? You know, do you want to do the rend one, uh, rend one damage two, or do you go with the rend one damage one and add that to your spell casting? I'm thinking I'm going with the bioblade. I'm thinking I'm taking the bonus. Yeah, especially with how important the magic is to this army. Yeah, you're gonna want it. And then um, if you don't take the massive bile sword, now the massive bile sword, like we said, it starts off with three attacks. Which slowly drops fours by threes, two ran three damage is great. The Doomsday Bell is four attacks, more attacks, but fours by threes, one rend, one damage. So not nearly the damage. However, if a Nurgle unit begins its movement phase within seven inches of any models with that Doomsday Bell, add three to its move characteristic till the end of the phase. Mm-hmm. So if you pick both of these you can really help speed your army along. I don't know that you're going to need it if you've got a bunch of trees out and if you've got other things. You may want that Bile Sword to do that Ren 2 damage 3. Um, yeah, I think this is encouraging you to do two great unclean ones. <laughs> um, one is the truck that just goes in the massive attack, and then you have a support great unclean one because you do the Bile Blade to damage yourself, and then you make... Everything around you, plus three movement, you get plus two movement from the uh, wheel. So you're plus five to your move, plus run and charge. So you're across the table? Yeah. So I definitely think it encourages you to do two, because I have a hard time picking like what I would want for my great and clean one, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, because you, know, you don't want to give up all of your your uh, ability to pound the heck out of your enemy. Mm-hmm. But on uh, the same token, it depends. I mean, you can also have some of these other abilities. You know, oh, I got a bubble around me that's just dealing out mortal wounds anyway. I don't have to do a lot of damage in the combat phase because I'm just divvying out mortals to anything that stands near me. Yep. So good. And then the Noxious Bile, um, that's their missile attack. Seven-inch range, D6 attacks. Hits on threes, starts wounding on twos, moves down to fives. Uh, you got takes four wounds. It gets down to a, a three up to wound, um, but you got to take uh, ten wounds to get worse than a three up to wound. Ren two damage one. Yeah, it's a nice little puke. Yeah. So that's the great unclean one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so that's so wonderful. That's everything a great unclean one should be, and the size it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely spot on with that model. Um, and then we move on to a named great unclean one that isn't Kugoth's Plague Father. Yep. We get Rodigus. Uh, he has the same basic stat line as a great unclean one, so nothing changes there. He's got the Blubber and Bile, Corpulent Mass, and the Mountain of Loathsome's Loath- some flesh that we already went through. So yeah, so he gets the five one. up ward. He heals the D three wounds, and he does mortal wounds uh, on the charge sometimes. Yeah, um, his big ability is streams of brackish filth. So mm-hmm. in your hero phase, you get to roll a dice for each enemy unit that's within six of Radagus, and on a four plus, that unit suffers D three mortal wounds, and. Enemy units that can fly suffer D3 mortal wounds on a 6 instead of a 4. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
again, another mortal wound bubble. Now, you can't give him any of the other bubbles because he's a named character, but in any event. And then he gets two spells, plus all the extra ones that he gets, um, to cast in the hero phase and two to unbind. Then he's got Deluge of Nurgle. So this is his spell. It's a cast value seven. If it goes off, you roll seven dice. And for each roll that equals or beats the value on the table, it starts at a four and goes up to six. Um, you pick an enemy unit that is visible to him, and with how big these things are, they're going to see most of the table. And there's no range on this. You just have to see it. Yep. And then that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you, and can't you can't tag the same unit twice. But so you're spreading out the love there, and they can't hide anywhere. I mean, they can hide behind walls and behind buildings and stuff. But for the most part, if you can if if you can draw a line of sight to it, you're doing more mortal wounds. Yeah, it's kind of like the Star Drake for the Reign of Stars, but it hits a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, he's got the host of Nurglings just like before. He's got two weapons. He's got his own special weapons, not the other stuff. Uh, the Gnarl Rod, three-inch range, five attacks, starting at twos, but dropping down to a four to hit. Uh, three to wound, one rend, two damage, which, once again, going to become twos to wound because mm-hmm. they can. Uh, or their, or the Fanged Maw, which I believe is that, that big in his stomach, right? The big uh, I think so, yeah. open stomach mouth. One-inch range, D3 attacks, threes by twos. Uh, it gets worse only when you get to seven wounds, and then once again, uh, it only becomes a four up at thirteen wounds taken, which means with the plus one to wound, it's wounding on. Well, two. you don't get that with him. Oh, he doesn't get it, right? Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. Um, but still, threes to wound is still good. Two red, two damage. It's pretty. He can get pretty choppy. Um, he's right in that middle ground. You don't get the options of the really good damage or the cool spell. You got that middle ground on your damage, which I'm I'm happy to take. Between that and the, uh, you know, roll a die and on a four up, you're doing mortal wounds. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's got his own thing, but he and he's got his own command or his own spell, but he he's sort of like a a mid ground one. You can't you can't uh, make him as focused as the great unclean one, but he's got a lot of cool stuff for him. And then you can mm-hmm. take him along with your other two. Uh, your other two uh, great unclean ones and get that uh, battalion. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. why wouldn't you? Of course. So um, should we go through the the uh, the three the three heralds? Yeah. Well, four if you count Epi. Yeah. Um, so the first of which is the Poxbringer. So this is the Herald of Nurgle that currently exists. Uh, so... And then same for all of these heralds except for Epidemius. Uh, it's all the same thing. Move four, four up save, ten bravery, five wounds. So the Poxbringer has got a nice little sword. Three attacks, three by three. Ren one damage, D3. Cool. Um, whenever he gets allocated a wound on a five plus, he negates it for disgustingly resilient. And most of these demons are going to have disgustingly resilient. Yeah. So we'll just not cover that again. Right. Um, and then he's got a neat rule called in death there is life. So at the start of your hero phase, if any models, friend or foe, were slain in the last turn, you can heal a wound allocated to a friendly Nurgle demon unit within seven inches of this model. 
Yeah, and someone's going. There are going to be models slain in the last turn. I mean, you can't start this till turn two, but in the last turn, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, I mean, if well, you took you, some wounds from shooting. Oh, that's true. You t- yeah, so you might even be able to be using a turn one, just healing mm-hmm. wounds because you know you can. Yeah, and fun little fact: the uh, Pestilence Vermin Lord Corruptor is a Nurgle demon. Oh, that's right. So you could heal him. Now, he doesn't get any like the cool tricks, but he still gets Foul Regenesis because he's a Nurgle character that is a wizard. So you could yep. definitely ally in the Pestilence stuff and just take it as part of a Nurgle allegiance. So more options. Um, but then the Poxbringer has got his own special spell, um, and he only gets to cast and unbind one during the hero phase. Um but his spell is Eruptive Infestation. So this one's got a cast value of 6. If he gets it off, he gets to pick an enemy unit within 7 inches of a friendly Plague Bearer unit. And as long as he can see it, uh, that unit takes D3 Mortal Wounds. So you're not looking for any particular ranges here, except you have to be within 7 inches of a Plague Bearer unit. Yeah. So these guys can be further up the field, and as long as he can see them and they're within seven inches of a plague barrier unit, he can do D three mortal wounds to them. <sighs> yes, he can. Oh boy! So um, let's jump on to another one of these guys, uh, uh, Sloppity Bile Piper. I knew you were going to cheat and cut to that one. Okay, they're all on the same page. That's not cheating. I just picked one. Plus, he's the shortest one. I was going to pick yeah. him quick. Uh, he's also disgustingly resilient. Five up ward save. Um, he has the disease of mirth. Plus one bravery to all friendly Nurgle demon units within seven inches of Vile Piper. In addition, minus one bravery of enemy units. So you're already at 10s for a lot of this stuff. You're jumping up to 11, and then the bigger the units are, suddenly you're at 12, 13 bravery. So good luck battle-shocking these guys out of here. Um, and then reroll failed charge rolls and hit rolls of 1 for friendly nurglings and great unclean ones within 7 inches of the bile piper. So... Rerolling the charge rolls and rerolling hit rolls of one is really nice. Nurglings, I mean, they're only on fives anyway, but th- this guy can actually, you know, uh, you know, get the great unclean one even going a little, little harder. Yeah, you can make them truck really quick. So if you're going to be taking a lot of great unclean ones, this guy would probably be a substantial boon to the army. Yeah, absolutely. And his um, weapon's got a one-inch range, but it's uh, four attacks, fours by threes, one ren, two damage. So, Yeah. And he is probably one of the coolest models that they came out with this release in general. Yeah. His little gut, uh, or the whatever it's called, the the not bagpipes, the bile pipes. The gut pipes. Or the gut pipes, yeah. The pipe farts are made out of bone, and the bag is someone's stomach or something like that. It's just so gross mm-hmm. and so wonderful. Yep. All right, and then we've got the Spoilpox Scrivener. So this one, this is the one with the really weird Heffaluffagus snows. Yeah. Um, so he's got two attacks. His shooting attack is a six-inch range, D6 attacks, three by four, no ren, one damage. It's basically, he just sneezes on you. Um, <laughs> and then his Distended Maw is two attacks, three by four, ren, one damage, two. Nothing great. Uh, he's also got Disgustingly Resilient. 
But the big thing you take him for is keep counting, I'm watching you, which is reroll dice rolls of one when making charge rolls for friendly plague bearers within seven inches of him. And then in addition, reroll hit rolls of one for friendly plague bearers while they're within seven inches of him. So if you're taking a plague bearer centric army, this guy is actually a pretty good add because then he counts as a Nurgle hero. So then you get the locusts off of the plague bearers, which will come too. So you get a lot of bonuses to your plague bearers just by taking this guy with the weird face. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Rerolling ones to charge means you, especially on those short charges where you have to make it, you're almost never going to fail that. Yeah. And then the ones, uh, the hit rolls, it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah, especially for plague bearers because they only hit on fours. So you're making them a little more potent. Because that's what this army needs. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you got Epidemius. Epidemius hasn't changed much, has he? He actually did. Oh, okay. Where did, what did I miss? His chart changed. Oh, yeah, the chart did change. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is that is kind of a big deal. But I'm saying, in general, what he does, you know, he's still disgustingly resilient. His sword and his little teeth, the little teeth, you know, from the Nurgling attacks, still five attacks from the Nurglings, five by fives. He's got three attacks, threes by threes, one rendied, three damage. Um,. His chart only has, what, three actual effects on it? Yeah, right now. They, the only one that changed is the third one, the 21 plus. Right. You want to take that? Oh, I'll, I'll run with it then. I thought there was going to be more to explain. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, so yeah, at seven wounds, you can reroll wound rolls of one. At 14 roll, wounds, you can roll, reroll uh, wound and hit rolls of one. Once you hit 21 wounds... Dealt, you get one extra contagion point in your hero phase. So your your friendly Nurgle units are doing damage and slaying models, and it's not just during the combat phase, right? So all those mortal wounds that you can do count? Yep, it's model slain. It's by model friendly. slain. By, yeah, so once you kill 21 models, you're not only rerolling hits and wounds of one, but you're getting extra contagion points to summon up more trees and do other stuff. Yep. It's, it's it's great and it's just another way to bring in these characters that are that are constantly changing the face of the board. Um seriously, mm-hmm. eventually you're going to have trouble placing any more trees. But they've yeah. all got that bubble on them and suddenly you guys are just running and and dodging and moving through all this stuff. Mhm. All right. Um so we move on to the, one of the newest guys that we saw with Blight War, Horticulus Slimex. Um, yep. He got so much better with this book. Um, so he hasn't really changed stat-wise from our review with Blight War, but he did get a new rule uh, called Cultivating the Garden. So once during the battle, at the start of your hero phase, you can set up a Gnarl Maw within three inches of Slimex and more than one inches away from any other model or terrain feature. So you take him, not only do you get a resilient neural hero, but you also get an extra tree. Yeah. So you're starting off with two trees. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so now you're getting, you're starting the game with four corruption points plus two D3. So, uh, yes. So you're right off the bat, the beginning of the game, as long as nobody's in your territory with you, 
you got a minimum of six. You'd have to roll pretty poorly to not start off and get seven right in your hero phase. In your first in your first uh or your first uh phase. Yeah. And then you just make more trees. Yes, you do. So, uh, and he's, uh, the rest of him is still the same, right? Yeah, there's no change. Okay, so he's still the same Slamics we had before. Uh, plague Bearers. Um, yeah, they're, they're Plague Bearers. One attack, fours by threes, no rend, one damage, one wound. They can move four inches. They've got a five-up save. Um, plus one attack for your, for your, you know, your uh, Plague Ridden, your Captain, your, you know, Commander, um, if you give them uh, an icon, uh, if the unmodified role unmodified is a one when making a battle shock test for a unit that includes icon bearers, you could put D six models back. So that they've had before. Yeah, and, but it's an interesting wording now because it says no models flee. The other demons when they roll ones. Just get to put D six back. It doesn't say they don't lose any more models. Oh, so are we saying that? Are we expecting some sort of an FAQ or something? I don't know. That is an interesting wording. Now that you point that out, unless, of course, they're all going to change to this. They could all just entirely change plausible, well. but. As of right now, they're the only ones that don't lose anymore when they just roll a one. So if I did enough damage to a unit where it would lose, even on a one, lose some models, it would lose models and then put back D6? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then if you've got a Piper in there, um, that's if, – if you – if – if I'm playing against Nurgle and they've got a Piper and I roll a one for Battle Shock with my units within six inches of them, then uh, then I got to re-roll it. So it's just they, they do everything. It seems like. Mm-hmm. And then what else? Oh my goodness! They got, okay, so they're also disgustingly resilient. Uh, Cloud of fi- Flies minus one from the hit rolls of attacks that target this unit in the shooting phase. Minus two if it's 20 or more models uh, in the shooting phase. And one from the hit rolls of attacks that target in the combat phase. So, Mm -hmm. oh, that's so good. Yeah, you're going to want to take 30 packs. There's really no reason not to for these guys. Exactly. So with a 30 pack, you got minus one to hit or minus two to hit in shooting and minus one to hit in close combat. On yep. top of everything else. And then uh, if you're within seven inches of a demon hero, you can re-roll save rolls of one. So that- yep, and if it's a Scrivener, you get to re-roll hit rolls of one. So you get two buffs off the Scrivener, essentially. These guys have gotten really good. Yeah, they have. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is crazy. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think I think we need to take another break. I think we need to yeah. take another break now that we've gotten through there. That, and that's the one unit that is battle line all the time. So you can just you can plague bear it out uh, all you want. Some of the other guys can become battle line. Um, 
I think the what is it the is it the drones become battle line if it's a Nurgle army so you can actually have two battle line. No, no, the Blight Kings become battle line if it's Nurgle allegiance. Oh, okay, right. And then the Puscoils are battle line if Nurgle and you have a Lord of Afflictions as your general. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right. So, um, yeah, if you're taking if you're and if you're running this book, you're probably taking a Nurgle allegiance. So then you well, have, yeah. you have two options for you have two options for uh, battle line, which is nice. And that's not including the Slaves to Darkness stuff, but... All right. Oh, goodness. All right, so let's. we're going to take a break, uh, another quick breather, and when we come back, we'll keep going with all of these here scrolls. Mm-hmm. Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your gamer may want, from board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program. Check out their events calendar, in-store or online. From Tuesday night miniature games and Thursday night board games to Friday night magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back talking plague drones. Demons with wings do their things. <laughs> um, yeah, these guys are definitely one of the standout units. Uh, they were standouts to begin with, with Nurgle, but they got even better with this new book. Um, so the biggest change on here is the icon for them. Because before, you used to get D3 models back when you rolled a 1 for... Okay them in the battle shock now it's just you get one back okay so it's a little more enjoyable of an experience yeah it's a little versus, more fun there yeah um but otherwise there's not a whole lot that changed to them their locusts changed though so they get to add plus one to the attacks of their weapons while they're within seven inches of a nurgle uh demon hero mm-hmm. and that isn't including if you put their great unclean ones command ability on them Oh, jeez. So then they're plus six attacks a model, essentially? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. And the rest of it's pretty much the same. They've got the basic plague sword. Um, the only difference between the two choices on the on the mouth are one extra attack, uh, but a slightly harder wound roll. Yeah. So three attacks, four is the wound, or two attacks, three is the wound. Of course, they get the plus one on there. It's threes and twos to wound. Um, and then it's the Venomous Sting that's only one attack, but that's got rend one damage D3. They're still so good. Five wounds. Yeah, and then the Death's Heads, too. 
you get three attacks from those if you get the Locust up and the Great Unclean Command ability, because it's just plus one attack. Oh, that's right. So then they throw a lot of heads, and then if you get Blades of Putrefication on this one, it affects the Death's heads, it affects all of their attacks. This is one of the hard standouts of this book. That is really good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you can take a whole army of thus just these things if you want to have that all flying. Yeah, not you don't get a whole army of these things. You get most of a whole army of these things. Because they don't become battle line for any condition. Oh, that's right. They don't. That's it's right. the Puscoils. Oh, but you can, but so you can still have a whole flying army. You put a couple of Puscoil units out. And just all coming in on flies. The whole... Oh, it's so, so dumb. So dumb. But um, cool. All right. Uh, the Nurglings. The Nurglings. The... Um, they are, you know, five attacks, five by fives, no rend, one damage, as we know. Uh, four wounds on the base. Um, they can move five. They got a six-up save, ten bravery. Um, at the end of the combat phase, roll a die for each enemy unit that was allocated. Any wounds caused by a unit of Nurglings in the combat phase. On a two-up, they take a mortal wound. So we don't do much, but when we do... You get a mortal wound because we love mortal wounds. Um, if you don't kill it outright at the end of the battle shock phase, it heals back all its wounds. So you have to do four wounds to it. You can't just do some wounds to it. And instead of setting it up on the battlefield, you can do the hidden infestation. And then at the end of the first movement phase, set up the unit anywhere on the battlefield so that it's in cover and more than nine inches from enemy models. Mm-hmm. So you can just kind of set them up, uh, you know, off to the side, but up much closer, especially if you've got... Um... Now, in cover, does that mean the... Now, that's not just uh, up against, uh, touching up against something. They've got to actually be in cover. So that's... Okay. Yeah, so it's got a little more of a condition to it, but now they actually get the benefit of cover because they have a six-up save in this book versus the dash they had before. Oh, that's right. So it's a neat little trick for 100 points. And because they're only three 40-millimeter bases at base size, that's a nasty little trick to squat on an objective real quick. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have the new and improved Beast of Nurgle with a substantially better model. Oh, yeah. Um, never mind how much bigger it is. Um, so he doesn't have a lot of things that change with him. Uh, move 5, save 5. Bravery seven or bravery ten seven wounds. Um, he's got a bunch of attacks: d six claws and tentacles, fours by threes, no rend, one damage, and then a slobbery tongue, uh, one attack, three by three, no rend, d three d d three damage. Um, he has the acidic slime trail, like what Horticulus has. So when they retreat, they get to roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of it. And on a 4-plus, that enemy unit takes D3 mortal wounds because they're dying in the acid slime, which is cool. And these guys start at base unit size 1, so they have one unit with a really big base. So you can probably hit a bunch of units on your way out. Also, you can run them in little you know, charging, retreating circles where one guy's retreating and then the other guy's charging and sort of holding everything there. Oh, no, you can do the same thing with the same one. Because they have attention seekers, so they can charge oh, in right. the same turn that they ran or retreated. So basically, you get your retreat. Whatever you roll, you just need to pull back far enough to get your three inches away. 
and then, then go charging in again. again. Oh, they're also disgustingly resilient and plus one to damage. Um, yeah. If within seven inches of a hero. Yep, and they get the benefit from the bile paper. So uh, that's the guy you got to look for for them. Um, and then love, same with uh, Horticulus. I love their description. Um, oh, they're so great. They uh, Beasts of Nurgle unintentionally rend and crush their victims with their claws and tentacles and poison them with their slobbering tongues. They're just, they want to play. Yeah, they're big. They have the exuberance of a playful puppy. Yeah. Except but. they don't realize that they just kill everything they touch or they don't know why. But it's just, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like these, I like these beasts. I really do. Like, I'm still, I'm still torn on whether or not I like the model. I still, if I had three little metal great unclean ones, I would use those as beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, because they would match the big great unclean one and I think they look pretty cool too. Uh, although the base size it would look weird on, on the, using the regular, with the new beast of Nurgle base. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy, oh boy. You can just, oh man, I just have some fun, run this stuff in, do crazy stuff with it. So dumb. So dumb. Um, okay, so now we're on to the Glotkin. Yeah. Um, there's no real change. Yeah, I see. In... This is the same, isn't it? Yeah. So can we, can we kind of just move along with it then? Yeah, we can move past him. I'm only saying just because there's so much rules and so much stuff and we've already gone we've even going two hours just uh, and we haven't even gotten to all the scrolls or the battalions. Yeah. Um, This is crazy. Yeah. So we'll skip the Magath Lords. They've all stayed the same. Um, So Demon Spew, Rot Spawn, Morbidex Twice Born, they're all the same. You can look at all of them. They haven't changed. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so then we get on to the newest character, is the Lord of Afflictions. So this is the character you can build out of the Puscoil Blight Lord kit. Uh, I'm sorry. We just skipped over five scrolls, you know, like, oh, now we're down. We only have ten left. Let's get going. Oh, dear Lord. There's a lot in this book. So this is uh, essentially a big uh, lord on a rot fly. So move a save for bravery ten, eight wounds. Pretty cool. Uh, he's got a Fester Spike, which is uh, three attacks, three to hit, three to wound, red one, D3 damage. Awesome. Uh-huh. Um, the bug has the foul mouth parts. So it's two attacks, three by three, no ren damage one. He's got a sting. So four to hit, three to wound, red one, damage D3, one attack only. And then he's got a Dolores Toxin, which is a gigantic bell basically strapped to his butt that he kind of swings around and hits people with. Um, so that's one attack, four by three, Ren two, damage two. So. Lots of attacks, yeah. lots of stuff going on. He's disgustingly resilient. Um, oh, you can heal a wound at the start of the hero phase, because, you know. Reasons. Yep. Um, re-roll, hit rolls of one for friendly Rotbringer units within seven inches of him. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm taking the, I just grabbed this from me. I shouldn't have done that. That was rude. No, that's cool. Um, so he's got that. He's also, he can also carry an incubatch, which I'm not 100% sure what that is, but he's got it. Um, so in your hero phase, you get to roll a dice for each unit, friend or foe within three inches of him. Um, on a two plus, the unit suffers a mortal wound. And if it's a Nurgle unit, the unit suffers a wound on a six plus instead. Now, 
this does include himself. So you have to roll for himself every turn. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's interesting that Nurgle units, well, including himself, take a wound on a six. This is the one time that it didn't say Nurgle units are unaffected. Mm-hmm. It's just that potent. Yeah. I'm looking at the pictures here to see if I can see what that uh, what that incubatch is, but I don't... No. I think it's a bug or something. Oh, okay. Um, and then the virulent discharge, and this will also be on the um, Blight Lords and the Blight Kings uh, War Skulls. So in your hero phase, you get to roll a dice for each unit, friend or foe, within three inches of any models with this ability. And on a six, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. And if the unit has the Nurgle keyword, you heal D3 wounds instead. So you have two chances to heal this guy. Right. With Rotten Regeneration and then the Virulent Discharge. So good. So, And then his command ability is pretty nasty. So you get to pick a friendly Blightlord unit, uh, Poscoil unit. So this is only the guys with the flies. Uh, unit within 14 inches of them. And then you get to add 8 to that unit's move characteristic. So they go up to movement 16. So good. Uh, plus the wheel, plus the tree, and that's not including if you don't have a great unclean one with the Doomsday Bell. So good. Because then essentially you get up to movement 23 plus 2D... Or no, it's not movement. It's uh, 16 plus 2 plus 3. So movement 21 plus 3D6. So your <laughs> alpha striking turn 1. That's crazy. Uh, has Festus changed? Uh, no. Okay, so Festus is still Festus, doing his wonderful stuff. Um, let's jump to the the uh, Harbinger of Decay, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, why don't you take this guy? I think you, I'm not even Yeah, certain. he's not really changed. Oh, okay. Uh, with the new book, um... The big thing that he gets is he gets a bubble around him for friendly Nurgle mortal units within seven inches of him uh, to negate wounds on a five plus, and that's a command ability. But it's only Nurgle mortal, so it does include the Rotbringers, but it doesn't include demons. So, I mean, he's cool. He's even cooler if you take Archeon, who lets him and other ones use this command ability. So you have a lot of bubbles suddenly popping up if you take Archeon. Oh, wow, okay. Because each one gets to use a command ability when Archeon uses his. Nice. So Why am I not he, able to picture this model? Um, he's the big fat guy on the horse. Um, oh. Got, yeah, it's I that I think guy. I remember him. Okay. Okay, yeah, all right. So... All right, well, that's him. Is there any time you're really taking this guy? Oh, I would take him, absolutely, especially if I was playing with Archeon in this list. Okay. But I don't know if... I think there are better options, um, like the Lord of Plagues or the Lord of Blights, but he's still a good character choice. Okay. Um, what else? We got the Sorcerer. He's only got six wounds. He's got the some of the lowest wounds for a character model. Uh, five up, save seven bravery. Move four. Um, is one attack from his staff. Fours by threes. One rend. D three damage. Um, because uh, 
Nurgle mortal wizard sorcerer, he does not have disgustingly resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll a die when he casts a spell and is not it's not unbound. On a four up, you can heal a wound. So cast a spell, get it off. On a four up, you heal a wound. Uh, he can cast one spell and unbind one spell. One spell. So he'll have Arcane Bolt, Mystic Shield, the two from the book, and then he has Stream of Corruption. Casting value of six. If cast, pick an enemy unit within seven inches that is visible, and they take three mortal wounds. Not D3. They just take three mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. That's actually not bad. No, it's not. <laughs> and you're going to be taking one of these probably just because he does get the access to Blades of Putrefication. Which is one of the nastier spells that he has access to. Never mind everything else. Um, so then we have the new character, the Lord of Blights. This is the one that's on the cover of the book. Um, so his big thing is uh, he's got two different shooting attacks. Uh, the Thrice Ripened Death's Head, which is one attack, three by three, rend three, damage D3. Um, and then he's got the Munificent Bounty Death's Heads, which is... One attack, four by three, ran nothing, damage one. And they're both 14-inch range, so nothing super cool. Um, and then he's got the Bubatic Hammer. Three attacks, three by three, ran one, damage two, so pretty good melee attack. Um, his big thing is he works really well with Blight Kings. So at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one friendly Blight King unit within three inches of him, and they get to attack with the um, Munificent Death's Head attack. So, cool. They each get a little nifty shooting attack. Okay. Um, his shield lets him reroll save rolls of one in the combat phase. So, cool when he gets there. Uh, but his big command ability, um, you get to pick a neural unit within 21 inches of him, and until your next hero phase, uh, subtract one from the shooting or from the hit rolls that target the unit in the shooting phase. And if it's 20 or more models, you get to subtract two from the hit rolls so, that target it in the shooting phase, so, and then one from the combat phase. So this essentially makes them Plague Bearers, but you can put this on Plague Bearers. So Plague Bearers suddenly become a unit of 30 is minus three to hit with shooting. Minus four. Minus four to hit with shooting, and minus two to hit in close combat. Yep. That's stupid. I know. That is Isn't it great? so stupid. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. I'm done. I quit. I'm not playing anymore. This, this is wow. Yeah. Seriously, just hordes of you need a you know, just hordes of Plague bearers that you can't shoot. You're going to have to get into combat. Minus two to hit in close combat? Mm-hmm. So now you're going to need... <sighs> Sixes for most things. Uh, fives for a lot of the others. But it's also going to take away all of the exploding sixes and everything like so that. I need sixes to hit, but I don't get to keep my sixes. Right. Because you're using your dumb spell to reset the chart every turn. So mm-hmm. that it's oh, this is <laughs> every power gamer in uh, is going to buy a Nurgle army at this point. 
Yeah. Is this the most powerful army that we've got right now? No, I think it's on the same level as Stormcast. Um, I still think that Zinch is probably the top dog, same with Fire Slayers. But this is a good hard counter to Fire Slayers and Zinch. I thought Corn was the big bad. Nurgle has Nurgle has arisen. Wow. This yeah. is just dumb. Okay. Um Gutrot's Boom, has he changed much? Yeah. So him, we, we should definitely talk about him. Yeah. Um so previously he was not very good. You never right. really saw him. Uh his profile itself has not changed. Um it's his extra rules. So he doesn't have a command ability anymore. Um, so that was Towering Arrogance. His new Towering Arrogance is he gets to reroll hit rolls of one if he targets a hero. Um, and in addition, if he's within three inches of an enemy hero, he cannot target units that are not heroes. Because he wants to go kill the big characters. Okay. So that's his thing. That used to be a command ability where he had to do like seven wounds in a phase. And then he heals all of his wounds back. Oh, well, that no, that's no good. No, it's not very good at all. Um, and then he's got a brand new rule, Master of the Slime Fleet. So instead of setting up Spume on the battlefield, you can place him and up to one unit of Blight Kings to the side. And essentially you get to ambush them where at the end of your first movement phase, you get to set up Spume and the unit of Blight Kings within six inches of each other wholly within six inches of the edge of the battlefield and more than nine away from enemy models. So you get to basically ambush a unit of like 10-ish Blight Kings that close to your enemy, along with a pretty tanky character that can actually deal a lot of damage. And if you get it into their territory, you're also grabbing a quick three contagion points. In the next go-around, yeah. Yep. Um, but you're also getting a hero in their deploy- in their territory very quickly, and it's the end of the movement phase. So then you get to plant a tree off of Spume if you get the timing right. Jeez. Um, did we talk about clutching pseudopods? Uh, no, that hasn't changed since his last oh, okay. version. So, yeah. It's still really powerful. So basically he gets to pick an enemy model within an inch of him. You choose a weapon carried by that model and roll a dice, and on a four or more, that model cannot use that weapon. I'm sorry, Arcan, you cannot use the Slayer of Kings. <laughs> I'm sorry, Celestin Prime, you cannot use Galmaraz. <sighs> oh, almost dropped the mic there. So good. All right, so what's next? What do we got? Jeez, let's try to get. Through. We got three more because we went through the <laughs> we went through the Narma already, right? Yeah. Okay, so we got three more. Let's do this. Lord of Plagues. Seven wounds, nine bravery. Fours by fours. Um, his blade, three attacks, threes by threes, one rend, D3 damage. Reroll hit rolls of one for friendly putrid blight kings within seven inches of him. So they're rerolling ones. Uh, what else? Roll a die after the model makes its attacks in the combat phase and add the number of wounds inflicted by this model and were not saved or negated to the dice roll. If it's 7 plus, you immediately get a contagion point. So, okay, so that's really actually kind of nice. It's a nice little uh, extra contagion points for the plague guy. Mm-hmm. 
That's not bad. So yeah. after all the attacks in the combat phase are done, take the number of wounds you did. Plus, so te- I mean, technically, with a good roll, you only have to do one wound. But if yeah. you manage to do, you know, you got three attacks, threes by threes, possibly threes by twos, one ren d three damage. You can wow. Okay, so you can you can easily get that seven and get another contagion point. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, his great. Each time you make a roll of six plus for the models, plague ridden great blade. It does d six hits instead of that roll inflicts d six hits instead of one. Oh my goodness! So three attacks, and if you roll sixes, then you roll to see actually how many hits. It, 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 and they're oh boy. Yeah. That could be really good. That could make it really easy to get those wounds in. So silly. Mm-hmm. And then what's and uh, what's his get? What's his uh, command ability? Grandfather's gift. In the hero phase, use it if you do enemy unit within twenty-one. Oh, okay. So this is like the other grandfather's gift. Uh, it, you roll seven dice, and sixes would do mortal wounds to the unit. That's the bigger one. This one just does one mortal wound for each six to one unit. Mm-hmm. So instead of for all sixes, you pick a unit and do D three. This is just your. I like this Lord of Plagues. Yeah, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, he's a good little truck. Earning contagion points, possibly getting extra extra hits, and uh, and then doing mortal wounds with a well. If you take him as the general, but you don't even have to do that. So still, he's got some other nice things. Yeah, he's a good character that can be played as not the general mm-hmm. and still contribute positively. Cool. Um, what about the Blight Kings? Okay, now these guys really haven't changed from their last version, except they get plus one wound. They were three wounds before, they're now four. They probably, I mean, they, they looked like they were going to be more wounds than that, you know? Yeah. So. Um, but otherwise, they really didn't change. It's just three attacks, threes by threes, no rend damage, one. If they roll a six or more to hit, they do D6 hits instead of one. And then they get the virulent discharge like we had mentioned for uh, the Lord of Afflictions. So same thing. And so where the uh, Lord of Afflictions had the Dolorous Toxin uh, to attack with, uh, that's the, the the bell. They have the Sonorous Toxin. Mm-hmm. That can add one of the run and charge rolls. Well, you know, because that's great. Because we've already b- bumped that up. Let's make a move even quicker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Love it. Uh, and they've got the blighted weapons too. Hits of six. That hit roll is d six hits instead of one. Oh my goodness! All right, let's do the new guys. The last, mo- the last entry of the uh, before we get to all the. <laughs> the different uh, battalions is the uh, Puscoil Blight Lords. You t- take this, Alex. You know it better than I do. Sure. Um, so they're move eight, like any other fly. They're seven wounds. Um, they have the same basic attack profile as the Blight Kings, and then they have the foul mouth parts from the rot, from the rot flies, as well as the venomous sting. Uh, and then they one in every two models, so up to half. Uh, can take a toxin instead of the blighted weapon, and the toxin is four by three, rend two, damage two, and it's only one attack. 
I don't know if I would ever take that, but it's a fun option. Yeah. Um, because you're going to lose so much from the blighted weapons, which is if you roll the six to hit, you get D6 hits instead of one. So that's yeah. a big deal. They get disgustingly resilient because they're rot flies. The two they also get to, is nice, but I can see yeah. what you're saying. I'd rather take the bucket of attacks, though. Right. Um, they get disgustingly resilient, so if they take a wound on a 5+, plus, it's negated. And they also picked up the demon keyword. So these guys can be affected by a lot of different things now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's kind of like how the Zangors picked up the demon keyword when they put them on the disc. Right, right, right. So it's the same principle here. Um, and then they get the virulent discharge from the Lord of Afflictions thing. So they just do more mortal wounds when you just do anything to them. Wait, roll a die each unit within three inches. Yeah. Of any friendly unit with this, on a six up, D3 mortal wounds, oh, and they heal. Nurgle. If it's Nurgle, including themselves. So they get a chance to heal every hero phase, a chance to deal out damage every hero phase, never mind disgustingly resilient. This is. Wow. Mm hmm. This is ridiculous. It's pretty awesome, ain't it? That's a lot of bookkeeping. There is a lot to keep track of with this. You kind of have to become your own little spoilpox scrivener to keep uh, track of all of it. Maybe get yourself one of those little uh, little journals, those gaming journals. Yeah, this is definitely like cheat sheet territory for all the stuff you have to keep track of. Oh, definitely. It's oh, it's so crazy. This is this is bonkers. This was really just kind of weird. Uh, I can't believe how much stuff they've got and how much just potential damage output they have. Not to mention the fact that they're flying around the board. They're chart they're after you get a couple of these trees down, and let's face it, you got one tree to start the game, possibly two, depending if who if you take uh if you take uh Slimex, yeah. Slimex. If not, you can really by you should be able to have one by t the second turn you've got two trees down. Um Suddenly, you got three or four. They're keeping them near each other, hopefully, to get their bubbles working. And your guys are just running and charging all over the board. Mm hmm. Plus, if you really need to move them, you get off the spell and you move the move the uh, move the chart the dial over the dial to give them the plus two again. Plus, oh, it's so. It's in there's a, whole, a lot. This is a of whole layers. new army. This is a whole is. new army this isn't just some subtle changes they have taken this whole army and they have rewritten this army and it's kind of amazing mm -hmm. this this is what i want to start seeing with this sort of really cool abilities really focused uh uh you know sort of uh style to it uh following the lore in the play style this is so great. Um, you know, I, I know this is going to sound like a weird thing to say, but this really kind of makes me excited to see what they do with elves. Because they're going to do something Girl, with them please. eventually. Oh, come on. They're going to do something with them eventually. And if these guys can do all this sort of this sort of destruction and do all this, could you? I mean, could you picture just the elves just like purifying and cleaning things and doing? No, elves are Bonus. dead. <laughs> 
get over it. Listen, we're not that lucky. They're going to come back. They're bringing no, they're them not. in. Sure they are. You know they are. No. Yeah, they're going to. They have to. No, they don't. Hey, I bet you those prick ears can those, stay dead. I bet you those pointy-eared elves come back before I get a new zombie model. Uh. <laughs> so, as much fun as this is, we haven't even gone over the battalions yet. And we need to take another break. I need, yeah, we do. I need a minute. I got to I got to take a minute here. Um, this is I had no idea what I was getting into when we started this review. Like I had no idea how long this was going to take and how much this was going to be. I mean, I figured three or four hours, but we're looking at just that on the scrolls and the and the and the on the tactics talk. This isn't even getting anywhere in this. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. All right, so we'll break. We'll be back, and uh, we'll talk about all the different battalions. Um, the one thing I can say before you take a break that I noticed, and I think I'm right here, is they ain't cheap. No. Uh, you get some no. really cool abilities, um, but the cooler you want your abilities, the less models you're going to have on the table. Yeah. Um, and uh, spoiler alert, a lot of these models are expensive. A couple of them did go up in points, like the Plague Bearers went up. Um, the battalions, when we get to them, are all pretty expensive. Um and we'll get over why they're expensive when we come to them. Because they're worth it? Because they're worth it. Um, so there's a lot to this book. It's going to be more of an elite-type army, but you can still have some hoardy elements. You just got to – you're going to be tight on points with this book. So just be prepared to not get everything even, you want. Even if you decide you don't want to go with extra battalions and stuff like that, you can just mm – -hmm. you can say, I'm just going hordes of, of plague bearers and take tons of – Suddenly, you're not running super elite. -y. You've still got a ton of stuff on the table. Yeah, um, but you can get really elite -y if you want to. You can mm -hmm. you can pull a Ben Johnson and just like I'm, I'm. That's what I'm waiting to see if he does. I know I know he likes to pull his uh, three three. Uh, he's put them riders. together today. So he's got the three dragon riders. So his next army is going to be. Uh, you're going to see it's going to be the three the three great unclean ones. Yeah, he was putting them together. So I'm already on Twitter. Oh, great. Beautiful. I want to see what he does with that. All right, let's uh, let's go. Let's go so we can get back and we can jump into this because it's going to be uh, wackadoodle, basically. Yep. All right. Go a marching, and the mists churn fetid moist. Then can the demons of the plague god be beckoned hence to walk the realms. Firstly, should ye dig the filth pits, the trilobe deeps all wriggling a rotten, and slick and slop their walls. Take the unfaithful, the fools that live and them that do not, and cast them hence under the triplet maw to wallow there midst the blessed sludge. Speak ye then the seven incantations of plentiful rot. Intone the dirge of the bubonic blessing, and vomit the urging prayer. Let the words of Nurgle drip like pus from thy rotten gums, till they gather miasmal all about. Dance then, though your bones might creak and your plumpet blisters burst, for Nurgle delights in a revel. 
toll the bells of welcome round the Naramaw trees, and cry out praise midst the shrilling of the maggots and the droning of the flies. Then does the moldering curtain part, the rusted gate creak open to the garden glorisome. Then shall the Taliban's trudge out to bear grandfather's givings hence. Then shall the blessings of Nurgle be upon thee, and his fulsome gratitude be thine. Give praise! Give praise! Give praise! The demons of Nurgle are come! Goldthrox the Festival, on summoning ye the demons of the grandfather. We are back! Energized, ready, renewed, ready to go! Yeah, there's so much. And thanks to the magic of editing and recording over several days, um, I realized that I had a faux pas in the last little conversation. Um, I said Verminlord Corruptors couldn't take artifacts or command traits with the Nurgle book. They can, because they're Nurgle demons. <laughs> so, See, we caught it. That's good. Yeah, which, I mean, you could do a mono-pestilence army using the Nurgle Allegiance because they all have the Nurgle Allegiance ability. Or Nurgle uh, keyword. <laughs> that's, that's odd. Because you could still claim Pestilence Allegiance yeah. for Plague Monks and stuff as battle line, but you just use the Nurgle Allegiance ability. Oh, yeah. If you didn't want all the awesome prayers and everything else that we talked about that was so awesome, you could branch to this, but then your characters couldn't take any of the artifacts except the Vermin Lords. I see. Hmm. Don't know if you'd want to do that, but... You could. I mean, running, charging Plague Monks and Sensor Bearers is nothing to sneeze at. Oh, that's true. That is very true, isn't it? But you only have one wizard... Hmm. hmm. I don't know. Eh, whatever. I'm not going to play it anyway. So. Yeah, give it time. All right. I just got to finish up my Stormcast so I could p- decide which Dwarden I want to build. I may have to go with some Fire Slayers. I think I can get some quick and dirty Fire Slayers. Just go with the short ones. All right. I do love them all. They're all yeah, like my yeah. children. My short, squat, bearded, grumpy. Heavy drinking children. Boy. <laughs> All right. We are rolling way off. Yes, we are. All right. All right. War Scroll Battalions. Um, should we just start with the Taliban? Yeah. Um, and they do have the Mega One, which is the Munificent Wanderers. Right, which but is... that's a great unclean one with two Talibans. That's why I skipped it. Figured we do the Taliban yeah, first. You're not realistically going to play it in match play, but if you want to do it for funsies, it's pretty cool. But it's just I a lot. Could how how much would it cost? I mean, well, you're looking at at least one great unclean one, two heralds, and eight units of either plague bearers or plague drones. Right. Plus the cost of the two battalions or oh, three right. battalions. Oh, that's right. That it, you would never. You're right. You would have to have a huge game to do it. Plus, yeah. you'd want seven units because then you get the bonuses. Right for the Taliban. Right, because Taliban is actually pretty cool now. So uh, it's 
an optional up to one great unclean one in the tally van, so zero to one. Uh, one to three heroes, uh, any of the three heralds. You can, you know, one to three of them. Four to seven units of plague bears and plague drones. And then up to three beasts to Nurgle or Nurgling units if you want them. So pile all that mm-hmm. in. At the start of your hero phase, each unit in the battalion heals a wound. Uh, for units of plague bears, put back D3 slain models for each unit instead. So that's not bad right off the bat. Any multi-wound characters get a wound back in the hero phase on top of whatever else they're getting. And you bring back D3 plague bearers to each unit. If the number of plague bearer units plus the number of plague drone units in the battalion at the start of the battle is seven. So if you take the full seven, you get an extra contagion point in each hero phase. Which, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to take seven then at that point? I mean... Those contagion points we talked about earlier, I mean, they're, they're, they're like everything for this army. Yeah. And, and that's how you the, grow uh, your garden, you know? Mm-hmm. And the old version of this one um, actually required a great unclean one, whereas this one doesn't. And then everything in that old tally band was centered off the great unclean one. So you can do this without having to take a great unclean one. I just don't know why you wouldn't. Oh right. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're not trying to go for the munificent wanderers, uh, yeah. If, if you're, you're going straight like Nurgle demons, is this if that's what you want to play? Then the Taliban is probably where you should be heading. But yeah. that's again, if you want to play that way, um, and a lot of people have said, "Oh, it's too expensive. It's too expensive." Okay, except you're dropping your entire army in one deployment, and that's so it. Pay- yeah, yeah. You're paying for that advantage. I don't think the tally band is all that expensive. I really don't. It is by the time you put in all the units. But, but again, you're one dropping your army, which is what, a significant advantage. And that's the thing. I mean, that it, I mean, you're going to pay that much for any really good any good war scroll battalion is going to cost you around 200. The really good ones now. Mhm. At least from what I've seen. Uh, I may be talking a little bit out of my backside. But from no, what no, I've you seen, ain't. You know, and here's the thing. I take a GUO, I got three heralds, I got seven huge, you know, maybe three or four huge units of plague bearers, uh, uh, you know, um, a couple of beasts and nurglings, some plague drones, so I don't get some of the, those newer, the, the fancier plague drones, and I don't have, I don't have the big boys, the, um, what are they, the Blight Kings, but if I'm taking a basic Nurgle army, this is my whole army. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's one drop. I'm controlling the, you know, if I win the the roll off for, you know, see who's going to deploy first, I win deployment, basically. And, you know, it, and then, I mean, the extra contagion point, because like I said, I just keep thinking in my head that, that the, the contagion points and the putting out the extra trees is, is kind of a key to this army, in my head, at least, because I haven't gotten to play test it that much. Um, there's already so many things in it that are good. In fact, I've been seeing already all around on Twitter and stuff, people saying they faced off against it and they're just getting, it's like, oh God, this army is tough. It's really good, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But if you're playing to the lore and, 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 you know, changing the terrain around you into Nurgle's garden, this is so good. Yes. Like, I, I know I was talking with Brandon uh, he he picked up the book on Saturday, and he picked up his GUO and his five trees, and he was over here building trees. He's looking at the book. He's like, I think I'm just going to start with the Taliban. 
He's like, oh, there's, mm-hmm. oh, there's other cool things in here. He kept looking at the thrice full befoulment, and then I showed him pictures of the stuff. He doesn't know who anybody is in the bigger, greater community. I showed him, showed him, uh, you know, Ben Johnson's. I was gonna say, you know, talking about Ben Johnsoning an army. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm like, yes, you could totally do that. Uh, and he was just, but he's like, yeah, I'm gonna start off with this because this is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you want to take two Taliban's, which is four over 400 points of of, of War Scroll Battalions, uh, coupled with the Munificent Wanderers, which uh, all, all three of these wind up being close to around 600 points to take just for the War Scrolls themselves. You could take two Taliban's. Now, that's two Taliban's and uh, a great unclean one. But you got to take... they got to... A specialty one they call him Thrombolox the Giving. So basically, you'd have to go with minimum size to fit. I don't even think you can fit into two thousand after you take away that many points. No, but uh, the bonuses you get for this. I mean, I, I mean, if you want to play it, like if you're playing some narrative games, just seeing if you know Nurgle is putting a grand push. You know, throw mm-hmm. down some of your own rules, replacing units and stuff like this because. Or just if someone has a big enough army to face you. Um, in the rampant disease stage of the corruption wheel, which is number the, six. Yeah, to pick D3 units to do D3 mortal wounds if they're within 12 inches of each other. Yeah, so D3 units take D3 mortal wounds. Um, it's enemy units that are affected that are within 14 inches of a unit from this battalion. So they still got to follow those rules, 12 inches of each other, but they got to be within 14 uh, inches of a unit from this battalion. It's D6 mortals instead of D3. And if your great unclean one, Thromblox the Giving, is still on the battlefield, it's D6 enemy units are affected. So it's D6 mortal, D6 units taking D6 mortals. It literally doubles down on both ends of that. Um, Yeah, if you get all the conditions. It's... That seems like it's really tricky to do. Um, do you really think but, so? Because I'll just throw the spell and put it on that one. And well, I'll I be know, doing but there's d- the other like distance conditions. Three units within 12 inches of each other. I mean, unless it's three in- 12 inches, like, uh, I mean, is it? Oh, that's a good question. Is it 12 inches total? Like they all? Yeah, it's the th- units have to be within 12 inches of each other. So can and then I have, if they're within 14 inches of a unit from the Wanderers, then they take D6. Oh, so they'd have to be... Well, yeah, well, you could... But your units are moving so fast, they can just fly up all around the other guy's units. Yeah, like Beast and Nurgle would probably get it up there real quick. So, I mean, you could do it, but again, it's just exceptionally points prohibitive. But if you're not playing with points and you're just playing for funsies, then go for it. It's just... It's kind of gross. It is, t- it is too... It's super powerful. It is too big for tournaments, but I could see someone playing it in some huge you know, apocalypse-sized game. game. Yeah. Oh, I would love to do that. And I know, like I said, Brandon's my the guy I know who plays Nurgle, and he was just like, he was salivating. He's like, oh, one of these days we're going to play this once I get all my stuff built. But I'm like, all right, I'll play. The problem is like four big units of plague bearers, with, or eight big units of plague bearers. Is who's got two hundred plague bearers? 
you know, although you could have them. You could have 200 zombies. You could have 200, uh, you know, uh, what are your guys you're building again? Flagellants. Oh, that's what I thought. All right, you could have, you know, there's lots of things that you can have hundreds of in this game now, so. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, speaking of Ben Johnson, uh, <laughs> so let's move on to the thrice-fold befoulment, which is three great unclean ones, one of which can be Rodigus. Um, so this battalion um, has a couple of abilities, uh, the first of which is you get to reroll hit rolls of one for models from this battalion while they're within 14 inches of another model from the battalion. And in addition, they can reroll wound rolls of one for models if they're within 14 inches of the two other ones. So if you run a triangle, oh, mm-hmm. oh look, three a three-dot triangle, yeah, and keep it all with about a foot apart from each other. They're rerolling mm-hmm. hits and wounds of one. Yep. That's a nice start. What else can they do? Uh, the second of which is that they're spelled Plague Wind, which is the line. And if you hit an enemy unit, it does D3 mortal wounds. If it hits a friendly unit, it heals D3. Um, if a model from this battalion successfully casts a Plague Wind spell when it's within seven inches of another model from this battalion, then the number of mortal wounds inflicted goes up to 2d3 and if the caster is within seven inches of two other models from this battalion then the number of mortal wounds inflicted by this spell is increased to 3d3 so (laughs) you generally want to keep the three of them together and you can realistically have all three of them lumbering across the table very quickly because you give one of them a plague bell and set the wheel to plus two movement, get a tree right there. They're going to start trucking. That's <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And I could totally see this being played on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Really good. I could see people playing this and just, yeah. I mean, why not? If you're going to build and have these big, great, unclean ones, you're going to want to use them. Mm-hmm. So, uh and, and this is this 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 battalion is your excuse to not have to magnetize. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You make one guy, uh, one guy choppy, one guy magicy, and one guy the the character, and there you go. Oh, mm-hmm. So silly. Um, what else we got here? Um, okay, I like the menagerie. I do too. <laughs> it's, so you get Slimex, you get three units of Beast and Nurgle, and up to three units of any combination of Plague Drones, Beast and Nurgle, and Nurglings. So you could literally just take Slimex and six Beasts and Nurgle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, or little Nurglings running around, um, whichever you want to do. Uh, this is just all the guys. I mean, the plague drones are still really good. The other guys are good too. They're just sort of like it's it's the little goofy things that that come in the army, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So he can. Oh, this is so good. By the way, he can use his cultivating the Garden of Nurgle ability in each hero phase instead of only once per battle. In addition, when he does it, the feculent Narlmaw can be set up within three inches of any unit from the battalion instead of within three inches of him. So his whole I get to drop a tree once per game. Now he's doing it every every turn. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be near him either. So if he's stuck and you got stuff around him where it's like, oh, I'll just 
I won't, you know, I won't give him the opportunity to do it. Well, I got Beast and Nurgle running all over the table, and they're just sprouting around them. Yeah, or Nurglings that pop out of a terrain feature. Yeah. And then, boom, because you place it at the end of the movement phase. Yeah. No, it's, that's, um, and then, uh, this one would be harder if you have all these little single model units. Minus one to the bravery from enemy units when they are within 14 inches of seven or more models from this battalion. So Yeah, that's tricky. That one's tricky, but that's not what it is. That's, you're taking this, if you're taking this, and you could literally just take it with uh, Slimex and Three Beasts. Yeah, and just be done with it. And then just be dropping tr- dropping trees all over the place. It is a very, it is the most expensive battalion. Mm-hmm. But it is it, it it could quite possibly wind up being the most powerful as well. Yeah. Because you're literally, so you're starting the game with two trees. Or you're starting the game with one tree. Your hero phase, you're dropping a second though. So when you're actually going to be counting up the points for this stuff, you're getting both two D3. And then every turn, you're adding another D3 contagion points. Mm-hmm. Or corruption points, whichever it is. That's That might be worth the points right there, depending on your play style. Yeah. Could you just drop this unit and spread those guys out? Spread out those beasts all over the board? I don't care about one one bravery. I, I really don't. You know what I'm saying? No. Then I just... <laughs> I care that things are getting dropped all over the place. Yeah, that's what you care about. So, it is odd that this is not a one drop. This does not make you give you a one drop army. This does not give you any. But it, it, I think that that goes to what we said: is that these the feculent narrowmaws are such a big deal that if you get to drop one every turn, as a rule, then it's that's the most expensive battalion. I think it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. So now we've got, what have we got left? I think we've got three left, right? Uh, four. Oh, well, four with the, with, the bigger, with the big battalion. Yep. But I, this, I think, is interesting, too. You've got a plague cyst, a blight cyst, and an affliction cyst, which yeah, is your lord of plagues, your lord of blights, and your lord of afflictions. So they each, each of those lords gets his own war scroll battalion with his own particular you know types of uh units that would he would he would go best with yeah and this is again based off their organization like we saw earlier in the book so it's once again it's just i I know i just keep talking about how these play to the lore though but they do and it's that makes it so much fun for me when they do this like this book to me has just hit such a bar that I hope other books can meet up to. It's it's fun and it's strong and it's playable and it's got enough variety where I could literally go up against six or seven different types. I could play Nurgle every game at a tournament and never see the same type of army twice. And that is something that I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because when it's this powerful and you know it's going to be popular... But you go, well, I might not see the same thing over and over and over again. That makes it at least better. Because you know what it's like when you go against the same. What are you playing? <laughs> I remember the first, like, my second year at Adepticon, I played Dark Elves like two or three times. And it was literally the same list. 
every time I played it. By the third time, I had it down. But this, I, this you might you could totally avoid that. So mm-hmm. okay, back to it. You want to take the plague cyst? Sure. So for this one, it is a Lord of Plagues, three to six units of Blight Kings, a Rotbringer Sorcerer, and a Harbinger of a Decay. Those two are optional, though. Yes. Um. So we have the Master of Slaughter. So you get to reroll all failed hit rolls for units from this battalion that are affected by the Wanton Slaughter of the Lord of Plagues, which is commit, which is uh, his bubble ability. Instead of rerolling hit rolls of one, oh, and that's so that's good so for good. Blight Kings. Yeah, yeah, because they need to make every attack count. Yeah, because they have so few so compared to their base size and their cost. So. Right. Um, and then the second of which is that in your hero phase, you get to roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of a unit from this battalion. And on the six, the unit being rolled for suffers D3 mortal wounds. So a little extra splash damage on the mortal wounds. Um, again, it can be a one drop if you wanted to play that way um, or half a drop if you wanted. So it could be like half your army in one deployment or all of your army in one deployment. So... It's not too bad, and the Wanton Slaughter reroll is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it goes from rerolling ones to rerolling all fail to hit rolls. That's mm-hmm. dumb. Yeah, I mean, it really is just. I mean, what do they hit on? They normally hit on threes. So threes rerollable. That's yeah. Oh come on! I mean, it's only three attacks, and it's units. Well, it's units of five. So you're looking at 15 attacks with re-rollable threes? I mean, that's still pretty good. Uh, they don't have any rend and their damage one, but they've got other stuff they can do that makes them decent. Yeah, it's got we the exploding effect. Right. And it's only within seven inches of the Lord of Plagues, so it's a small bubble, but it is a big deal. If you run two or three of these units, they'll write down, and you have him kind of behind them, you know, and you run a spear mm-hmm. tip, you got all, you'll get them all? Yeah. And then, and then, oh, in my hero phase, oh, look, we're in combat, so I'm going to roll, and on a six-up, you'll take D3 mortals. I'm not counting on it, but it's just that throwing in more, just more vicious wounds. It's just so dumb. All right, so I'm, I'll take the Blight Cyst. Okay, uh, this one's with the Lord of Blights, and three to six unit of Blight Kings, and a sorcerer and a harbinger, which are optional. So same same setup as the last one, just the other lord. Um, his munificent bounty ability affects all units within three inches of him at the start of the shooting phase, instead of only one unit. So, if you keep him once again kind of clumped up, or at least some models near him, then it goes for all your units. Um. Blighted weapons used by Blight Kings have Rend 1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that right there is really good. And then uh, in the combat, it's got a third one. Uh, enemies don't get cover against attacks during the combat phase from... Uh, from uh, yeah, they don't receive any benefits of being in cover against attacks. So that's... I, li- I mean, you can't complain about that, can you? No, it is really good, and if you combine this with the Rust Fang, which is the weapon that drops an armor save off of somebody automatically, oh right, you put 
all that together, you're essentially changing the armor save value of what you're hitting by three if they're in cover. Oh, right, because they lose cover. They, you added they a red cover. one, and you've got that thing that can permanently lower their... Oh, their armor save, yeah. Yeah, because suddenly you're four up. You know what this is really good against is the is the the what the one up or two up rerollable uh, stormcast units. Yeah, like the big vanguard wing or the Drake actually would have a really hard time with this. If you get the rust fang off and then the minus one from the blighted weapons, like a star Drake would have a problem taking this. Yeah, it's it's really pretty nice. Um. Oh jeez! I just keep I'm, I'm rolling. I I just keep rolling this through my head, going, "Oh God, what are you going to do against this stuff?" Like, it's- yeah. And this one, I would really lean towards the unit of twenty blight kings, but that's just me. Twenty blight kings. Yeah. How many? Okay, but there's three units. What do you have? Two small units, and there's one unit of twenty. Yeah. So two fives and a twenty. Yep. Do Blight Kings get you uh Where are they in the back of the book here? I'm looking for them. They do. They're 580 for, for 20. 20 of them. So, yeah, 160 drops of... Oh. So dumb. <laughs> yeah, but then it's 41 wounds running at... Or, no, 81 wounds running at you. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because the champion gets an extra wound. So... Yeah, I mean, it's only 81 wounds at a 4-up save that, oh, by the way, they're minus 2 to hit in the shooting phase because of the Lord of Blight's command ability and minus 1 to hit in combat because of the command ability. Oh, gosh. All right, and why don't you give us the Affliction Cyst? Okay, so this one is the Lord of Afflictions, so that's the character out of the Blight Lord kit, and then 3 to 6 units of Pusquil Blight Lord's. Um, this one is interesting because it's got two kind of conflicting things. Uh, the first of which is instead of setting up a unit from this battalion on the battlefield, you can set it aside and say it's hovering. You can do this with as many units from the battalion as you want. And at the end of your first movement phase, set up each of these units more than nine inches away from any from any enemy models. So you essentially get to drop them in. Yep. Um, but with how fast this army moves, you may not be using it as much. It just kind of depends if you want to get them from an unsuspecting vector, as it were. Or if you don't want to get shot off the table. That is true. You know um, what I'm saying? The, if, I'm yeah. facing, if I'm facing uh, the uh, the overlords with one of those, you know, coming in on the boat with all their guns ablazing. With a clown car, yeah. Yeah, I'll just stay up in space. If you go mm-hmm. first, you're not going to get to shoot at them. So you choose to go second, that's fine. Then I'll drop down at the end of my turn nine inches away and try to catch you before you get them all out of there. Yeah. Um, And then the second part, and this one is the money, I think. If the Lord of Afflictions uses the Spearhead of Contagion command ability, so that's the one that bumps the unit up to movement 16, then it affects all units from this battalion that are within 14 inches of him instead of only one unit. So... All of your flies are moving 16 plus the wheel, and if you took a great and clean one with a bell, your whole army's moving 21 inches plus run and charge with a tree. So they're on you. 
They're, yeah. They're just on you. Yeah, that I think is the nastier part of the droning of the uh, affliction cyst, but it hurts. They're gonna get these guys are gonna get on you really quick now. Wow, it's just crazy. Now, and we've only got one last battalion. We've gone through them pretty quickly. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how quick we'd go through these because um, there were just so many of them. Now, if you decide, you can take one plague cyst. That has a sorcerer, harbinger, and at least four blight kings. So you got to have basically the Lord of Plagues, at least four blight kings, and then both of your optional guys to get this. You can also take zero to six additional war scroll battalions chosen from the plague cyst, the blight cyst, or the affliction cyst, or any number of additional rotbringer units. So you can one drop the army if you want to take this. Mm-hmm. Again, um, so you have to have the plague cyst, a full, a pretty full plague cyst, um, and then you can take the other cysts if you really want to, you know, just be gross, I guess, be all cysty. Um, so here's the rules on top of the rules you already got with the plague cyst, with the reroll, all failed hit rolls, and uh, D3 wounds on sixes. Um,. Units in this battalion don't take Battleshock test when they have seven or more models. So if you were to take four units of ten instead of a unit of twenty, they don't take Battleshock. Or if you just took your you know a couple big units of twenty, I suppose. Um, also, reroll saves of one for models in the battalion. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know that I would necessarily take it, but you can. Yeah, it's just putting like 20% of your army in just battalion rules. That's a lot to ask for with how expensive this army is in general. But you could do it. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I necessarily would. I just kind of like the idea of taking all three cysts and then putting <clears> them together <throat> under one big umbrella. But uh Yeah, cuz oh, that's just yeah, that it's 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 fun. It probably wouldn't be good to take. I honestly don't think it would be necessarily worth it to take. Mm-mm. But you could take a lot of extra rot bringers with that, which means um, basically any of the things from these uh, these battalions, the blight kings, the blight lords, all that junk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's the only one that I was not all that all that enthused about at all. Right. And that's not say I mean considering all the rest of them I was I was liking. Yeah, there's a lot to like in the battalion selection. It's just you're paying for the privilege that you get cuz almost all of them can be one drops. Yeah. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at the cost, folks. I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. After only a bajillion hours. If you've got a long drive to a pack of folks, you will really appreciate this. <laughs> Hopefully, unless you think we're getting it all wrong and you're yelling at your t- your, your radio the whole way. Uh, yeah, but then it keeps you awake. That's true. Alert and, uh, and, and uh, listening, I guess. Hey, if you're listening, I don't care if you agree or disagree. I'm just glad that you're listening. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, um... Hopefully this dropped early. It had to have dropped early. Otherwise, it's dropping late because when this is supposed to drop, we'll be at Wapaka. Yeah. 
So um, we will be back, folks. We will be back in February with uh, more Garage Hammer. I have no idea what we're going to be covering. There's just so much coming out. Uh, with I don't know when the the um, oh, what's it? The why am I blind? Thank you. I, I, I the MP keeps popping in my head, and I keep forgetting what the words are because I'm dumb. Yeah, Malign Portents and then the Legions of Nagash. Yeah, and I don't know when they're coming out, so I don't know what's coming up next. All I know is that there's cool stuff on the horizon, and I'm so excited about what's coming up on the show. Um, so I guess you know that you'll you'll see when we find out, you'll know. So, um, I guess that's it. I want to thank all our patrons again. Um. I don't have the list right in front of me because we're recording these out of sequence. And um, I know we got some new patrons today, so I'm going to have to update the list so that at the beginning of the show it's all right when I do it correctly. The beauty of editing, folks. But thank you to all of our patrons who are helping us uh, get up to the almost over 1% now, hopefully. Um, You guys are great, and you're making the show absolutely fantastic. or not, you're making the show fantastic. You're helping keep the show going, which is fantastic. I need to stop talking now because I'm not making a lot of sense. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything you want to say, Alex? Anything coming up? Anything you need to before we sign off here? Um, no. I think we're good. <laughs> no, I'm done talking. No, just. Keep your eyes and ears to the ground, folks. We got a lot of stuff coming up. So, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. I'm Casey Kasem, and this has been America's Top Forty. All right, folks. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair, except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show. Maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.